not sure I ever had a, a timeline for Avowed myself. I think um, it was reported perhaps by Jeff Grubb. Um, I uh, I think he said that it was targeting 2022 or 2023 uh, ages ago. But don't even quote me on that because I can't remember. And I don't. He did. He did have a report that sort of listed some time timelines for Avowed. And I would have thought, like, if Avowed was coming before next summer, then obviously we would have seen it to showcase. But maybe it's just like not ready. You know, COVID was a thing, and maybe they want to find deeper differentiation from Skyrim because you know, I leaked it. We leaked it, and we talked about it. And I compared it to Skyrim, so maybe they're now thinking, like, let's find some deeper differentiation or something. I don't know. Um, but it's sort of like when people don't have the full, the full, like, the full picture and the way things are going. And we're all really excited and passionate about the future and what games are going to be like. You can't fill in the gaps in your knowledge with you know, sort of negativity and stuff like that. You know, I mean, you can if you want, but you shouldn't because ultimately it's like you don't have the knowledge. You don't know what's going on. You don't. You're not a fly on the fly on the wall. So just just be like, hmm, that's interesting, and then wait and see, right? So yeah. No, it was just. I, uh, the, I think the, it's fine. I wouldn't worry yet, basically. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily worry either. I think Obsidian knows what they're doing. It's just, you know, Jason, Jason, what Jason says bears a lot of weight and a lot of credence because he has gotten a lot of things right. He's an investigative reporter for, you know, Bloomberg before that, Kotaku. So people take his word as gospel, essentially, you know, right? And you can argue he's earned that right because he's reported on a lot of things. So he put out a tweet, which he quickly deleted, but it doesn't matter. Once it's on the Internet for a few seconds, people are going to see it. And people saw it, and yeah. people freaked out. Be like, oh, uh, uh, you know, more problems at Xbox, game being rebooted. Combine that with literally everybody and their mother, including ourselves, when we were predicting the show, uh, that Avowed was a lock. Because, you know... At the time, I didn't know that the show was going to be regulated to only the next 12 months. I mean, who who could who could have predicted that? That Microsoft was going to change Man. up how they do the, their shows for the first time ever. I mean, you know, nobody. If you if you read if you read the title of my predictions article, <clears throat> yeah, well, you, know, you might you might have had an idea. Sure, but you still then but then you still predicted about and a bunch of other games you knew weren't going to be there. Then that's the case. <laughs> see. You well, might have. I, I thought Avowed was going to. I thought Avowed was going to launch next. Like we talked about it. We did, and that I told was my guesswork. I told you there's no way Avowed was launching early next year, not with Starfield being there. Absolutely not. Zero, zero chance. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like my prediction video ended up being a bust because I just thought it would be a regular show with regular reveals from a couple <laughs> years from now because that's kind of Xbox's mm-hmm. mo. And has been for a while. Like, if I had known three weeks ago that it was going to be just centered on the next year, it would have been a lot more accurate. But, hey, that's what predictions are for. 
And yeah, okay, hand me the L for my Final Fantasy VII thing. I told you guys I knew nothing about the show. Jazz knew nothing about the show. I was like, this but is just a fun prediction. prediction. pretty great, actually. Yeah, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. Did you? They, they bloody well were. No, they weren't. You're I wrong. Next, You're I, wrong. I said, the game, I said the showcase focused on the next 12 months. It was. I said there's going to be Diablo blowout at the show with new feature revealed. Necromancer, there was. And I, I said launch launch date, but they gave a launch window of 2023. So I'm going to count that too. I also said there'd be Microsoft showcasing uh, Japanese presence at the show. They did that in a big way. Basically, my predictions were all the best. I had the best predictions. I'm a genius. I'm right. taking my victory lap now. All right, Jazz. Yeah. All right, calm down, calm down. Uh, Wolfgang, <laughs> shout out to you for the Super Chat. He says, hi, guys. Thanks for all the content in the past two weeks. Really made E3 feel like the Super Bowl. You you guys just keep getting better. Phil's Japan section really shows evidence Xbox listens to fans and promises aren't empty. Feel better, Jez. Yes. Uh, Flame says, Jezkun, I'm sorry to hear that you're sick, but luckily Atlas Chan was there yesterday to help lift your spirits. I hope you're okay soon, sir. Uh, thank you. I don't know, man. I kind of like this voice. Yeah, I mean, Chris Maybe says you're sounding like a, like a daddy ooh, so. <laughs> uh, it's kind of annoying, though, at the same time. People are saying I mean, you're the real MVP. Jez, you are the real MVP. Thank you. Uh, what Thank else you we got man. here? Um, Michael says another year without a Batman racing sequel. Yeah, where where is that Project Gotham? We need that Batman racing yeah. game. Polar is um, sucks. the news about Project Gotham, by the way. No, is it? And thank you for becoming a newest member. Uh, what was the new news? They said Forza emerged because Project Go- a pitch for Project Gotham was rejected or something. Really? And then they came back. Yeah, so they pitched... Like like Playground pitched, pitched Project pitched, Gotham? Yeah, they pitched Project Gotham and then uh, Microsoft rejected it, reportedly. And then um, they came back, and then, uh, yeah, uh, they came back with a Forza, a Forza list. Hmm. Well, I mean, that worked out uh, really Forza, well. A Forza plan. A Forza plan. And then, yeah, that, I mean, that's, what, that's how that happened. That worked out extremely well for them, considering Forza Horizon is essentially the biggest racing, biggest racing game out there right now, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't know. What, what Project Gotham Racing was great, but maybe it just had reached its peak. I don't know. Uh, Biff says uh, the showcase was a huge disappointment. No 007, no Slime Rancher two, no Avowed. Nothing got me hyped. Hey man, if nothing got you hyped, you're entitled to your opinion about the show. I've seen a lot of varied reactions to the show, Jez, especially among the hardcore. It's weird because. If you look at Jeff Keighley's poll, if you look at my poll, right, like, you, I put out a poll, and uh, I think it's ended now, or it's close to ended. So I put out a poll on Twitter, basically said, hey, what would you, what do you think of the show? And it's got 5,800 votes, and 41% gave it a B, 36% gave it an A, with 16% given it a C, and 6% given it a D. Now, you would think, considering... You know, I got 34,000 followers on Twitter, and you could argue that, you know, my following is a little bit more biased towards the PlayStation side. 
the PlayStation side of things, the Xbox side of things, <laughs> that, you know, this showcase should have maybe should have been an A, you know, because it's Xbox fans following me, right? So mm. the the rating kind of falls in line with my own thinking. However, Jeff Keighley does his poll after every single show. And it's probably more indicative of the wider audience. Clearly, he's got 111,000 votes on this thing, with 38% saying it was an A, and 34% saying it was a B. So 73% of the people that responded to this poll, you know, basically like 75,000 people said the show was good, and only 17% said it was a C, and 10% said it was a D. So there's something to be said for that, I guess. And maybe, I, yeah, maybe totally in that for me. Well, I know because well, we know why because Blizzard showed up and you love, you love, you love Blizzard and they were there in a big way and almost it's almost it's almost almost was like they were acquired already, you know. Um, <laughs> Treybone says I like the twelve month stream. Let's know exactly what we're getting, and most likely after these twelve months are over, we'll get another another showcase for the next twelve. Yeah, the showcase, I mean, the focusing on gameplay, I really appreciated. I like the format of the show. We'll go deeper into my thoughts because I do have some quibbles, which we'll definitely get into. Uh, Reprobrate says, I was at the show yesterday and was great. Cheers, fella. Oh, man, you were actually at the FanFest stuff? That's awesome. Hope you had a good time. I know, like, Colt was there and a lot of people I, I talked to were at the show and they said it was great. Uh, Xbox Lord Gamer says, no avowed Belfry. CB and BK, never trusting Jez again. Damn. What? Never trusting you again. He said there is no Belfry, no Avowed, CB, which I don't know what CB is, and BK. So he's never trusting you again. Bandicoot. Yeah. I'm Banjo-Kazooie. I literally didn't report Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> so whatever. But thanks for the donation. Yeah. Never trusting you again. Yeah, that's cool. It's almost like... Oh. I don't know. <laughs> I, I trust yeah, Jazz. I, I trust Jazz. Uh, Mr. Irish yeah. says, has a I mean, ignore, does... ignore all the other stuff that I got right. And then, like, attach the, the, the Banjo-Kazooie report to me, which I didn't even report. So, but yeah, we got donations. You know, you know who's having a good time yesterday was, uh, the one and only Jeff Grub, 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 Grub. Which congrats to him, by the way, for getting that new full-time position at Giant Bomb. Because uh, remember, he was the only one talking about the Kojima game. The only one. And there were so many people saying he was a liar. So many people saying he doesn't know what he's talking about. Kojima would never do this to PlayStation. And lo and behold, Kojima's working with Xbox. And there's there's petitions to get the... <laughs> to have him not. And some of the replies that Kojima... It's just... Some PlayStation fans are showing their ass on that one for sure. But Jeff's having a good day. I can imagine being <clears throat> right about that. You know? right. I always said I never heard a damn thing about that Kojima stuff, you know. And people were asking me about that Kojima rumor all the time. And, it's, you know, it's the one thing I couldn't dig up any information on. No one had talked to me about it, and I couldn't get any sourcing on it whatsoever. But Jeff was right, completely right, you know. So, uh,. You know, that's some good work from Jeff, and it just proves that you can't you can't count out anything Jeff says. Like Jeff doesn't miss, 
you know. Yeah. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff <clears throat> just doesn't miss. Uh, Mr. Irishman says, has the vow been delayed to make way for Starfield? I mean, we we don't know that for sure. Uh, the only way that would be the case is if Avod was supposed to come out beginning of next year, and then when they delayed Starfield, they moved Avod to the end of next year. But yeah. it's impossible to say for sure that that's the case. It could just been Avod was always targeting the end of 2023. So maybe one day we find out. I don't know. Uh, Joseph says, I know some people are saying they didn't like the 12-month restriction, but overall, I think it's a smart strategy going forward. When you have 23 studios plus Activision, you will need you will need focus and got marketing. Yeah, I think there there there's a lot of people split on the 12-month thing because as as gamers, especially with how E3 has always been, you tune in for the surprises, and usually the surprises are games that are coming out years from now, right? And it's something that's being reinforced over and over and over again by basically every company, uh, Xbox included, right? So to kind of shift back to like, all right, we're only going to do 12 months from now is a total whiplash for a lot of people. Because a lot of people tuned in. See, I think there's a couple different groups of people. You have the Xbox hardcore who know, like, who are up to date on everything. If you listen to an Xbox Two podcast, you're probably, you know, an Xbox hardcore fan or you just like what me and Jess have to say or whatever. Not even necessarily an Xbox fan, maybe you're a PlayStation fan. Maybe you just like good podcasts. I don't know. Uh and you listen to us, so you're probably, you know, at least up to date on what Xbox is doing. So you're watching that. And you're probably like, Man, I want to hear about all these projects. You know, they announced all these games in twenty twenty I want to learn more about. And they didn't, so maybe like for you, it's a little bit disappointing because you're like, oh, man, I really want to see Avowed and Fable and, you know, Indiana Jones and all these other things that I've heard about. And, like, you built it up in your head, and you're like, I'm expecting this, and then you didn't get it. So you're like, oh, man, that sucks because I want to learn more about this. But then there's this, like, maybe, like, general audience who doesn't really follow this stuff. They just want to tune in and see what they're going to play soon. And they watch that. And they see a few things that they like, and like, man, that was a good show. All this stuff is coming in the next year instead of stuff that's been announced from like two to three years later. So I think there's that people are kind of bumping their heads up against this idea of just yeah. one month from now because they're normally they normally are expecting stuff years from now, like surprises, new announcements, and things and things like that, like hype moments. Uh, and, you know, outside of Kojima's game, which probably ain't coming for a long time, which Xbox broke, broke their rule on, right? <laughs> but, again, I guess they didn't because we didn't actually see his game. So I guess they didn't break their rule. Although they did, they did break the rule on, on Hollow Knight Silk Song because that game wasn't in their roadmap. They tweeted after the show. So uh, it was it was like 36 games shown 35 coming in the next year. So they broke their own rule just for that Hollow Knight Silk Song thing. Mm. It's... I, I'm i just going to get that out of there right now. I prefer the 12-month format. You know, I'm someone who's like... I'm a tech journalist, and I cover tech shows, a lot more gaming shows now, but, you know, covering IFA and CES and Surface events, it's never products that are further out than a year, you know. 
So across every other industry that has these kind of trade shows, gaming has always been the outlier, you know. I mean, I suppose you could say movie movie theaters, they talk about their longer-term roadmap, you know. But, like, Xbox sort of, like, intersects with art and technology, right? And games are very tech-bound in their production, and more so than ever. Increasingly, games are becoming these technical monsters to make. And I actually think there's been, like, a watershed moment with um, the last generation where games sort of, like, they shifted from CGI not being representative of the final product. And I think, I actually think this goes back to, like, Watch Dogs Legion, um, not Legion, just Watch Dogs, you know, and uh, The Division, when they when they made, like, CGI trailers for Watch Dogs and The Division and stuff like that. And then the finished product was like nowhere near as good. And it got all these accusations of downgrade, 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 blah, 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 blah. So, you know, um, and this is something we've criticized Microsoft for, you know, in the past. Mm -hmm. We've heavily criticized Microsoft for showcasing CGI trailers that got everyone hyped up. And then the the finished product was recall or the finished (laughs) product was Crackdown 3, Mm -hmm. you know, and the CGI trailers aren't representative of the finished product so in a world where you know the cgi trailer is pre-rendered and can be like you know big budget and and all this stuff and make things look amazing and then we come to the gameplay reveal and it's just the studio's not the studio to make that kind of game you know like, I think ReCore especially was egregious because the ReCore CGI reveal trailer is amazing. It's one of the, it's, it's great CGI, great animation and all this stuff. But they attached it to a game that had a studio of like a few dozen people, you know. And, and it created this, it creates this bubble of expectation and pressure on a game like ReCore, which is basically an indie game, you know. ReCore is basically an indie game. And it, when everyone saw it, they were like, oh damn, that's not, the CGI trailer I saw, you know, hyped up with, uh, you know, um, I can't remember the chap's name, but he had like, they had some big name creators attached yeah. to that project, um, uh, characterized, I can't remember his name, but, you know, it's, uh, and it had all this hype about it, and then it was like, oh crap, we've got to ship this game for $30 now to make up for it, you know, and, um, so, I think they're afraid of putting these expectations out there now because you get, if you put put them out, like, if you misrepresent what the product's going to be because of the way, the, the, the delta between CGI and, and what gameplay is essentially going to look like, then I think it's bad to just show gameplay. But because of how difficult development is now, I mean, if you're making a 360 game, making a vertical slice of your game is potentially easier than making a vertical slice of a modern game with layers of effects, layers of physics which aren't implemented and all this extra polish. Like a lot of this, a lot of this shit that really makes a game shine, that's right at the end of development. Like Halo Infinite looks a hell of a lot different when it launched than what we saw of it the year before, right? And yeah, it got delayed a year to make it look that good, you know. Starfield's probably going to look a lot different when it launches too, you know. 
And um, that's because a lot of that thin, that final polish comes in right at the end now. It's not like back in the day where you could only have so many physics or so many lighting systems or so many, like, like effects and stuff like that. They all have to come in later after all this other stuff's been implemented. And it's this massive team effort, you know. So I think the reason, one of the reasons this is happening is because making a vertical slice has become so complicated. And I'm, I've been speaking to someone at Blizzard who was ta talking to me about the Diablo 4 trailer, right? And the Diablo 4 trailer was amazing, right? Like, it looked mm -hmm. absolutely incredible, mind-blowing. They showed off so many damn features. They showed off characters. They showed off, they had a CGI trailer for the Necromancer, which looked absolutely amazing. God, Blizzard cinematics are just incredible. And um, they showed the PvP systems and stuff like that. That took months to make. It took months to put that trailer together. And back in the day, like on the 360 gen, and, and even like at the start of the Xbox One gen, making those kind of vertical slices was a lot easier. But now, the games are vastly more complex. You know, you've got, you've got to have like, if you, if you're doing like a slice of a PvP system, you have to have like servers implemented in live. You have to get marketing team involved. You have to make sure all the lighting's implemented and all this other stuff and all this other stuff's implemented, right? So, I think like the era of showing games really far out is going to be restricted to like only certain developers and uh, that sort of have a solid pipeline in place to create these vertical slices easily. Whereas, like, some devs, they're just perhaps not settled for it, you know. Now, some engines maybe aren't even settled for it, where it's harder to produce a vertical slice with all the physics and all the lighting implemented. Because even now, people are saying, like, oh, look, Starfield looks buggy, it's got FPS issues, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's because it's not fully polished up yet. They literally said they took a year, a year, an extra year on the game to polish up some of this stuff. So, for me, just because of how much people whine about downgrade this and downgrade that, when they have to use CGI to fill in the gaps, I think this is a better format. And I think it's a better format for a multi multitude of reasons. If you're If you're taking time out of the show to remove a CGI trailer, which doesn't, honestly, CGI trailer makes us all hyped and makes us all happy, but it doesn't help us, really. It doesn't tell us how a game plays. It doesn't give, give us any real information. But with that, like, two, two or three minutes you've used for, like, uh, a CGI puff piece, which might actually hurt your game if it doesn't actually become, um, you know, indicative of a finished product, you can show off a double-A game. Or help an indie dev get some eyeballs on his game, you know. Or get feedback on a game that's closer to being launched. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, well, I don't like these indie games, stuff like that. Well, you know. So instead, you want a trailer that just has a logo in it? Well, so you can feel... I don't know. I've told I, prefer you, the, I prefer this format. I've told you before, a lot of people, when they see indie games, they just their eyes just glaze over. I've told you this con okay. consistently and repeatedly. That can that can glaze over, but the, the industry is Microsoft's mission statement is literally, you know, um, help others achieve more. You know, no, I know Microsoft's that. I know that. Business is to help developers. So if people are like, 
But people want to have constant AAA bangers in these shows. It's just never going to happen. And it's going to happen even less than ever. So I'd, I would advise people to get over that now or, you know, go to another platform. Because this is Microsoft's well, job. I, I think what people, some people want <clears throat> is they want to tune into a Microsoft show to see Microsoft Xbox games from Xbox's first party. Just like they would tune into a PlayStation show and want to see the first party games from PlayStation Studios or to tune into a Nintendo show to see what Nintendo's doing. I, I think there are some... Well, this is this is why, like, in the past, we've argued that they should go to a Nintendo Direct structure mm-hmm. where they have, like, short shows that maybe deep dive into a game that's coming soon and maybe a short show and have, like, uh, that focuses on indies and, and this, this here and there. But people wouldn't even see the indies at the indie show because, like you said, people don't watch them. I think it's I think it's a good thing that they sprinkle indies in in between those bangers. They got way more eyeballs than they ever would have done if people weren't tuning in for Starfield. You know, everyone came to watch Starfield at that show, and because of that, a lot of indie games had eyeballs on their game that they wouldn't they would otherwise not have had. So I'm not gonna try and I'm not gonna downplay that. Well, I think yeah. that's amazing. No, I mean. I think that's good for, good for them, and it bolsters Game Pass, you know, having those titles on there. Um, and I, I have people have asked me, like, hey, do you ever think we see a future where Xbox doesn't showcase indie games? And I'm like, get that out of your system, because Xbox, if you haven't been paying attention, Xbox has basically been talking about diversity, uh, diversity in different genres, diversity in games, period. So I think, like, you can just expect that there's going to be a wide range of games that Xbox shows because they want to, you know, like you're trying to reach 3 billion gamers, you're going to try to have something for everybody. And I think maybe that's what this show did right for some people, is if you're watching it and you can see a couple games that you'd like, you're like, oh, that's cool, I'm going to I'm gonna play this. So, because like, when I was watching it, the show, well, we'll, we'll get into it. I'm going I'm to read some of these super chats and then we'll we'll go we'll go over the show quickly and because I do have some things I want to say about it. Uh do have some critiques and some 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 praises for it. So Spartan Ghost says Starfield looked very dodgy in places kind of mid. Um I thought Starfield looked pretty cool, especially the four K trailer. I, I would recommend anybody who hasn't seen the the trailers in four K to do so because it elevates them completely. It's like night and day watching it I watched it on, on Twitch and the stream quality is bad. The stream quality for these things are always bad. They do a disservice to these games streaming it uh, at 1080p and whatever bit rate they're doing. They, they just they, It doesn't look good. And then you go watch it in 4K and Starfield looks like way freaking better. You know, Forza Motorsport looks completely insane when you watch it in 4K. Like all these trailers are like, oh man, the con doesn't really look good. And then you watch it in 4K and you're like, Never mind, that actually looks pretty impressive. I don't know if it's a limitation on YouTube or Twitch's end, but I feel like the stream itself doesn't showcase the games very well. Like how they look, you know what I'm saying? At least, I think so. Um, But I don't don't know if that's like something they can actually change. Um, Let's see what else. Uh, THX says, the last Sony State of Play had one first party game. Horizon called the Mountain VR. Everything else was multi-plant. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like the whole, you know, uh, 
you know, what aboutism? Like, well, what about PlayStation? Whatever. It's like you should, I like to focus on this is what Xbox did, not necessarily like well, PlayStation did this and nobody complains or nobody says anything. It's, you know, uh, Batnab says I just believe Xbox hasn't earned. I just believe Xbox hasn't earned an indie show yet. Well, they do their uh, idea Xbox shows on Twitch. Uh, they partner up with them. They've done, they've done like like two of them or something. So. And shout out to Tom Henderson in the chat, who was right on with pretty much everything he said in his stream beforehand. Uh, thank you for not leaking the show. It was much appreciated. Because uh, I, I have a feeling you probably could have if you wanted to. Um, so, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Sagronaut says, Ringer's too much CGI, where's the gameplay? Xbox, here's the gameplay for some of the games coming soon. Winers, where's the CGI for future games? Yeah. Seriously, the goalposts move every damn time. Well, I think some people just want to be mad. Well, there's definitely there are definitely people people that wake up and their first thought is, "I'm going to tweet about Xbox because I hate that platform." They don't even talk about PlayStation, their preferred platform. They just love the troll, or they just love to hate on it. You know, usual suspects out there in social media, you know who they are probably live sad, pathetic lives, and they need to lash out about certain things, right? Um, so it's, it's always something. It's, it's always something like Xbox heard the feedback. People complained the last two years, we don't want to see any more CGI announcements. Like, that was the thing. And that was even one of my criticisms of 2020, especially 2020. I was like, yo, 2020 had CGI game trailers up the wazoo with no release dates. So I was like, you know what I want to see? I want to see gameplay for these games, and I want to know when they're coming. So it almost sounds like Xbox directly listened to at least what I was saying, as well as every everybody else. I'm like, okay, we hear you. We don't want you don't want CGI anymore, and you want to know when games are coming. All right, here's gameplay of stuff coming in the next year. And then people are like, well, wait a minute. There's no there's no hype announcements. Like, where's Perfect Dark? Where's where's you know where where's Avowed and Where's where's Fable? And it's like, well, those would have been CGI stuff. You know, you you told us you wanted gameplay, and you told us you wanted stuff coming soon. So here you go. So there's also a part where I think a lot of people don't even know what they really want. You know what I mean? It's work. It's work. I don't think I don't think sometimes I think people don't know what they truly want because then then somebody tries to give it to them. They're like, no, not that. I said something else. Uh, Bip says, more Starfield tomorrow, <clears throat> best part of the show. Yeah, I do wonder what we're going to see tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, tune in tune in tomorrow to see what they show at the center showcase. There were things, like, I definitely didn't like, I didn't like, or things that I had more questions about. Like, for example, the, the Diablo 4 trailer absolutely blew my mind. Everything about the Diablo 4 trailer was just amazing and perfect and exactly what I wanted, right? And that was my game of the show, Diablo 4, easily. Um, but I was expecting, I was expecting to be like more hyped about Starfield, genuinely. You know, I was, I was extremely hyped when they showed the, the spaceship customization and the, and the, uh, space combat. I'm all about that shit. It's one of my favorite features from, from, uh, Star Wars, the old, uh, the old Republic, was having my own spaceship and being able to fly it around and blast things. And that was, so much more limited than what they're doing with Starfield. Like, I love that fantasy. 
of building a spaceship and like having it. That's like every every child fantasy, you know, basically. But I will say I thought the gunplay looked a bit weird. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was nervous when he shot the dude point blank range with a shotgun and there was no gore. I was like, wait, where's the gore? We know, <laughs> we know you love your gore. Yeah, it's like, what the hell? You, you shooting this dude with a shotgun, point black range, and there's no gore? Bethesda, you, you are known for this. You are known for gory gunplay, and you've, you, are you trying, are you gunning for a teen rating here? The idea they're gunning for a teen rating, that worries me. Because that means, like, what if there's no mature themes in the game and stuff like that, you know? I thought there'd be some blood and guts, and I was, you know, I was I was thinking like, man, it'd be so cool if you could have blood and guts in zero G, and there's like little little bits of brain and eyeball floating around. Like, okay, that's getting dark now. But you know what I mean? You know, there's there's question. I've got questions about Starfield, and I think like I get that some people were kind of like, man, is this? Are we still using the Fallout 4 engine? Because it's the Fallout 4 engine. You can just tell. And I kind of I get why they use it. It lets them like iterate quickly. It lets them build massive worlds more reasonably, you know, than without using so much procedural generation and stuff like that. It lets them build tools like the Fallout 4's base building and and Starfield uh, Starfield spaceship building. It just works, you know. And that's the creation engine. It lets you create. So there's some like there is some sort of trade-offs. With the fallout, with the using the creation engine, there's a trade-off, you know. I think you trade off some some sort of maybe modernity, some sort of visual, visual, you know, modernity, you know. In in exchange, you get like this highly moddable platform that lets lets them iterate and build massive worlds very quickly. So I'm kind of like, you know, I'll accept that trade-off if the the story's good. And it feels good to play, and it looks like it is going to be that good, you know. I just want to know more, and I'm I'm hoping that, you know, the the year of polish will sort of be kind to the game, you know. But ah, man, Diablo Four just it just floored me, man. Yeah, I was like, I, I was goosebumps when the Necromancer came out because I'm a Necromancer man, you know, and I was worried the Necromancer wouldn't be in. And then the necromancer comes out, and it looks like they're you know they're sort of building the lore around it, and you know they, oh man, it just looks so damn good the 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 blood wave spell they've got going on, like what the hell man that's some that's some twisted people working on that game, but that's exactly what I want from Diablo, you know it's really funny because that I remember back when Diablo three launched, it got criticized for being too colorful. <laughs> Like, people were like, oh, this is a Diablo. I want it to be grimdark. You know, this game has a rainbow in it, you know. So they really took that feedback to Hog and goes, all right, you want grimdark? This is, we were going to make the grimmest, darkest game yeah, ever. I, dude. And that's like, what they deliver it. I thought Diablo 4 was the <laughs> best-looking game at the show. Yeah, but, I, like, like Forza Motorsport probably was the most impressive but there's a part of me that kind of was just like, I am not a sim racer. So Forza Motorsports kind of like, that looks really good, right? That looks truly next-gen. The first, like, racing game that's going to have, like, um, uh, ray tracing on track and stuff. 
But what I saw of Diablo 4, I was like, now that looks ridiculous, and I want to play that as soon as possible. Starfield, I was the my initial thought of Starfield was like, okay, I want to play this a lot. I am a sucker for sci-fi. Um, I'm not really that much of a fan of Fallout. And yeah, the gunplay kind of looks a tad bit wonky, but I like everything else that they're doing. I like the like space combat and stuff like that. Um, so for me, Diablo 4 was the game of the show, essentially. Like that is something yeah. that I actually want to I want to play with you day one because you know I played the Diablo games, but I'm playing for long. I play them, you know, just to kind of experience the story and then I then I move on. But that looks like that's going to be a really fun time, and I have no idea what class I want to play. So Diablo 4 definitely was the one that impressed me the most. I would say out of if you if you go to Summer Games Fest and include Xbox, I would say the game that's probably impressed me the most, like out of all these shows, is Callisto Protocol. Like that is the game that I am probably dying to like to play the most out of everything I've seen and. It is coming pretty soon. It's coming in December. Like, everything I've seen from Callisto Protocol just speaks to my soul. So, yeah. I um, think that game's going to get banned in Germany. Well, and I'll, I'll be in Germany when it launches, and it's going to get banned. I know it. I know it's going to happen. But, yeah, the Callisto Protocol looks just incredible. Um, there's just so much things, so many things to be hyped about. Well, yeah, we're, like, we're going to... For me, this... Sorry, go Well, on. I was going to say, we're going to go over the show. I wanted to get through some of these super chats because there's 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 a few, okay. uh, quite a lot of them. So, Space Dovakin says the lack of Xbox games this year sucks, but at the same time feels like Xbox is doing the right thing for once. Lots of different games, pure gameplay, and a clear roadmap of healthy expectations. And Starfield blew me away, went beyond my expectations. Love you guys. Have a great show. Thank you uh, for all the support. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Nerdy Metalhead says, after seeing the showcase, I could really go for a Gears collection. Yeah, the one, <laughs> there's the one take which, once Starfield and Redfall got delayed, I pretty much knew that they weren't going to have anything for this fall. The only hope was maybe Forza Motorsport, and as we all know, Forza Motorsport Spring 2023. So all Xbox has from first party is As Dust Falls and Pentiment. And you can make the argument that when it comes strictly to first party, this will probably be the worst year for Xbox first party ever. Definitely going back to the Xbox One, because I'm struggling to remember what games first party put out every year during the 360 era. But then some, I've said that, and some people push back and be like, well, Game Pass exists, so you got all these games coming to Game Pass, which is true. And that's why I think a lot of people love the Xbox ecosystem and why... It, the demand for these consoles are really high still because as a hardcore gamer, somebody tunes into this podcast, somebody watches Colts videos, my videos, PlayStation guys videos who are on Twitter all day. What matters most to a lot of us is exclusives. It's what defines the consoles for all of us. It's usually what we all tune into these shows to see. However, the general audience, the general buying audience, that's not necessarily the case. They're there for, like, the Fortnites and the Maddens and the Call of Duties and those type of games. And when you say that to some of these people, they, they don't... They, 
I guess they can't put themselves in someone else's shoe. Because for someone else, you know, it, it could be like, the only thing that matters to me is God of War Ragnarok. And then you talk to somebody and they're like, I don't care about God of War Ragnarok. And you're like, well, you must be crazy. What do you care about? And they're like, I want to play Genshin Impact. And you're like, huh? That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Xbox hasn't really released a ton of stuff. They're not releasing a lot of stuff this year, but the Series X is still sold out as soon as it becomes available. The Series S is selling quite a bit. The Xbox is outselling PlayStation a lot of the months uh, this year. I think it's because there's a large swell of uh, positive sentiment regarding Game Pass as uh, a feature of the platform. So even though First Party may be lacking this year, to a lot of people, that doesn't even matter because there's still going to be Harry Potter and there's still going to be Saints Row and there's still going to be Gotham Knights and there's still Modern Warfare 2 and there's still all the third party and indie games they'll be launching. To those people, like, first party is kind of like the whipped cream and cherry on top. It's not like the cake itself, which is odd to say to a hardcore gamer or a hardcore Xbox or PlayStation fan because they think the opposite. Right, Jez? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm one of those people, Ren. I don't care if anything's exclusive. You can put Halo on PlayStation. I wouldn't give a damn. You know, I really wouldn't. Whether a game's exclusive or not does not affect my enjoyment of it whatsoever. You know, it affects my enjoyment if it's not on Xbox at all. But if, like, if Microsoft was like, we're going to start publishing all our games on PlayStation, I wouldn't give a crap. It's not going to affect my enjoyment of it. You know, more, more, you know, more, more sales, you know, it's better for me. In my, in my view, but um, I appreciate that some people, for whatever reason, feel like exclusives are super important, and I used to feel like that too, back in the back before the business grew beyond the console, but for me, now they're proving that, like, xCloud is a genuine option, you know, it's not just sort of a, it's just, not just sort of a, like, I uh, can use xCloud if I don't have access, if I don't have access to uh, a console. It's almost as good as the real thing. It's like, it's getting that good. So, you know, in a world where people will be able to buy Xbox games straight off their TV, the whole concept of exclusive is sort of, just sort of becoming old hat, you know. But, yeah, I look at like, what are the games I'm going to be playing in the next 12 months? And I've always had that mentality, because I'm not someone who cares about Halo, and I'm not someone who cares about Forza, you know. A lot of my favorite Xbox games aren't exclusive. You know, Diablo, Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter's like, I play Monster Hunter more than any Xbox game, and it's not exclusive, you know. I don't care about Halo. I've never cared about Halo. Everyone who knows this podcast knows I don't care about Halo. And um, I play on Xbox because I prefer the controller. I prefer the interface. I you know, I've always just played on Xbox. Most of my friends are on Xbox, and most games still on crossplay. So it just makes sense that we all get on Xbox, you know. And a lot of my friends who aren't invested in the console war, quote unquote, they feel the same way. You know, they they were you know messaging me saying stuff like, talking about Diablo, talking about Minecraft Legends, which I you know I didn't really care much for. I thought it didn't show up very interesting um that's where it's you know didn't show up very well in the trailer i thought but i'm in a i'm in a minecraft discord server 
and it was like um, they were going crazy for it, you know. Everyone's just hyped out of their mind for Minecraft Legends, and that's the one game I saw lots of people on Twitter attacking. Was like Minecraft Legends is lame. What is this game? You know, and they didn't do a great job of explaining exactly what the game is in that trailer, frankly. But Minecraft fans seem to be pretty excited for it, you know. Oh, was that Project oh. Indus or Project Chinook? Uh, neither. That was Badger. Ah, it was Project Badger. Badger, okay. Yeah. Come, come to think of it, we did get one CGI trailer, and that was for Indus. We got no yeah. gameplay for Project Indus. Era, what was it called? Era, History Untold. So, yeah, the Gears, the Gears Collection <laughs> thing, maybe the Gears Collection looks better now if you actually, like, because you... There's no games. Maybe a Gears collection would be like, all right, well, that's something. But, yeah, uh, not at the show. Who knows if it's going to be next year, and who knows if it's real. Um, RDX Winifest says, can't wait for tomorrow, and, oh, my God, High in Life is crazy good-looking, and I love Rick and Morty, and they made this, and will be awesome. Uh, Logic Bomb says, 12 months restriction and everything but Kojima. Why? I think they wanted to announce the Kojima thing simply because I think it leaked, and maybe they were a little bit worried more info would come out about it. And it is a big announcement. To have Kojima working with Xbox, an exclusive game, is a big thing. Plus, I think they it fits the theme like that Phil was talking about, which was a focus on Japanese creators, right? You have Team Ninja coming back to the platform after last their last two games were PlayStation exclusive with Neo and Neo 2. And Phil's been constantly hearing, hey, we need Japanese presence. We need more Japanese games on the platform. So finally gets Persona and then it's like here's Kojima working on a game. So it kind of directly ties into That was all, a great one two punch. Yeah, it it kind of directly ties into hey, we want more Japanese content. Um I think like if the Kojima stuff hadn't leaked, the Kojima stuff would have been the surprise announcement that people would have that might have scratched that itch about things that are coming later. Because I did write in my my pre- my preview that I expected them to announce some things that were coming later, and I think the Kojima game basically was that. But if had it had it not leaked, um, had it not leaked, I think that might have been a bigger surprise than it was. Yeah. But, um, yeah. That 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 definitely probably would have been a shocker. If nobody had known about it, and it just was like we're working with Kojima, people people would a lot people are losing their minds right now, and they've been prepared for over a year about Kojima, right? Have you seen some of the tweets people are sending sending to him? Yeah, like because like Death Stranding, Death Stranding two leaked as well. Yeah. So imagine if Death Stranding two hadn't leaked, and nobody knew what Kojima was working on, and then Kojima was the first announcement Kojima makes is that he's working with Xbox. The salt would be even even worse. No, I mean the salt is pretty tasty as is, but you're right. Like this is maybe a one case where the leak ruined the surprise, uh, for sure, because everybody was sort of expecting it. So when Phil was like, "We got an announcement with the great creator," everybody and their grandma knew that it was going to be Kojima. Well, at least people like us. But I would imagine there's a large contingent of people that probably had no clue. So, you know, that's the thing. Like Twitter is an echo chamber. You know, sometimes you got to step outside your uh, your your echo chamber to get a true sense of everything that's going on. Yeah, like for real, like 
you've got everyone who's watching this, you've got to sort of think, like, there is a whole gaming world that is beyond the Xbox community, you know, beyond the PlayStation community, beyond this Twitter console world bubble. Like, if you go into the Reddits for any of these single games, everyone's just there hyped and talking about it. The Forza subreddit's hyped talking about Forza. Flight Simulator subreddit's hyped talking about Flight Simulator. Minecraft, the Minecraft Legends YouTube video trailer has, like, millions and millions of views, you know. It might be, like, the most viewed thing of the show, but no, nobody here was super hyped for Minecraft Legends, or not many people, you know. I know you, you're probably not interested in Minecraft Legends, right? Mm, no, no, not really. I mean, I'll, I, I might actually... Right. Play it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see about Minecraft. Minecraft, like Minecraft Dungeons as well. Like, I played Minecraft, Minecraft Dungeons was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was alright. But like these games, like Minecraft has like audience. Minecraft has an audience size that few people can possibly fathom. You know, it's a huge audience, and um, you know, and the, this whole bubble—it's just a bubble. You know, it is just a bubble. Uh, let's and, see. Brett, Brett says, the flow of the showcase made my initial thought of it worse than it was, but I was disappointed Forza Motorsport won't release until 2023, and no Age of Empire 4 on the Xbox Series X. Yeah, I was surprised they didn't mention Age of Empires 4 coming to console. I mean, I guess maybe they talk about it tomorrow? Or maybe it's not coming in the next 12 months? I, that would be That would be odd. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Nomad says, does the partnership Sega and Microsoft formed Months back of anything to do with Sega games going to Xbox, Jazz said there was more to the deal than it seemed. Uh, I mean, we've seen stuff like uh, Humankind coming to Game Pass on day one. Sega seems really, really behind Game Pass in a way a lot of the other publishers aren't. So Yeah. Sega and Microsoft are really tight right now. Yes. It's awesome. Uh, Winario says uh, RNJ... R&J, good people. Thanks for the content. Very good Xbox show. Andrew says, it's a B-plus for me. Good pacing and great variety. Cool surprises for me like Flint, Flintlock, Airden, and Benedict Fox. Benedict Fox. Can't wait. Can't we just judge shows based on the shows, not on real expectations or bad assumptions? It's true. Smokey says, if tomorrow's show reveals all the long-term projects and hype-style teasers, will people's opinions of yesterday's show be better? It probably would be, but expecting... Tomorrow's show to be them to show long-term projects and, like, new stuff, I think you're setting yourself up to be disappointed. Uh, personally, I don't really think they're going to show – they're definitely not going to be showing a vow tomorrow if that's what you're trying to hint at or trying to say. Uh, Mariano P. says, please give me Hopium for Halo Infinite tomorrow. Jazz, do you think we see Halo Infinite tomorrow? Halo Infinite? I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. I mean, we both of us, we both of us predicted that three four three probably wasn't going to be there, right? Is that is that bad for 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 three four three and Halo Infinite that they weren't at the show, considering Sea of Thieves was, and for whatever reason they decided to show more Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online, which was probably the worst part of the show because it was the same segment Pete Hines did last year. And it's like, to me, here, here's one of the problems I have with this stuff. Like, I know Sea of Thieves is, is incredibly popular. They said over 30 million. And I really like the charm that Rare has when they make their trailers. But if somebody doesn't play those games, 
when those games come on screen, because I don't care about games as a service, at least those games as a service, like you're talking about interest dropping to absolutely nothing. At least when an indie game like Flintlock comes on, it has my attention. I'm watching it to see if it's something I might enjoy. But when Sea of Thieves comes on, it doesn't matter what they're doing. I don't care. When Fallout 76 is on, whatever they're showing matters zero to me. And I feel like that's the most case for most games as a service. Even if they were showing Rainbow Six Siege or Apex Legends or Fortnite. Because I'm not that type, I'm not that user that enjoys or plays those games as a service. I've fallen off of it. So it feels like, to me, there's this huge void of the show where they talk about these living games. So that part just, it just, it just is just completely boring and it affects my feelings about the rest of the show because we have a good chunk of it dedicated to, you know, stuff at least that I don't care about. Like, say what you will about the indie games. I'm watching it with interest because it's something brand new. But when I see Sea of Thieves for the millionth time, I just don't care. My eyes are just, I just basically, it's out out one ear, in, you know, in one ear, out the other. So it's like... Yeah, that's, that's what we're talking about, though. It's like, these communities exist. I know they do. I know. For, for, for the longest time, you know, I don't think we should... I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say, fine, you know, it's not for you, but there are a lot of CFEs fans who are hard to see that. There are a lot of, there's a lot of Elder Scrolls Online players and Fallout 76 players who are hyped to see that stuff and looking forward to new content for their games, you know. And this is ultimately what Microsoft's going for now, is a plurality of communities all subscribing to Xbox Game Pass for different reasons. That's why they had the Riot thing. Do you realize what Riot is going to do for Game Pass? Like, I suspect the very few people here play Riot's games, but I would hope that people are aware of how big Riot games are. They are huge. They are some of the biggest games in the world, and they are all going into Game Pass. All that content, that is hundreds of dollars in savings for people who are going into PC Game Pass. And it's like, it's an absurd amount of saving for people who are fans of these games, you know. So, while the Riot announcement, that does nothing for Xbox fans. It doesn't do a damn thing for Xbox fans. Because all none of those games are even going to drop into Xbox, you know. None of them are. They're all PC and mobile. But, my God, that is going to blow up Game Pass in ways that you would not believe. It's going to absolutely explode Game Pass. And a lot of those games, a lot of those gamers who pick up Game Pass to experience um, having fully unlocked characters in League of Legends and stuff, they're going to try playing other games on Xbox. Hell, maybe they'll even consider buying up an Xbox console and being like, actually, there's something to this Game Pass stuff. It's such a huge anchor. Oh, and Josh, Josh says Wild Rift is coming to Xbox. Well, there you go, you know. Wild Rift's coming to Xbox, so that's me done. I'm pre- I'm already pretty hyped for that as well. Now that now that Josh has said that, um, <clears throat> I think it's been in development for a while, right? Yeah. Well, they also they also have like a fighting game that's coming too. 
it's just an action RPG as well. Like Riot, Riot's doing a load of stuff, you know. And but the, that's the thing. There, there were a lot of things that there that I wasn't interested in, and I tuned out. But I didn't think like, oh, this is boring. I just thought, oh, this isn't for me. Like I haven't played Fallout seventy six in years. I, I I can't stand Elder Scrolls Online. I think it's terrible. I think Elder Scrolls Online is a terrible game. I'm sorry, anyone <laughs> who likes it, but it just feels horrible to play. The combat system is just horrible. And uh, but I know it's really big. And Elder Scrolls fans and people who are really big fans of that that universe, it's got a lot of players, you know. So I I don't sit there thinking, oh, this is boring. This is boring. I just think. You know, it's good for them. And like this guy, Ye Old Blitz says, Jizzy takes a bad, make a separate showcase for these games. I disagree. Because you get less eyeballs on them. You know, maybe some people will see, it's a, it's a marketing event. You know, it's literally a marketing event. You want as many eyeballs as possible on these games, right? So, maybe there's someone watching this show who tuned in for Starfield who didn't even know Fallout 76 existed. And yeah, those people exist. Not everyone knows every game. And maybe they think, oh my god, Fallout, I used to play that game. I'm going to try that out. That's what marketing shows are for. They're not for your feelings, you know. They're there to have as many eyeballs as possible. And um, I think I think it's weird to say, like, I think it's weird to expect the entire show is for you. I really think it's weird to expect that. In the, in the, in the diversity of the industry, the plurality of, uh, business models and game types and genres, the, you know, it's weird to expect that the whole show is gonna be for you. I don't give a damn about Flight Simulator. There's, there's like no guns in Flight Simulator. None. None. But they put it's a Pelican in it though. Game. They put a Halo Pelican there's, in it though. There's a Pelican in it, right? But I can't kill, I can't shoot anything. I can't, I can't, I can't role play. I can't equip armor. I can't, you know, there's no story. It's not my kind of game. But my god, I look at it and I appreciate the tech, the technology that goes into this game. And, and Forza, like, I don't care about Forza. I can't, I can't drive the car on the pavement and run people over like Grand Theft Auto. That's my kind of game. But, you look at Forza, you see the technology, and it's like, wow, that's really exciting. People who like Forza are going to really enjoy this. So that, that's how I take it, you know. Mm. But, well, but yeah. I, at the same time, at the same time, for people who, there was nothing there for them. If there was, if there was nothing there for you at all, then Microsoft has failed. I think if my, if there's, if there, if there was nothing there for you, despite how diverse Microsoft is trying to be, if there was genuinely nothing there for you, then Microsoft has failed, you know. And I'm lucky, because for this show, almost every game interested me. Almost every game interested me. But that's not true of every Xbox show. Like, I said that, like, I said it last year, like, a lot of these games aren't for me, you know. But this time, a lot of them weren't for me. So this was a good show for me. Now, Rand, this could be an argument for, again, the direct format. Mm. You know, have have different shows for different people. But, you know, at the same time, it's kind of like, well, less people would tune in to a show that was the jazz, uh, the jazz, the Xbox indie show, you know. 
Well, they, they, the they, 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 they don't I, do an I, intro. I, I, they do the <laughs> indie show for on Twitch, and not a lot of people. I mean, people watch, but not as many yeah. as watch this. Um, uh, I think I think like I think it's good that they they do try and have these big showcases, you know, and at least to show a little things here and there, you know. If they if they like dedicated fifteen minutes to Fallout seventy six, I think that would have been a problem. But they had like a little clip of it, you know. That felt that like, really, like really forever. <laughs> that whole segment <laughs> caught with Todd, with Pete talking about Fallout seventy six and Elder Scrolls Online felt like forever. I was just like, and <laughs> I'm like, end this now, please. It's the same thing you but showed last year. Long, just, just end it. Just get it over with. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long. Come on. Worst part of the show. Yeah. Worst part. Because at least like new games, you'd be looking at it like, okay, you know, this is somewhat interesting. That it was just like, oh, I'm, like I guess you just used that for yeah. a bathroom break. Um, yeah. We got a super chat here from AAA Games or Cookie Cutter saying, glad Xbox is highlighting unique trip double A and indie games. Triple A have been cookie cutter trash for a decade. Ooh. Miguel says, I think we're going to remember this showcase as the one. That will start a trend. Gameplay, games for everyone, solid roadmap, and gameplay and uh, Game Pass bangers. Steven says, will Xbox do another show this year, XO 2022, or will we have to wait until June 2023 to see the likes of Avowed, Hellblade, Contraband, etc.? I think that's an interesting question, Jez, because I've been thinking about this, right? (coughs) Is this the format that Xbox is going to use moving forward? Like, are we going to go to June of next year and Xbox is going to do the same 12-month strategy? Because is this a one-off? Would it be weird to do it one time and then revert to basically how you've been doing it forever after that? Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? So this is what Microsoft does. They're like, they do one thing and then everyone complains and they're like, oh, shit, we better do it the other way. But is know? everybody complaining? Because to- obviously no matter what show there is, people are going to like it, people are going to hate it, et cetera. Like, you look at the general sentiment online, you look at Jeff Keighley's poll, and 75% said it was good. So judging from that, people enjoyed it, which is the same uh, you know, sentiment last year's. So I'm just saying to you, without knowing anything, because clearly we nobody would know anything, I do think it would be a bit odd that they do a 12-month thing for this show and then don't do it again a year from now. And they just, like, well, do something different. If they do, if they do do it differently next year, then the re- the reality is that they weren't try- They weren't doing it for for the reasons I outlined. Mm. They did it because they didn't have anything else. Ah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, that is definitely the possibility, right, um, that they did it this way because they didn't have anything else. And it's certainly possible, you know. And if they do go back to the other format next year, then that's kind of like, well, you know, you know, it is what it is, you know. But Cause um, here's what I'll say. here's what I'll say. I think this format would work better next year than it did this year, because because this year, try well, be, no, because this year, because this show was this basically a lot of showing stuff off from last year, right? So it's like you you saw Starfield and Redfall last year, Forza Horizon. What were the big things from the from this show? Well, Redfall, Starfield, and 
Forza Motorsport. So there really weren't any like big new things. But if you were gonna, if they did this format next year, from June 2023 to June 2024, there'd be a lot newer announcements that would surprise a lot of people because you'd be seeing Avowed again for the first time. You'd be seeing potentially Contraband. You'd be seeing Hellblade 2, you know, Story Trailer Combat, you know, Project Belfry. Like, there'd be a lot more announcements and a lot bigger announcements next year where because they didn't have it this year, uh, I think that's where a lot of divide is. Because I appreciate, like, I appreciate the focus on gameplay because I've complained about CGI. So I'm like, cool. I like actually seeing what Redfall is, right? Redfall started off the show, and I thought it looked better than what I had imagined it was going to be. I think that game's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know when it's coming out. They said 2023, mm-hmm. so in the next 12 months, for every um, single game here, except yeah. for, you know, Silk Song. To, to, to throw in a shred of negativity, mm-hmm. Redfall was the, probably the game I was most disappointed in. I'm not surprised. I'm not, not surprised. surprised I'm not surprised by that, no. Why? why? I don't know, because it, it seemed like even before when we talk about Redfall, you weren't really excited for that. So when I was watching that show, I, I thought to myself, eh, I don't think Jez would like this. I don't think he would. No. I mean, I just, I mean, I appreciate it. Like, maybe I'm not the target market, but Gen Z... Gen Z battles vampires is not my kind of my idea of. Fun. Oh, okay. I, I get why you don't like it. I think I think that game would be. I'm looking forward to playing it with my buddy Gopher. Like I think I think like the blend of uh, cringe. Uh, Borderlands and like Left 4 Dead sort of things. Like yeah, it wasn't as Left 4 it wasn't Left 4 Dead as I I thought it was going to be. So like I I, th- I think that plus I love Arcane and they haven't let me down yet. So. Deathloop, uh, Dishonored, uh, you know, uh, what is what one of the, the other games I'm thinking of? Dishonored 1, Dishonored 2, Deathloop, and Prey. They they haven't failed me. Like, I love all those games. Well, Deathloop, not as much as the other ones. I love Prey and Dishonored. I love Prey and Dishonored. I love Prey and Dishonored, and I haven't played enough of Deathloop to comment, but... So, I will... Redfall, the tone of Redfall is just... You you don't like the tone. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's it's Twilight. It's Twilight. Oh, it's Twilight. Okay. Um, So... It's too teeny. Too teeny boppy, man. So, (laughs) as as to Steven's question about XO 2022, if they do an XO 2022... Are they? Would it be like? Here's what you're showing in the next year. Have has Microsoft set themselves up in a way where it's like, if they do another show, this is the way they have to do it, or can they do something different? Could you do XO 2022 and just do whatever? I guess. I mean, maybe that's how they do it. You know, maybe that maybe they can be like, you know, our E3 show is going to be uh, the next. It's, it's like a Game Pass roadmap. Um, again, people are calling me out saying, but Jez, you like the Kardashian. <laughs> mm, that is true. Thank you, chat. Thank Dude, you for I'm all sorry, the right? things Jez comes, Yeah, yeah. No, call Jez out on that. Call him out. Yeah. He likes the Kardashians, yeah. for Christ's sake. No, seriously. If the, if Redfall, if in Redfall you play as the Kardashians fighting, fighting vampires, now that'd be cool. No? You play as Kim Kardashian and, and Kylie and, and Chloe and Courtney and they've you know all, all their names. Different, uh, yeah, 
Don't, don't you? Uh, Everyone knows the Kardashians. I mean, right? I know, I, I know, you know, uh, the Kim, and that's about it. Uh, well, just imagine, like, you play, you play as one of the Kardashians. They've all got different powers. That'd be sick, man. Why well, I mean, <laughs> you should have pitched? You should have pitched that to uh, to Arcane. <laughs> I can't pitch that shit to Arcane, man. <laughs> oh no, people don't like that. Come on, that'd be a cool game. Because it sounds like an awful idea. That sounds like a like a truly awful idea. So each one of the characters would it be voiced by them as well? (laughs) Yes. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. That'd be so cool. No. I I, I, like all all the 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 vampires could be like their haters. No. mm. The high profile. Do you not? Do you not know? Oh, never mind. No, no, no. THX says no. my Starfield expectations. <laughs> it's a cross-gen game. Uh, well, I think I'm pretty sure it's not a cross-gen game. It's Xbox Series X and S and PC only. So not an Xbox One game, which is great. Looks like we're moving away from that, which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Mr. Irishman says while words can't destri- describe how excited I am for Persona on Xbox, perfect for Xbox, by the way. I was a little disappointed with no Final Fantasy VII. Is the dream dead? Jez, is the dream dead, my friend, about Final Fantasy? I I, I think it is, you know. I think the dream might be dead, brother. Because mm. I don't think, like, a lot, I saw a lot of people saying, maybe they'll announce it at their own showcase, but if you'd gone and announced that, you would have done it on the Xbox yeah. stage where the Xbox eyeballs are. Yeah. So, I think that's it, man. I think, I think the Final Fantasy VII dream is done. I think the, I'm sorry for hyping everybody up about my Final Fantasy VII prediction and getting people to think that it was there. You can put all the blame on me, even though I told you guys repeatedly I didn't know anything and it was just a fun thing. So <coughs> this, this is the big middle finger to everybody says my predictions are really just leaks, which sometimes they are, but <laughs> this time it is definitely that, wasn't. I got to say, I got, I got to say, I got to say. Back up, back up, back up. Back up, okay. So, I think you saying Final Fantasy VII was going to be at the show is a double bluff. Oh, you think it's a, you think I did that on purpose? I think, I think it's a double bluff. I think you put out Final Fantasy VII Remake is, is going to be at the show as a, as a prediction and because you knew it wasn't going to happen. Mm. So now you can be like, see, look, I'm not an insider. I didn't know this, but really, you knew it wasn't going to be there. So it's like a double, a double bluff, right? Wow, you're tricking us. You would, I mean, that would be very tricksy of me if that was the case, wouldn't it? That would be tricksy. Tricksy, That'd that'd be very, very tricksy. But tricksy, how it is. Where's that Golem game? That Golem game didn't show up at any show. Yeah, I don't think anybody wants that game. But yeah, so Square is doing their show. In on the 16th, it's a 10 minute show apparently. Uh, I don't think they're gonna announce it for Xbox because I would imagine if Xbox had Final Fantasy VII remake, it would have been at their show. So if it doesn't show up here, this is the last hurrah in my opinion. If it doesn't show up here, it's never coming. And if it's never coming, then Final Fantasy VII remake part two and part three and part four or whatever. They'll never come to. So Square Enix Japan, you can just probably, you can just look at Square Enix Japan and just think those games are exclusive to PlayStation. If you want to play Final Fantasy, you're gonna have to play it on PlayStation or wait for it to come to PC. 
that really seems about it. It seems that's just going to be the case. I think, like, <clears throat> they're going to announce it for Steam, I think. Yeah, Steam um, seems like a likely candidate. Because it's, it's on the Epic Games Store already. Every game on the Epic Games Store eventually comes to Steam eventually because nobody plays on the Epic Games Store. So I think I think Steam's your best bet for um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Or maybe one of the cloud services like NVIDIA GeForce Now. You know, that's supposedly pretty good. I've never actually used it, but but yeah, I think uh, I think Rand was bluffing, guys. So yeah, everyone in chat agrees. Someone no, said, um, no, "Oh, no. you, you are actually the guy who runs the Twitter account." Oh, the snitch. Yeah. You know, some snitch, some, yeah, some people true. said that was Tom Tom Henderson uh, running that account. Um, he, 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 yeah, but he said he wouldn't. He said that's not his account. Uh, <laughs> no, I am not the snitch. Jesus. <laughs> Rand is the snitch. Oh my no, god, no, no, it all no, makes no. sense now. No. To be fair, I've never seen you and sn- you and the snitch in the same place at the same time. Have we ever tweeted at the same I time? Oh, there you go. See, mm-hmm. I've never seen the snitch and Rand tweet at the same time. That's all the evidence I need. Tinfoil yeah. hat equipped. Plus one tinfoil hat. Uh, oh, god, I feel bad. LeBurn says, as a, multi- as a multi-console owner, games that release day one on Game Pass may as well be exclusive. There's simply no way I'm going to buy these for PlayStation 5. RDX on the Fed says, Halo, se- Halo Season 2 trailers, two dates hidden in them. Uh, the Halo, that the Halo community found. One was Season 2 Direct, second one was Xbox Ascended Showcase. Yeah, I mean, I guess Halo could be there tomorrow. It's just, you know, when you have Sea of Thieves show up, and Fallout 76 and ESO show up at your main show and Halo doesn't, considering how big Halo is, I think that says a lot about Halo, in my opinion, and what the current direction of the game is, and maybe how they feel about it in general right now, right? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. You know you know what, Ren? What? I I am glad there was no Halo. Mm, I know you are. I've had to, to, to sit there and mm. put up with Halo segments. We talk about, we talk about being bored, during segments, okay. that was me. That was me watching <laughs> watching your Halo segments. Fair enough. And I, I've had to put up with that for years and years and years. Yeah. Watching Halo this and Halo that. I mean, you've had to watch it this, every year since 2018. That. You know. Yeah. So now I don't have to. I don't have to put up with it anymore because they're gonna they're gonna reallocate. They're gonna they listen to the show and they're gonna take my suggestion of reallocating 343's resources to the coalition mm. for the real franchise. Gears franchise. Ooh. By the way, um, Inverse V said that um, posted a link to the former Coalition community manager confirming that the, co- the Gears collection isn't real. Really? Yeah. Well, you should Sorry. grab that link. <clears throat> I should grab that link. You should. I'd like yeah. to see it. Uh, Sarah, Sauron Grant says, the Pelican will bring Halo fans to try flights. And honestly... I was never going to ever play Flight Sim again. I played it for like an hour. Beautiful looking game. But I was just like, it ain't me. And then they got me with the Pelican. I'm like, I might have to download this and try it again for 15 minutes and then delete it again. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally thinking, you know? I've got to like literally download 150 gigabytes. Yep. I mean, you can stream you can stream it, but it's like, you don't want to stream Flight Simulator. You want to experience that in 4K. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to piss about in a helicopter. I really, I'm, I'm really gonna, I'm gonna show my mom that game. I'm gonna be like, mom, look at that. And she's gonna be like, mind blown. Um, but, 
then I'll uninstall it because it can't kill anything. Yeah. Right. You know, we had over <laughs> we had over two thousand people watching live. Appreciate each and every one of you listening. If you guys could do us a big favor, I think we're at about six hundred likes. Can you hit that like button? It's free. It's in the bottom right hand corner, depending on where you're watching. Just click on it. Uh, I don't know. We'd appreciate it. We get up to like I don't know eight hundred, nine hundred thousand before the show's over. Uh, thank you guys so much. Aquaman says thank you uh, for always putting on a great show. Well, thank you for the support. See, Shira says, keeping my fingers crossed, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be announced for Xbox at Square Enix's Final Fantasy VII 25th Anniversary Showcase. But I'm prepared for disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. If, you're gonna wanna, if you want to play... Are they doing the same thing? It's not like... Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. I was just... Uh, you were talking about something else. But I just had a thought while you were talking okay. about what, disappointment. Well, I was thinking, like, um, they're going to be at Gamescom, right? Yes. And um, I, I can confirm as well, they're going to be at Tokyo Game Show. Ooh, okay, okay. Um, or at least they're planning to. Microsoft's planning to have a presence at the Tokyo Game Show. Presumably, they're also going to be at the Game Awards. And maybe even, you know, Rand, we were talking about them possibly doing an XO as well. <clears throat> so... Um, uh, so, you know, there's going to be other shows, right? And there's going to be more gameplay. And if, if their format now is we're only showing stuff of the next 12 months, maybe they show, like, gameplay for a game that launches next holiday season in at the Game Awards, you know, in November or whenever it is. So, I think, like... <clears throat> People who, who felt, if there, is, if there are people out there who felt there was nothing at this show for them, there's going to be more shows, and there's going to be more stuff, you know. So, we always, we knew coming into 2022 that this year was a bust. Mm-hmm. We, we, said, we said that in our first podcast of the year, 2022 is going to be light. You know, we had, we had a bit of copium in there. Forza, we, we copiumed Forza Motorsport 8. We copiumed... Starfield doing everything, but Starfield was delayed, alas. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people didn't assume Redfield was going to blow up. Redfield. Yes. Redfall, I'm really ill. Red, I mean, Redfield's, Redfield makes sense at least, because, like, Chris fights zombies and mm. Chris Redfield fights zombies, and zombies are kind of related to vampires in a way. But yeah, it's not like your your slip up last week with your moorcock. Yeah, that uh, that was people. I was getting <laughs> tweets all week about it. I had Xbox employees DM me that they were dying when they were <laughs> they heard it. Uh, yeah, it was definitely uh, something I'll probably never moor-cock. live down. Uh, <laughs> uh, Project moorcock. I mean that's they, they should they should name something that now moving forward after me, you know what I mean? They should. They, should. they definitely should. Generally, Microsoft um they use they use place names for their code names. I found out recently. Oh really? So there needs to be there needs to be a town called Moorcock. I'm gonna look that up. If <laughs> you, you should. I'm gonna look that up on Google Maps right now. Is there a, is there a town or a place in on Earth called Moorcock? Well, you, are you going to spell it like M O R E or M O O R? 
We'll try both. We'll try both. Okay. Phonetically. Let me get to some of these uh, super chats. Uh, Robinon202 says, I'm with Jez. Xbox fanboys don't know what they want. Is it gameplay or future CGI? They should stop worrying about matching bangers with PlayStation. VK Andrew said, Redfall looks amazing. Arc- Arcane doesn't miss. Marco says, Kyle K can't cut a cucumber. She can't cut a vamp. I'm assuming she, you're talking about Kardashian, Jazz. Is this true? Can Kyle, <laughs> Kyle K can't cut a cucumber? Is this Kylie. Kylie. Oh God. She can't cut a cucumber? Kylie. God. Don't disrespect the queen, man. Mm. And um, I, I don't know. I mean, every, it needs must, right? I mean, if someone if someone can't cut something, when it when it's a life or death situation, I'm sure the Kardashians would step up to the plate. I don't know, because Andrew says, wouldn't the Kardashians be the vampires? You know what? Sold. Actually, <laughs> actually I, Redfall would be so much better if the final bosses were the Kardashians as vampires. And you could kill the Kardashians. The disrespect. That the disrespect on this boy. That would be absolutely okay. amazing. <clears throat> I found a place in the UK called the Moorcock Inn. Ooh, In fact, okay. there's a lot of Moorcock Inns. They sell really? what looks like a very, very tasty biscuit. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Moorcock Inns in the UK. But for some reason, it won't search globally. I don't know. Mm, so there's, there's no town. Okay. Um, it seems like there isn't a town called Moorcock. I'm, I almost want to like, I want to become a town mayor so I can name a town Moorcock. No. Maybe not. Uh, Cal Tattoo says <clears throat> six times the detail. It just works. Epping Newson says I don't know if you mentioned it yet, but I think Riot Games going to Game Pass PC is a great get and isn't being talked about enough. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting partnership. I think part of the reasons why it's not talked about a lot is because they're not bringing their games to the console. It's a PC thing only. So most Xbox fans, I would, I would, I would predominantly say are console focused, console only. So they're like thinking to themselves, well, what is this, what is, what does the Riot deal do for me? I want to play Valorant and League of Legends on my console, but I can't. So I'm not going to play it on my PC, so this deal means nothing. Uh, but it could have, I mean, there's a good chance, potentially, that that announcement <coughs> is, like, the biggest thing of the show. Right? Because I think I read something yeah, that's, like, on to unlock everything and all these games is something like 700 bucks. So it could bring a lot of people to subscribe to Game Pass, uh, PC, Right, because I think it's, was it PC or was it Ultimate? I think it was, I'm not uh, sure, I think it was... Game Pass or PC, yeah. Yeah, so it was 10 bucks a month or 15 you know, if you want to, because I think they're set also bringing their games to the cloud. And you have all the characters unlocked for Valorant and for League of Legends. I mean, that seems like it could be something big. I know, I know people are saying Wild Rift is coming to Xbox eventually, yeah. But, I mean, they only mentioned that this is for PC and, and cloud. So maybe maybe yeah. maybe in I mean, two three years we're talking everyone's about everyone's saying like everyone's saying Wild Rift is coming to Xbox. So League of Legends Wild Rift is their sort of like it's their casual League of Legends for mobile, right? This is like Pokemon Unite. So Wild Rift is coming to Xbox and it's gonna be massive when it comes to Xbox because Xbox doesn't even have a MOBA really except for Smite. And Smite is old. It is old. I love you, Smite. 
but my guys, you need a you need a new. There needs to be a new engine or something. <laughs> it's old. But when League of Legends Wild Rift comes to Xbox, it's going to be massive. It's going to be absolutely massive. And everyone who has Game Pass is going to get every hero in Wild Rift for free, you know. And um, Wild Rift was announced quite a while ago, and, you know, it's still in development. Hey, Jez, we got a DM. We got a DM from Insider WTF who says, DM sent me here. Final Fantasy VII is coming, no worries. He's using the picture. That's the that's the uh, the act of the snitch <laughs> on uh on No Twitter. way. I mean, I don't know if it's actually <laughs> him because you can make your account. Anybody can make an account, but it is the picture. It is his name, and he says, uh, "Yeah, DM well, click, sent click me here." Profile. You can't YouTube remove that, so it's just you know. I, I oh shit! But I'm just saying. So if it's true, I don't know. This could be the snitch, the real snitch in the chat saying <laughs> Final Fantasy VII's coming. So if it is, then that's awesome. If it if it is, if it is, you heard it here first. But that'd be really cool if it was true. Could be a fake. Uh, I guess no. we'll find out in a few days. Yeah. I would be shocked because I you would think that would be at the Xbox show if that was the case. Yeah. You know, as part of like I didn't even know you could DM on YouTube. Well, no, he says a DM sent me here, meaning. Somebody DM'd him on Twitter saying that we were talking about Oh, him. right. So, okay. We'll see. I guess. Uh, Matthew says, five bucks just to ask if Salebond is not pushed the second half of 2023. Oh, man. <laughs> Tom Henderson says, the snitch is here, so am I QX files. Hmm. Oh, man. Should we, just pe- should we just pass the Tom Henderson for leaks? We probably should. <clears throat> RRD Tom, says... Tom, tell us if Final Fantasy VII is coming to Xbox, because I ain't got a clue. He says, what about the every studio <laughs> to submit something for the show? Was that wrong info? Not blaming you, by the way. Well, that was something I said on a different podcast, and that was only information that one person shared with me. Like, I didn't hear it from a lot of people, so it was just, it was just something fun I shared. I didn't expect it to blow up in the way it did, and I always said that I, I don't, like, take that to heart because... You know, things get cut all the time. Who knows what Microsoft was going to do with their show? I mean, they clearly focused it around the 12 months. So even if a lot of their studios submitted something, they could have just been like, nope, like we're going to go this way. So it's tough to always, Mm -hmm. like, talk about something that one person tells you. You know, you like to hear it from, like, three people. But that's 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 the thing. I hate, see, I hate extra attention. Like, I love doing this show. And usually when people quote this show, it's because Jez, because Jez says something, because Jez has a great track record. Jez writes for Windows Central, you know, the stuff he talks about is usually legit. And I'm perfectly fine being the chopped liver. You know, I may, I'm perfectly fine being Randall (laughs) chopped liver, Randall nobody. I'm perfectly fine being the Jez interviewer. I gave you big props in my article. I was like, I called you legendary insider. I'm not, though. You didn't want me to quote that. I'm not, because I, I don't like that, because I don't like the, because then, you know, uh, they write articles about that stuff, and it's just like, I'm not sure about this, because I just heard it from one person, and it's like, you know, it was just a fun thing, which turned out to be, well, I don't even know if it was true, it could be true, and they just, you know, were like, we're going to go 12 months, and that's that. Um, yeah. uh, let's see, Georgie says, any guesses what comes second half of for Xbox? I mean, pfft. 
Your guess is as good as mine. Could be Hellblade, could be Avowed, could be Contraband, could be Project Belfry. Uh, who knows, could though? Could be Kardashians versus Vampires. Uh, Kaylin says... if it, I... What? I go on. He says, if I just want to say, I'm going through the list of, of games that are coming this year, and I've got, I've got mountains of stuff to play. I mean, there's always Final stuff Final Fight's coming out this year. Soul Hackers is coming out this year. There's, a, there's, a, there's an absurd amount of stuff to play. Uh, Overwatch 2 is coming this year. Man? Yeah, nobody... Uh, Overwatch 1.5. Well, Overwatch is coming in early okay. access. Early access, whatever that means. Early access. Yeah. Man, it, well, yeah, that is interesting. I mean, technically, Diablo Mall's early access. Uh, Kalen says, if it's cloud, <coughs> could you not play Riot games on your Xbox through xCloud? Mm, well, not right now, because the only games you can play on xCloud are games that are in Game Pass from the console. Because you, you can't play, like, the PC games on your console through xCloud. Is I'm pretty sure you can't. I would imagine the same things would go for the Riot yeah, games. Can't. So everything on XCloud has to be built for Xbox console. Yeah, it has to be an Xbox console game, at least at the moment. I'm sure they are working on PC Cloud because they they're working on that for the business side of things. But right now, every game on XCloud has to have an Xbox full blown Xbox version with achievements and all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Wild Rift undoubtedly would be on xCloud. And you know, increasingly, Rand, I think, I've got a theory. I've got a theory, Rand. Okay. i got okay. a theory. I think, like, Microsoft is sort of, like, maybe using um, Xbox Game Pass as a way. Because right now, right, if Wild, Wild Rift's on Android and iOS, so iOS and Google, they take 30% of all microtransactions. Right, which, well, uh, is it 30%? Oh, it's, it's a high percent. It's a lot of money. Yeah. And a, and a lot of those devs are thinking like, man, our free-to-play game, they, it's getting, it's getting fleeced by Google and, and, uh, and Apple, you know, and can, can we not get a better deal? This is a way, a very clever way for my, for, for those devs to get a better deal on microtransactions without having to pay money to Google and Apple. So, like, Microsoft will give them a, bit, a bunch of money, you know, so that they get those, those that stuff for, for free, basically. And presumably, that's going to be more lucrative for them than giving Apple and Google their cut. I wouldn't be surprised if Google or Apple object to this down the line. And they're like, hang on a second, you've used an outside service to bypass our sales mechanics, you know, and get a better deal. I think that's quite clever when you think about it, right? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, Mariana Pompa says, Jazz, grounded. What do you think? I thought it looked excellent. I'm hyped for the Prime Mantis. Um, there's a very, very attractive, flowery Prime Mantis there. Um, I have, I sort of like, I played Grounded a lot when it first launched, but this is what I do with early access games. I play them a little bit at launch, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Now I'm going to wait for the full thing. Because, like, seeing the game in development and, like, you only get a little bit of content here and there, I think it's cooler if you just wait for ages and then play play the finished product, right? 
So that's kind of what I'm doing. When Grounded comes out properly, I'm going to go back into it and experience all the new stuff that I've missed. I've missed the koi pond, I've missed the bees, and I've missed the turrets and all the crazy stuff about it. I've missed a lot of it. And um, so, yeah, that's uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it, and I think it's going to be a big deal. Yeah, I might run through that with Colt. Colt's been playing that game for hundreds and hundreds of hours. I, too, played it at launch. That game. And, uh... Like, I like the look of that game a lot. It's just, it's not, survival games aren't my thing. But now that it's actually complete, I probably might go. It's got a full story, they said. Yeah, full story. Full, full story. And Obsidian does pretty good stories. Um, let's see, we got a super chat here uh, from Bob who says, Do you think that Starfield will mark the end of No Man's Sky? Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Grubb says, did we talk about how handsome and right Jeff Grubb is yet? You, we, we literally gave you your flowers. <laughs> we talked about you. We said, congrats, Jeff Grubb, on getting that uh, full-time gig at Giant Bomb. And I, and I said, you must be feeling really good about yourself because you, you're finally right for a change, Jeff. All those people that doubted you, <laughs> you must feel really good. You're doing that victory tour today. Must feel really good. <laughs> I, I, I love Jeff. Oh, He's the best. He's the best. Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. Jeff nailed it. Like I said, I said earlier, I had no info about that Kojima thing. I tried, man. I tried. I was like, I want to, I want to verify this. So, you know, I just, I want to know, but I couldn't find a damn thing. And Jeff was right. You don't, don't bet against the Jeff. Never, never, <clears throat> never. I never bet against the grub. No. Uh, J Train says, "Do you guys think they'll announce a new banjo game this year?" Well, yeah. What happened to that banjo? A buddy game? of mine, Mister NVG, a modern vintage gamer, as well as uh, Nate the Hate, uh, they think they think there's something to those banjo things, as they said on Nate's podcast about you know, NVG was saying that some devs you know have been talking about, and there's some some movement about banjo. So, I mean, next year is the 25th anniversary. I don't know. I, I just I just want my Bandra Bros. It seems like every year they get their hopes up for it, and every year they get their hopes dashed. I just I just want yeah, one I, year where they can just <clears throat> you know not be disappointed. Why isn't like what well, Jeff, Jeff, Tom, and the Snitch should team up and find out what's going on with Banjo? You know what's it going on? Where, where's Banjo? Where's Banjo, guys? Hey, what is up with Banjo? <laughs> what is up with Banjo? I have no idea. Alright, man. It's, uh... Uh... You doing okay over there? Yeah, man. I just, I just... I'm just out of it. I'm just dying, man. I'm dying. You're dying. I'm okay. Uh, Damien says the Riot Games for PC and mobile, not cloud. Oh, okay. So it's just PC mobile. It wasn't for xCloud. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's for the mobile versions. That's what I was talking about. Right, right. The mobile versions of the game. Okay, yeah. You get all the games on, you get all the characters on the mobile games, which bypasses Apple and Google, which is hilarious to me, because fuck Apple and Google. <laughs> uh, uh, Dio Games says, Xbox Wire says, the Xbox Game Studios Bethesda titles are console launch exclusives, which is odd. Does this mean they are timed? In the show, they said console exclusive. Jez, what do you, what do you think? Right, Starfields. Starfield says console launch exclusive. Well, no, so like, con- so the trailers for Starfield and Redfall all said console exclusive. But Dio's saying that in the Xbox Wire article, 
they're listed as Xbox launch exclusives. Like Xbox Ooh. launch exclusive, which would imply that, uh, you know, <laughs> it would potentially come to other platforms. I mean, I'm trying to look to see on the Xbox Wire right now. I mean, it does. I mean, Redfall says Redfall is a console launch exclusive on the Xbox Series X and X it's coming to Windows PC day one on Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Dude, Can you give me a link to that? I'll just ask PR. Yeah, well, you, I think yeah. presumably Will Tuttle write, wrote this because Will always writes these things normally. I don't know. I'd have to look at the byline on this. Uh, let me see. And it says the same thing for Forza Motorsport. It says console launch exclusive. So Forza Motorsport go to PlayStation? Obsidian, <laughs> Pentiment, it says console launch exclusive. Uh, I think that's just tight. That's got to be a typo. Uh, yeah, as does falls console. For the most, for the sport is not. I mean, if it was just Starfield and Redfall, I think you'd be like, "Oh, that's interesting." But for the most, not coming to PlayStation, surely. I mean, if it does, that'd be kind of cool. But <clears throat> yeah, I don't see. It. I think Starfield must uh, must be in a different article. Uh, oh no, here's Starfield. Console launch exclusive. I don't know. I, and who wrote this? This was, yeah, it's Will Tuttle, so. Uh, yeah, so. I'll, I'll just ask PR. Let's, yeah, let's just, just ask PR, because <coughs> that is definitely terminology you would use for, because the indie games use that terminology, uh, in the trailers, which everybody knows to mean at some point it'll go to other platforms. So if Xbox is using that in their article, you know, that, yeah, you should probably ask them about it. Uh, LeBum says, do you think the Riot deal gives some insight into what Microsoft may have been planning for World of Warcraft after the Activision deal closes, like merging subs in the Ooh, game pass that, and perks? That's in, yeah, that's, that's that really is, interesting. That's a really good. That's a really good point, and I think that's probably that could be true. You know, um, I know one thing that I was speaking to someone who works on the Xbox Game Pass platform and they were saying to me like um you know we were talking about prime gaming you know amazon prime gaming how like on prime gaming you can get like free hearthstone packs Mm -hmm. and free uh free overwatch loot boxes i actually it was actually prime gaming that got me into hearthstone because i was i was watching jeff grubbs well it's jeff grubbs fault i guess i was watching jeff grubb on twitch and i saw a pop-up saying get free hearthstone packs for hearthstone I was like, ooh, I want some free Hearthstone card pack. So I clicked on that shit, and then it took me on a month-long obsession with Hearthstone, which has now petered out, I guess. But so you got a month. Yeah. You got a month of uh, love on Hearthstone. I got a month of love for Hearthstone. Yeah. But then, dude, I was I was really into Hearthstone. And I built up this great deck, and then in a week, the whole meta changed. I was like, oh man, I'm not building up another deck. <laughs> So I was just like, I'm done with this now. I've had enough. <laughs> like, you got to change the band every few weeks. I suppose they have to keep it interesting for people who are really into it. But I was just like, nah, I can't, I can't keep up with this anymore. But yeah, it's all Jeff Grubb's fault, indirectly. But, indirectly. Everything's, um, everything's Jeff's fault. Blame everything's Jeff. Blame Jeff. But, <clears throat> I, but they were, basically they were saying like, we need to do more stuff like that. We need to do more Game Pass perk stuff. And I suppose they said this in, in knowledge of the fact they were doing this thing with Riot. So 
I think one of the big next steps for Xbox Game Pass are Family Plan, which we haven't seen yet, which I, you know, that's one of my league. Like, Jeff, Jeff Grubb got his, like, his victory lap with Kojima and stuff. I'm sort of, like, nervous now about where's, where's my family plan that I leave? You know? <laughs> where is it? It but, seemed like you know, that would have been, <clears throat> if that was coming, they would have talked about it by week, now. Right? They would have talked about it last week. Yeah. <laughs> you would you would have thought so, right? But, yeah, I think the next steps for Game Pass, hopefully, a family plan, also cloud, expanding cloud to TVs, more TVs, and then also added value. I think one of the things they need to do to Game Pass is add value beyond the games. Because, like, yeah, the games are great, obviously, but there's a, every, people have a finite amount of time when it comes to games. So there's, there's only so many games you can play at any one time. But what if there was perks for those games as well, to add value? So what if you're a mono gamer and you only play one game? How do you, how do you add value for that person who only plays one game? You give them all the content in that game for free, like your League of Legends. So I think like the added the value add there for Blizzard games is like free Hearthstone packs every month, free loot crates every month for Overwatch. Um uh the the subscription for World of Warcraft. I often thought like I often thought that wouldn't happen for World of Warcraft because I often just thought like that is the business model for WoW. I don't think WoW works if you sort of you bundle that subscription in, but maybe World of Warcraft gamers don't have a huge amount of overlap, so maybe they'd just be like, well, we'll throw them into Game Pass too, and just create added value. Mm. You know, maybe that's what they do. I often thought it was weird that Blizzard didn't have their own subscription. You know, honestly, like, why is there no Blizzard Pass, which gives me World of Warcraft, Hearthstone packs, Diablo, Mortal Crest, and all this stuff. Come on, Kotick, I'll give you free ideas here. I mean, Coke is not going to be in charge I, soon enough, you know, so... Yeah, okay. Maybe, maybe Barra, Xbox will do that. I'm giving Mike... Mikey Barra, I'm giving, I'm giving you free tips here. Make a Blizzard Pass. Give me World of Warcraft, free Hearthstone stuff, free Diablo Mortal stuff, uh, all the heroes in Heroes of the Storm, rest in peace, and yeah, all the stuff. Some loot boxes in Overwatch 2. What would you get in Diablo yeah, 4? Exactly. Uh, um, some, some skins? Cosmetic. Cosmetic. Hey, we got a... I don't know. Tom Henderson just wrote an article 20 minutes ago. says, Overwatch, or Overwatch, Overdose is almost certainly Kojima's cloud-based Xbox game. Yeah. Which, yes. I really, I'm, I'm surprised. Remember me saying I that? Remember, I remember I when we were talking about it, you said there would be no way Microsoft would publish a game with the title Overdose. <laughs> That would deal with drugs and stuff I'm like that, sorry. with the main character named Heroin or whatever. You said they would never do I that, and I said you're wrong because they would love to work with Kojima. So I thought I thought that was I thought that was edgy. I thought that was too edgy for Microsoft. You know, getting in. Kojima's pretty edgy in general, right? I was just I was just thinking like, here's here's the scenario. Imagine and imagine everyone in chat. You can all imagine this with me and run too. I invite you to imagine this. Imagine Phil and maybe maybe Satya Nadella <laughs> in a boardroom, right? And Kojima walks in to pitch Death Stranding. And he says, okay, guys, I need however many millions of dollars to, for this game, Death Stranding. By the way, it has piss grenades. <laughs> it's got more than piss grenades. <laughs> 
had piss grenades and poop grenades <laughs> and 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 it has it has a marketing deal with Red Bull or whatever the energy drink was. I don't know. What was it? Mon- was Monster. It Monster? Yes. Yes, Monster. So it's like, you know, I I was just kind of like, I just can't, I just, just didn't expect that from Microsoft because they, they generally, they play it safe. Like, I, I've, I've criticized them for this. I feel like a lot of Microsoft writing has this sort of undercurrent of sanitization about it. But maybe when they talk about giving people creative freedom and stuff, maybe they really mean it, you know. And maybe they just accept that okay, maybe we can work with Kojima who makes games that are a little bit sexy, a little bit edgy, you know, uh, you know. So <laughs> I just wouldn't have expected that. So I guess we'll see, you know. I'm, I'm quite... I'm quite Dude, a horror game I'm by Kojima? Mm, Sign <coughs> me up. And I was one of the people that actually... Uh, AT was incredible. actually liked uh, Death Stranding quite a bit. I gave it like an eight, or an eight, eight and a half. I mean... Uh, it was r- ridiculously out there, but there was just something about, like, that I know people were like, you just walk around, and it's a literal walking simulator. I was like, eh, I had a fun time playing it. I mean, not it's not my favorite game of his, but I had a good time with Death Stranding. So, mm-hmm. uh, I think, like, <laughs> some people are saying in chat, like, Wasteland 3 was safe. You know, that's a really great point. But I, I I honestly wonder if Phil Spencer knows that you can fuck a goat. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder I honestly want to know. I want to know if Phil Spencer knows you can get a buff for shagging a goat in Wasteland Three. Yeah. So you know that's pretty edgy, and that's another one. I was like, imagine Brian Fargo, Phil Spencer, and Satya Nadella in a boardroom mm. pitching Wasteland Four. And he comes in and says, okay, you can shag a goat in this game. Sat- I kind of don't think... Sat- I don't think Satya or Phil would be very happy about that. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, we got Jigga J saying... The Microsoft show needed Atomic Heart, TMNT, Routine, Warhammer Darktide instead of being on Jeff's show. I mean, I, maybe, maybe TMNT being on an Xbox show would have been... A bigger thing, uh, for sure. Warhammer Darktide was at the 2020 show, so I'm not really sure they needed that again. Uh, Atomic Kark were that last year, so, you know, I don't know if they, they needed that again either. Uh, Callan says, so we finally got Persona 5 Royale. Soul Hackers is coming. What do you think is the timeline for Persona 5 Strikers? Hold on here. I mean, like, we should be happy we just got Persona. The question I have about this Persona announcement, Jez, which is great. And, I mean, I have Persona 5 on PlayStation, but I never played it. So, on this one's Persona 5 Royale. I don't know if I'm going to play it. My buddy Gopher says he knows I'll like it. Does this mean, like with Yakuza, where Xbox had none of the Yakuza games, then they get all the Yakuza games, and then they get Yakuza like a dragon day one, are we going to get... Is Xbox going to get Persona 6 day one now? Is this a sign that uh, the Persona franchise is, like, here to stay, essentially? What do you think? I think I think so. Yeah. I think it is. I think it is. I think this is, like, this is them finding the right deal for Sega and Atlas and their teams. Because it's, it's not just about Sega. It's about Atlas, you know. It's their, they're like, is this right for us? You know, we, they have to commit the resources and agree to all this. So, you know, it's... Uh, 
but they've found the right deal that works for every, everyone involved. And um, <clears throat> I guess there's a lot of excitement around cloud because these games have been announced for cloud as well. You know, I think it's quite telling that it's Persona 3 Portable as well coming at, coming at Xbox. And it might just be a coincidence, but I, I kind of feel like Persona 3 Portable, given that its UI is probably scaled for a smaller screen, that kind of says to me that's more of a cloud play, right? So well, they also they also did announce that it's, uh, they're coming to PlayStation as well. So yeah, have a cloud. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. People were pissed <laughs> about this people, announcement. Yeah. People were pissed about the Kojima announcement, but whoo boy, were they pissed about yeah. the Atlas announcement, which is strange I considering. Just you were, I know. I, I saw that okay. already. People were really, really upset with Atlas. I don't understand why. It's like, you traitors, you betrayed PlayStation. It's like, Jesus. It's crazy how people get about this shit, man. I just I just sent Rand a picture in DM. It's like a dude who's saying, Persona's coming to Xbox. This is for you, Atlas, angry face. And it's a smashed up PlayStation 4. Mm-hmm. Or is that a 5? Is that a 5? That's not... That's a no, five, that, isn't it? Um, that is. Oh, let me it's see cool. again. It might it has to be a four. Oh, it's a smash the PlayStation. Either way, I didn't think it was. No, so that, that's a that's a four. That's not a five. Oh yeah, it's got it's got the angles, right? Yeah, so they smash the PlayStation four. So like that is that is hilarious to me, you know. Uh, what? I don't, I don't think it's just fake for clout, but it's just. If it's not, it's, what the hell's wrong with people, man? What's wrong with people? Mm. What is wrong with people? I, I don't get the mentality. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? You don't see, you don't see PC gamers running around crying if like the PC games on console. It's, it's just so weird. That's, I don't get it, man. Because a lot of a lot, get they get they get they get too attached, and a lot of them are just a bunch of man babies. So when something you know shakes them to the core, they lay lash out, and this is this is what it is. Um, but like looking at the game list of stuff that uh, this show had, uh, I love the fact that Silk Song is coming to Xbox because honestly, that's like the only game that would have gotten me to hook up my Switch again. I adore Hollow Knight. And I was kind of like, all right, well, Silk Song's coming to only really switch. So I was like, all right, you know what? Fine. I'll hook it up. But now I don't have to because I can play it day one on my Xbox. Uh, High on Life, which was the – I thought High on Life look, – look, High on Life is a game that I am actually very interested in. At, at first I was kind of like, what is this? And then I watched it again, and I was like, oh, like I like this, the, like with the guns talking back to you, the Rick and Morty stuff. I thought that was cool. Um, Dude, I, I I was like, what the hell is this? And then I heard Morty. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that's Morty. And I, I was like, I, oh, okay, I'm into this now. I thought the like knife. The, the, knife, the knife. Yeah. No, I thought I thought that was uh, cool. Plague Tale Requiem coming day one on Game Pass. Like I'm a huge fan of the first one, so like I am totally there for the second. Still no release date, and nobody wants to give release dates anymore. It's just kind of just windows or whatever, just years. Forza Motorsport as we talked about, looked ridiculously insane. Turn 10 knows what they're doing. Uh, I think this is like they were upgrading their engine. Uh, people were worried that it was also going to come up 
come up uh, like also released on the Xbox One because there was uh, they were testing builds on it. But I was always told as well as you that they were just it was it was going to be a next gen only game and they were kind of just using that to test. Uh, the the only thing is it's like I, I watched that and I'm just like oh, man I wish I liked Sim Racers I really do because I love Forza Horizon Five but I've always just kind of like Sim Racers are just cold to me. But I know there's a large audience. Oh. Like it just it's just I don't know like it, they're they're not fun to play. Like Forza Horizon Five is a blast to play. Forza Motorsport is always just it's like cold and calculate. It's like Trying to get the best line and, uh, like, doing, like, it's more technical than, than the Horizon series, cause that's, you know, sim. And, I don't know. How can you the, get into that? I just, just uh, Rand, I want to challenge you, man. Oh, jeez. I want to challenge you. Okay. Just, what are you going to challenge me on? You only play the same kinds of games, man. That's not true I don't whatsoever. I'm going to challenge true. you. No. no it's, it's not true. I, I'm sorry, Rand, but, like, one type of walking simulator and another type of walking simulator. You shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. What do you mean? Because I don't because I don't like fucking sim racers. <laughs> I only play one type no, of game. I, I, I challenge you. I'm challenging you, bro. Jesus I'm challenging Christ. You. Let's. And I'm challenging everyone else in chat, right? Try new genres every now and then. I, you act right? like I'm I haven't played like but, sim racers yeah, though. I know you only play. I'm the man with the million, f- for God's sake here. I play yeah, more genres that you can possibly that's even exactly. imagine, Jez. <laughs> that's just that's exactly the problem, though. When you play other genres for work, you know, and you just like you're just thinking about the game score, and you just yeah, but it wasn't work. It was fun. I've said this repeatedly. Uh, Barbie Puppy Rescue was a better game than Pokemon. And I stand by that <laughs> statement. Stand by 100%. <laughs> My bro. Oh, no. My horse and me, too, was a better experience than Pokemon Sword and My Shield. My horse and me. Yes. My horse and me. What is, what, is, what is that? I'm just saying it's a game where you, you're a girl and you ride around on her horse. My horse and me, too. It's better than Pokemon. <laughs> oh my god oh dude inside uh, someone claiming to be inside the WTF Mr. Snitch says second nine twenty three on SS you can mod me in February goodbye SS what's SS I don't know SS I don't SS? where do you, where, yeah. where do you say this I'm, I don't see it scroll up I'm scrolling. <coughs> just above, just above Bo's super chat. Oh, uh, September. Well, so I'm gonna say that'd be what September second, 2023 on SS. You can mod me in February. Goodbye. Hmm. Mm. What is no, that? No, no, February. So it's 9th of February. You're saying that's American date for Matt Ryan. Yeah. Oh uh, well, but he but he but he used the European format to talk about. Uh, uh, the other thing he talked about on his Twitter, though. All right, that's interesting. <clears throat> Tom Henderson confirmed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I what's SS? I don't know what that is. I I don't know either. Maybe people in the track can start speculating. Oh, Silk Song, maybe Silk Song. Mm. 
Mm. Well, you know, if if Final Fantasy VII gets announced, then he's clearly the guy. So, uh, if AOE goes to the console, I will saw my PC in half. Says Bo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <coughs> Your company Blam says Jensen ran with the oh. best of a three race challenge in Forza Motorsport Seven. Loser plays Breath of the Wild. The Xbox Two Grand Prix. Stream it. Hmm. <laughs> well, Rand, well, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to genres, right? Because yeah, you can talk about your Barbies and your and your Barbies and that this and that, but you weren't playing them to really experience the true essence of Barbie horse racing, whatever it's called, right? You weren't you weren't really you weren't really getting down to the metal of of my horse and me, Rand. Okay, so I want I want to challenge you, Rand, to to try and embrace sim racing, no. and really get into it and start start to pour over. The different types of tire materials and and all that kind of stuff, you know. Oh, you know? it's Silk Song in chat, by the way. Ah, Silk Song, right? But well, that's that's pretty awesome, and we we will mod you in February. Yes. <coughs> well, if you say in February, then surely that he means the ninth of February, right? I don't know, but either way, I DM'd it. I DM'd it to you so we have it there. No, I mean, I, I oh, get okay. like. Like playing games outside your comfort zone, but I already know. I, look, and I, I'm I'm going to play Forza Motorsport. It's not like I'm not going to play because I played Forza Motorsport Seven. It's just normally those games don't appeal to me, and I don't play them for long. So I definitely will be playing Motorsport. Uh, Flight Sim we talked about had the Halo uh, Pelican, Overwatch Two, which made Jez cream his pants. Uh, what was their big announcement? It's coming early access, October second, and it's free to play. Uh, it was. I thought the trailer they put together was really well done, trying to present it more as like an epic story, you know. Yeah, I mean, Overwatch does have its shorts. I don't know if you've ever watched any. Like they're actually really them. good. Like, them, one, yeah. But <clears throat> a couple of them made me like almost a bit teary eyed. Ooh. But Blizzard cinematics are really well, good. Well, it's because yeah. you're a low down dirty Blizzard fanboy. So I have no wonder you I are have. uh Dude, I put like I put like forty hours into that one more. Then we had I... um we had Oxide Games Ara History Untold. Was that Project Indus or Project Because I, w- I I couldn't remember. That was Indus. That was, that Indus? was Indus. Okay. Yeah. Which only is coming to PC. And I, I I hate that. I've I've always said if you're gonna do the ecosystem stuff, you know, you're coming out there and like, hey, we want you to be able to play the games you want on the device you want with the people you want whenever you want. Then I'm sorry, like our history untold should be on Xbox same day as it's on PC. Just like Age of M- Age of Empires Four should be. I understand <clears throat> why it's not, but like, I still think it should be. But yeah, I I agree, and I think. Now this is annoying because I've actually I've actually lost the document for Indus. <laughs> I was trying to find it, but I am like seventy five percent sure that Indus was coming to Xbox and was slated for Xbox. Um because it's a turn based strategy. You know, you don't you don't need a mouse and keyboard to play turn based strategy. If it's like Civ and it uses hexagons and sh- and shit like that, you can just easily play that. With a controller. Civ works great with the controller, so um I'd heard that it was going to be in everything and cloud as well, you know. 
But it could be like Gears Tactics where they launch it first on PC to gather feedback and stuff like that, and then then expand it out later. Like, because they really want to get the controls right, and they're nervous about alienating the PC base. <clears throat> I, th- I think it's an old-fashioned way of viewing it. Um, but, yeah. Um, uh, as we missed a super chat from Zach Riley, by the way. Hmm. He said... Um, Did we? It, yeah, he said so. Okay, what he that? mentioned that um, Fallout 76 expansions on Game Pass, but Elder Scrolls isn't. I mean... That is kind of interesting and strange, but it might be to do with business models and, and that kind of thing. A lot of these games sort of existed before the Game Pass deal, so it's hard to say exactly how that works because Fallout 76 servers, they only support like, what is it, a couple of dozen people or something? But like Elder Scrolls Online is like a full-blown MMO with like thousands of players to a server. So maybe like they need to have a separate sub... Which is why I've said before, I didn't think World of Warcraft would come to the subscription, but maybe it will. You know, it's, um, it's something to keep an eye on, I guess. Yeah, um, Flame says no rain. Um, it's Ara Ara, history untold, ooh. Oh no, you, you have, you have to say it, you have to say it with an accent. Well, how do you say it? Like, Ara Ara? <laughs> what? Like that. <laughs> say that again? Please? Ara Ara? No. That's that's how the eagles say it, man. It's Japanese for oh my. Is it? I, I did not know that. So, so I heard. So I heard. Oh, I, so I, don't, heard. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh, I, heard. I, I don't know. You intimately know. It's it's what it's what it's just what I heard. Zolka told me, man. Zolka told you. All right. Well, then I, then you're hundred percent sure of that. <laughs> I, I totally believe you now. I totally, I totally believe you. Um, then, then we got the Pete Hines segment with ESO and Fallout 76, which was the same segment as last year. Just I wish it wasn't there. They, they could have totally removed that. Uh, Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC coming July 19th. Looked really good. I really like Forza, Re- Forza Horizon 3's Hot Wheels stuff, so... I'll be there. Arc two with Vin Diesel. I mean, also that that also was kind of like no gameplay. It was just like a CGI thing. So, yeah, Scorn, a short trailer with a lot of uh, HR Geiger looking art, penises and stuff. Uh, October twenty four, twenty first. Now this was maybe like so like looking at this list. Can't wait for Silk Song. High in Life is something I'm really interested in. Definitely will play it. Play Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, top of my list. Forza Motorsport looked amazing. And the rest of it was like, then we had this section here, it's kind of like, ugh, like whatever. And we get to Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. Now that one captured my attention. <clears throat> that one looks like it could be something from Aurora. Aurora. That's from, yeah, Aurora 44. Uh, oh no, so it's called A- A44. A44. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so. Did you finish Ashen? I did finish Ashen, yes. I never finished Ashen. I need to go back and finish it. It's worth it, right? But yeah, I, I, I thought Ashen was okay. Yeah. But this, looked, this I, looks a lot better. I had Ashen the first time. I hadn't... I hadn't it, I, Ashen was, like, 
well, it wasn't my first Souls, like, Dark Souls was. But I hadn't, like, I hadn't, I played Dark Souls, I've told this story before, but I tried to get into Dark Souls, I couldn't get into it, because I was like, man, this is, this is, this is, um, uh, too hard, too hard for me. <clears throat> and then I tried Ashen, and again, I was like, I got those Dark Souls feelings where I was like, oh man, this is too hard for me. So, I didn't put, I didn't play it, but then, Last year, obviously, I finally got into Dark Souls properly, and I finished Dark Souls finally after all this time. So, like now, now that I sort of get Dark Souls games a little bit more, I might go back and give Ashen a proper try. Because you know, Rand, I like I like my backlog. I like it. Mm. I don't mind. I, I'm not like you, Rand, who only wants to play the the trending games so it can be popular on TikTok and Instagram and to and post about it and and be with all the social media hype. I'm not like that, man. I will play. I, I will play old games because you know I've got integrity. You don't have integrity. What? What? Yeah, what do you I'm mean? Kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're sick, is what you are. <laughs> I'm sick in more ways than one, baby. Yeah. Uh, baby. A gun's a gun, so I love how Jez didn't like Dark Souls and then became a huge fan of it. It's true, but you know what, a gun? He still hasn't beat uh, Elden Ring. As much, of, as much of a lover of Dark Souls that he is, has he beat Dark Souls 2 yet? Nope. I have not. Has he beat Elden Ring yet? Nope. You want to know why? Because he does the typical Jez thing. He plays something for a little bit, and then he bounces off it never to return. Typical jazz. Corn. What do you mean never to return? Typical jazz. I literally corn. return. I return to Dark Souls after ten years. I'll return to Elden yeah. Ring in ten years. And then, you, you, okay, I'm just saying, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but you know who did beat Elden Ring? Me. I did. So. Yeah, but you cheated. Oh, I did not cheat, sir. Dude, I, I, everyone on Twitter said you cheated. Miles told me you cheated. I'm, I mean, it, it could. You know, it could very well be. I'm just a better. Elden Ring player than Miles was. Mm. I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You you completed it in what? Twenty hours or something? Like, that sounds like so seventy crazy. hours. Seventy hours. So, mm, it's a bit sus to me, man. Thanks most of that. If I if I look on the look on that that website like average completion time, <clears throat> uh, the average completion time is much higher than seventy hours. Oh. I think that's kind of sus, man. Okay. Game game was pretty easy, sir. I got. I got. I got. How did you get both completion achievements? Right. There. Because I did. It's, I did the cloud save thing where I deleted my cloud save. Or I deleted the save on console and re-downloaded the cloud save. So it put me right back at the point where I could make mm -hmm. the final choice mm -hmm. again. Thinking with. Did, did you, did you smarter. Did you like, use that to, uh, to 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 grind souls and and get easy? easy no, no, no. See, I work smarter, not harder. I work smarter, not oh, harder. harder. I don't. I didn't right. have to do three playthroughs of the game to get all the achievements. I only had to do one, sir. One, just mm -hmm. one. Did you Did you use one of those cheat cartridges like the the game exploder? No, I don't. But I do got to ask uh, Ura Malice, who's in the chat, who's a member over at Reset Era and the Xbox OT. How are they feeling over there, man? Are they uh, Are the people down in the uh, the uh, Wolfenstein Three Avatar helmets? How are they feeling today? Are all the other Wolfenstein 3 helmets removed? Uh, oh, man. <clears throat> I kid, I kid. I don't, I don't know. I haven't been. I haven't, I haven't looked to see how they were feeling after this show, so I don't know. But there, there are a lot of people wearing those helmets. So, 
I'm sure they're probably uh, not wearing them anymore. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, it's it's got to be coming. It's got to be coming, Wolfenstein. It has to be coming. But yeah, but I be- before Indiana Jones? I, 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 mean, I don't know. The Game Shark? Game I don't Genie. know, man. Yeah, Game Genie. Do you want... I got a confession, man. What? When I was a little kid, I used the Game Genie to complete Final Fantasy VII the first time. Mm. Really? I did. That's my gamer confession, Rand. That's sad. My gamer confession. Rand. My biggest, maybe my biggest regret. Oh my Rand is stunned to silence. No, oh, you can't hear me? What do you mean? <laughs> well, that was an awkward time for Rand to disappear. Oh, actually, am I disappearing? Oh, can you not hear me? Hello? No, I couldn't hear you. Oh. <laughs> that was really awkward. You went, you went silent after my confession. It was like, oh god, Rand's actually pissed. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not surprised. It seems right up with uh, what you normally do, you know? Wow. But, man, I I was a little kid, man. I didn't didn't understand RPGs. And, you know, you know, like how, you know, in Final Fantasy VII, if you equip a materia, it lowers your hit points because it's like you're making your character a mage, right? Yeah. I didn't understand that as a kid. I just thought every character should have every materia. So basically, I had a party of three black mages, right? That, that's basically what I had. And I got to the Demon's Gate boss, which is, like, basically immune to magic, and I couldn't do it. It made me so frustrated. I was like, what the hell? This boss is impossible. He's just one-shotting me with his, like, icicle slam or whatever it's called. I got so salty, man. I never gone that salty in a game in my life. I was, like, I don't know, 10, years, 10 or 11 years old or something. I, I threw my controller across the room. That's the only time I've ever broken the controller because of a game. So I, I got Game Genie, man. I got Game Genie, and I regret it every day. Oh, Yosemite yeah. says the guy every who day. cheated on Pokemon. That. That's the only yeah. way I could get through that horribleness, Yosemite. I had, to, I had to get... Well, I don't know how that's cheating, considering they let you trade Pokemon. So I used an aspect of the game. I don't know how that's cheating. But you know what my... Yeah, my, yeah. you criticized me, you cheated at Pokemon, and you cheated at Elden Ring. With the I, I did not cheat at Elden Ring, sir. And you used a Mimic tier on every boss. Uh, before mean, it was he, he was my buddy, you know? It was great. I haven't, I haven't, got, I haven't got a Mimic tier. Because you didn't play the game. I'm not surprised. <laughs> you yeah, but you I, I killed on pre-nerf without a Mimic tier. I didn't, have, I didn't have a Mimic... You can only get the Mimic tier after you... Kill Radon, so. Oh. Oh. Yeah, oh. Every, everybody in the world who's beat Radon killed him without a mimic tear. Oh. Uh, okay. Then the Minecraft Legends oh. game was announced. Uh, it looked okay, but they used a cinematic trailer and barely any gameplay. Lightyear Frontier was like some sort of mech thing in Mabob, which I didn't really care for. Same thing with Gunfire Reborn. That kind of whole See, section I, right there I was kind of just like, uh eh. Kind of boring. Lightyear. I was I was hyped out of my mind for Lightyear. Really? It's, it's, yeah, it looks great. We've actually got a preview of it coming on Windows Central. A lot of my load of my team was like, "Oh my god, this looks amazing!" But we like we like cute, family simulator games like that at Windows Central. Yeah, I see. I'm not. I don't really like that. But however, the last case of Benedict Benedict. You only play one kind of game. Mm, amazing. Uh, I thought that was yeah, one of the standouts of the show. Then they showed an uh, in-depth thing of As Dust Falls, which is A-player multiplayer, coming on July 19th, so not a long wait for that. 
Nakara Blade Point. It's actually coming really soon, June 23rd. Uh, Pentiment, game that you leaked, even the name, uh, coming November 22nd. This one I've seen whew, some backlash on for the art style. So uh, I don't like that. I think that's nasty. You think it's like, nasty? I, I remember. I think I, you know what it reminded me of. It reminded me of the 360 era when Braid was announced, and everyone was like, "Oh my god, Braid looks so good! Braid looks so good!" Like cool art style. And I think it's just because it's Obsidian, just because it's Xbox. They think like every game they make has to be full blown AAA ray tracing, 4K graphics, and like they they wanted to make a smaller game with a smaller team and flex their creative muscles, and people get mad about it. I say to that. You make a fucking game. Ooh, challenge. Easy to make a tweet. Yeah, it's easy to make a tweet. Why don't you make a fucking game? You know? So, Josh, Josh Shoya has never made a bad game. So, I'm completely all over that. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely... I mean, Xbox is a big holiday game. <laughs> so... <laughs> Dude, it's your kind of game, though, No, isn't no, it? I mean, no, I'll play it. I'll play it. Talking to people. No combat. Oh, my God, Jess. Here you go. You just said Josh Sawyer doesn't make bad games. Now you're now you're, you're yeah. attacking me. Yeah, like it were, Josh Shaw, if Josh Sawyer makes a walking simulator, then it's a great walking simulator. Mm. Okay, so at least you've got that going for you. So is but, any game that doesn't have combat a walking simulator to you? Is that what it is? Oh, you, you pretty much made Elden Ring a com- combat simulator by like going for a power stance bleed build. And just I didn't actually do a bleed build. <laughs> I didn't do a bleed a bleed build at all. He's still cheating. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Grounded's coming out of uh, out coming out of early access in September. Uh, Arab and Shadow Legacy, which is another game I thought would look really interesting. Uh, I like those stealth games, and she can kind of like hide in the shadows. That's definitely on my radar for whenever that comes out next year. Then what I thought was the game of the show, Diablo 4. We talked about it. Jez creamed his pants over it. Uh, that presentation I thought was really good. <laughs> It was kind of confusing at first, because when that trailer started, I was like, oh, this has got to be Diablo 4. But I was just like, eh, is this really Diablo 4? wasn't really sure, and then it was. Uh, but the gameplay looks really solid. I just wonder if it's also one of the few games that's not coming to Game Pass on day one yet, because, well, I still kind of, I wonder when the deal's going to close, and then if the deal closes in time... Before Diablo 4 launches, could they then be like, all right, you're in Game Pass? You know what I mean? Or if it launches, say it launches, say Diablo 4, say the deal closes in like, uh, let's just say May, and Diablo launches in March. Does Diablo 4 launch, the deal closes, and then as the deal closes, Diablo 4 then goes into Game Pass? I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know how those things it, work out. <clears throat> Diablo 4 is definitely going into Game Pass. Yeah, I mean, it's it probably eventually. I guess it depends on when the deal closes. Then you had a minute trailer for Sea of Thieves talking about their new season. Uh, a trailer for Ravenlock uh, that I wasn't very interested in. Uh, a trailer for Cocoon. Right. Ravenlock was the, was the game Cucumber Games. The, the Cucumber Games one. Echo, Echo Generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah them. I still, that, I still need to play that. It's like in my backlog, Echo mm. Generation. I'm really excited for that because it's turn-based. You know me, Ren. I know you. I only play turn-based games. You only play turn-based games. You only play them on the cloud. Uh, Cocoon from the gameplay designer of Inside, so that immediately had me interested. 
And then uh, the return of Team Ninja to the Xbox platform with Wolong Fallen Dynasty, which, you know. That looked pretty amazing. The trailer was, was really cool. I don't Right. Yeah, er, they said early next year, day one on Game Pass, so, you know, we'll have to, I mean, I, I'm I definitely got maybe, my, my attention. Maybe that's the game Microsoft takes the Tokyo Game Show. Possibly. Phil Spencer came out, announced Persona Collection uh, 3, 4, and 5, with 5 coming October 22nd right, this year, or maybe it's October 21st. And uh, he announced the partnership with Kojima. So Kojima came out and was like, this is a game I always wanted made. And Microsoft's cloud technology, blah, 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 blah. Later, <laughs> he just arrived, didn't really say much, and then left. Like, okay, they're working with Kojima. Right. I, <clears throat> I do like Kojima's games. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie. He gives me Peter Molyneux vibes sometimes. Really? I think, like, when he's saying stuff like, Oh, Microsoft's cloud technology gives me the opportunity to make something I never made before. I'm kind of sitting there thinking, like, really? Where is this going to be another crackdown thing where it's like, you know, it actually, you know, it actually doesn't really matter that much what the cloud does. You know, does it make does the did, did crackdown's destruction while cool make the multiplayer good? Not really. So I'm just I'm kind of skeptical. You know. I'm kind of skeptical, man. Okay, fair enough. Are you skeptical? Uh, no, not really. I'm not, no, not, not skeptical. You feeling the Kojima hype? Yeah, dude, I, I told you I really like Kojima's games, so. <clears throat> I thought you don't like Cloud, though. Uh, I mean, I presumably be able to play it on the Xbox, since Cloud is Xbox, so. We'll see. It, I mean, w- if if it's only cloud, like I'd have to only play it on my phone, maybe that's a different story. So I guess it depends. So, and then they had the big blowout of Starfield, which Jez hyped up about. I thought the gunplay was kind of iffy. It, the, the game definitely looks a lot better in the 4K stuff in 4K than it did in the stream. And when they mentioned a thousand planets, I was like, oh no, I, I'm not somebody who's just like. Bigger is better sometimes. You know, it's like, it reminded me of like, our open world is two times the size of our last one. That's not necessarily a good thing to me. So like him saying like, oh, you, there's a thousand planets and you can explore each one. To me, that wasn't a good thing. But to others, maybe it was. I like it if it's fun. But, but yeah, it's not often that it is fun. Um... Like a lot of people said, Skyrim was too big, but I thought that was—I thought that was perfect. I thought Skyrim was the perfect thing. I like—I went—I I covered the whole map in Skyrim, basically. I'm sure the stuff that I haven't seen—it's that big. But like, it felt like every cave you went into in Skyrim, there was something. I remember going into some random cave, like or some random house in like the north side of it, and then like there's like a bunch of dead bodies in there with some notes. And it's like, it's like, it's just this little house, but like, it, it unfolds into this full murder mystery, just randomly. And it's just like, oh, that's really cool. It's not even a quest. You know, you can just explore. I hope it has stuff like that, you know. I hope these, like, planets aren't just like, you know, Mass Effect 1's planets. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see. Um, that's coming early next year, or as they say, you know, 2023, in the next 12 months. 
Uh, Kalen says, when is Deathloop coming to Game Pass? Yeah, no mention of Deathloop. No trailer. We don't know when. I mean, I guess it all depends on when that contract's up. When are they allowed to put Deathloop on Xbox? We don't know. Uh, it's a little fine print at the end of the trailer when, you know, on the PlayStation side said, like, at the earliest September. Uh, so I guess we'll find out in September for sure. So I guess here's the thing. When I originally watched the show, I was kind of like in the B-minus category. Uh, there's this parts here where I thought you could have cut and, and moved them to uh, the extended showcase. Uh, they, like when people were like, "Oh, 95 minutes is amazing," but there's definitely some something they could have trimmed it up a little bit to make it a little bit tighter. I really like the presentation and format. I like to focus on gameplay quite a bit. I think this was the wrong show to actually do it because a lot of the stuff was already announced titles. I think it would work better next year uh, because you have a lot more games that are essentially coming instead of this year when or that that really really isn't. So I would be I would actually be happy if they if they went with this format moving forward. If it was just something that was like, hey, we're doing this from now on, everything's just gonna be focused on the next year, uh that'd be fine. I would would think it's odd if they switched to you know next year and they they just were like oh whatever we're back to announcing stuff two to three years out again so i would be perfectly okay with this format moving forward because like as they move forward there's going to be more games so you'd be able to see more new announcements and that first announcement like- you'd see the game would be an actual like gameplay segment instead of uh you know like a short cgi trailer or something yeah it lifts pressure on them to have a vertical slice of games that are not ready to be vertically sliced, frankly. And I think it, I think it should be that way. I think Microsoft should put a, put a, put a flagpole in that and just be like, "Yep, this is how we're doing it." Unless there is a situation where they do have really solid gameplay for something that's maybe two years out or something like that, and they need something to elevate it. And I don't think it should be a hard rule. But it should be like the general guideline is that they're sticking to the 12 months and maybe, um, you know, the odd, the odd thing if it makes sense or if they've got the content. But maybe. I don't think they should <clears throat> disrupt the developmental process to get that content. Maybe what, maybe they should do 18 months instead of 12. Where it's like the show's um, just like what's coming the next six months and then what's coming next year to give you a roadmap of the stuff coming in 2023, at, like, all the way at the end. But then maybe they were like, no, because stuff at the end of 2023 could easily be delayed to 2024. Because, like, if they did it, like, for this show, then I think a lot a lot of pe- people would have liked it more because they would have saw Hellblade and, you know, like, Contraband and Avowed and stuff as well. And that would have been like, okay, that's what I, that's what a lot of people wanted to see. So I guess it really depends what they move forward uh, with it. It's just that I felt personally that there was just it was it was just like a repeat almost of last year to a certain degree. Um, but I do I do appreciate the format, and you know I would I would not be against them doing it again. Uh, watching it in 4K 
I feel like would raise my score slightly to like a B. I, I do think last year's show was better. Like I, I felt a lot like when I watched last year's show, I was like, all right, this is the best show they've done in a long time since probably 2018. Watching this show, I was just like, mm, it's good, but it's not great. It's not bad. It's just kind of just like, all right, it's you know, it's a B. You know, so I think if they did this same type of show next year, it would probably be an A. And they have to get it to 4K. They have to get it yep. to 4K. But that's probably not going to happen. I think it maybe has something to do with the the stream specifications or something. Do you know, you know, Rot Rand, this wouldn't have happened if Mixer was still around. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I mean, no, screw Mixer. Is that I, your reaction no, to that? No, screw Mixer. I, I, mm. I don't care about Mixer. I don't care. It's funny what because... If, what if, right? What? What if Microsoft, instead of spending $72 billion on Activision, uh-huh. spent $72 billion buying out every single major Twitch streamer and moved them all to Mixer? <laughs> you know, this may be, a, this may be a, a hot take, but I'm glad they asked Mix, Mixer. Bruh. Real, Bruh. I was really glad they got rid of it. I'm like, I'm still, I'm sad, I know why they did it and I get it, but I'm still kind of sad about it. I mean, I'm looking like, you know that Trovo, have you heard of Trovo Live? Ten cents, ten cents competitor to Twitch? No. Like, have you see, you've not even heard of it. No, I've never, I've never even heard of it. No. Yeah. Ten cent has, a competitor to Twitch called Trovo Live, right? And they've been running it for a couple of years now. And looking at it, they and even though Trovo can leverage like the Riot stuff if they wanted to, um, they just kind of don't because they know no one would watch it. And a lot of the, their top streamers have way less views than Mixer did. Kind of sad. And the the number one show being streamed right now is like. IRL streaming, if you know what I mean. That's IRL. Um, Max the Panda says, Hey, Randy Jez, I wanted to know your standpoint on Diablo Immortal and the fact that the pay-to-win is becoming more prevalent and will be in Diablo 4. I mean, Jez has talked at length about Diablo Immortal. And, yeah, we don't think it's in Diablo 4, right, Jez? Is that what you're saying? It's not. It's not. It's hard confirmed that there's no pay-to-win in Diablo 4. They've been very, very vocal about this because they know people are going to be like, oh, my God, pay-to-win, blah, 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 blah. But um, uh, pay-to-win is not in Diablo 4. They're, they've said very strongly it's going to be cosmetics and story expansions like the, the uh, you know, the DLC they did for um, Diablo 3 where you fought against Death. I can't remember his name. But um, that's how they're funding Diablo 4, thank God. That being said, it actually does really worry me, Diablo more, because it's the first time, really, that a game has been so aggressively pay-to-win with a popular Western IP and gotten away with it that I'm aware of. I mean, there's there's a lot of games out there that have sort of come and gone and... They've either not been that good and people don't care about them, or they've not been competitive and people don't care about them. Like, you can pay to win in Fallout Shelter, but why the hell would you? 
you know, you're not competing against anyone. It's it's pointless to pay to win in that, you know. And you can you can pay in Pokemon Go to get like extra stuff, but you've still got to go out there and walk and catch a Pokemon. And again, you're not really competing with anyone, really per se. But in Diablo Immortal, the whole game is based around leaderboards. It's based around PvP, and you absolutely have to pay to win and compete with the people who are dropping tens of thousands of dollars, and there are people dropping tens of thousands of dollars into this game. Like, I saw a graph yesterday where it was like, to be guaranteed a 100% chance to get a 5-star gem, which increases your power by a huge amount, it's a huge amount, because it raises your resonance, which increases your base damage, you have to spend something like $40,000 to have like a 95% chance. And even then, it's not a hundred percent chance. So it's like, and apparently, I spoke speaking to mobile devs that I know, this is normal for like those kind of games in Asia, where they're expected to have a very deep potential spend before a whale hits the cap. Now, a whale is someone who is willing to spend thousands of dollars because they're they're a millionaire or they're they're the child of a billionaire or something and they've got like they've got thousands of dollars of disposable income and to them it's sponsorship for the podcast and it's Manscaped and I was like <laughs> alright if you want to do it then let's do it and then they sent Jess some product and he used it and he says he likes it and that, that that's no BS because he literally told me that when he first got it so I'm like he enjoys the product, so there you go. But um, but it's the bo- it's the boxes, man. I swear, the boxes are really, really good. They're really, really good. But uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I feel I, very, I, very, very refreshed. I do, I do. I don't know about everybody else in chat, but I, I, I do. You are getting better at the American accent. So oh, thank you very much. So yeah, thank you very much. But anyway, maybe. Maybe maybe in uh, in the future I can just do the whole podcast in American accent. That would be difficult because you were you were cracking up pretty good there. You, you, you couldn't even keep a you couldn't even keep it going the whole time. You, you, you cracked up immediately. But um, you know, thank you guys for being here on this uh, Saturday. Saturday we couldn't do it on Friday because Jez and Jez, you weren't like you DM'd me and you were like, I can't do it. I'm just really sick. And I'm like, cool, we'll do it on Saturday. Unfortunately, of course, uh, you know, I don't like doing the show on Saturdays. There's other podcasts that we kind of interfere with, like Game on Daily with uh, Gaz, which is unfortunate. But so, yeah, um, enough of all that. So let's get back into some of the stuff going on, Jez. Outside of uh, outside of how sick you've been, how you been feeling, man? How's the week treated you? Yeah, I've been doing good, you know, uh, productive despite all the issues. Um, I had some blood blood tests done the other day, and the nurse absolutely lacerated my veins, so I have a massive bruise all up and down my arm, which is, you know, what what, is, what do they call it, Phle- phlebotomy, phlebotomist? I, I don't know. The, the people who take your blood out, she destroyed my arm. But um, mostly I've been good, man. I've been playing, I've been gaming a bit this week. Um, I got Metroid Dread. Shout out to Kayla, who uh, bought me Metroid Dread for my birthday, because I turned Ooh, 35 yeah. on Wednesday. It was your birthday. Yeah, that's right. Hey, everybody in chat, make sure you uh, wish Jez a happy birthday in the chat. Get hashtag Jez. I don't know. What, what kind of hashtag do you want, you want for your birthday in chat? Going uh, on, Jez? Uh, 
Mayo. Mayo. It's always Mayo. Man. Hashtag Mayo. So. Hashtag mayonnaise. Yeah, so, I actually had mayonnaise and shrimp for dinner the other day. So yeah. your um your 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 birthday was on Thursday. Uh, it was this. It was this week. It was this week. So you don't, you're not gonna you're not gonna tell us the actual day. Well, it was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. So Jez's birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, brother! You're 35. I thought you were more like 55, but that's okay. <laughs> Hang on a sec. That that doesn't work coming from you, Ryan. It doesn't work. I... Yeah, it does. Of course it does. <laughs> I mean, come on. You you give me you give me crap for that. So why why can't I give you crap for that? It does. It, it is disconcerting that, that that you are younger than me. Unfortunately, you're 35. You still got everything to look forward to. Your life hasn't gone downhill like it has. You know, like it has like it has for me. Once I hit that 40, I saw the cliff and it was just like. Down. You got five more years to enjoy everything, Jazz. So enjoy it. Oh, great. Well, I get, I've been. I got some white hairs in my beard, man. I noticed them the other day. Oh, oh my God, it's, it's happening! It's happening! White hairs. Maybe it was just mayonnaise. I don't know. You can call me Visas in the chat. Hashtag not as old as Rand. And there we go. Hashtag not as old as Rand. Yeah, that's a good hashtag. I like that, that, that one. is that is a good one. So, thirty-five years old. And how so? And and your girlfriend got you. Um, Got you Metro Dread, huh? No, not my girlfriend. Oh. My oh. I don't know. I don't know what my girlfriend's got because her, my gift from her is still in Germany. Ooh. We didn't. I told her not to ship it in case customs got it or something. So I'll find out what that is like in a couple of weeks when I go back to Germany. But um, you know, it's all it's all good, man. It's all good. As so well. you're gonna be I got, playing. A bon, I got a bonsai tree too. Got a bonsai. You got a bonsai tree. What is this yeah, karate kid? Yeah, Where's, tree. Do you know Mr. Miyagi somewhere? I don't know, man. My, my, bro, my brother, my brother did martial arts, so maybe, maybe that's why. My brother got me bonsai tree. Shout out to my brother. It's a cool gift. But yeah, you know, uh, have you been alright? Have you been? You been playing any games, or you just been reading your books? No, man. I've been playing some stuff, but I've also been reading. I'm almost finished. I'm on uh, book thirteen out of fourteen, so we're almost done, and uh, it's it's amazing. It's everything I wanted it to be, and I can't wait to finish finish the series and see how it all ends up. But uh, yeah, so okay, I mean, we'll get into we'll get into the gaming what we've been playing. I talked a little bit about it last week. Back for Blood, I gave my thoughts on it. Uh, I finished it. Uh, it was about twelve hours, give or take, to go through the campaign on Recruit. And, you know, my party, I played with four people. Um, my buddy Maka, who runs his own YouTube channel, Maka91 Productions, does achievement guides. My buddy Magic, who works at Xbox. And my buddy Gopher. We went through it, and yeah, we had fun for the most part. Um, I don't think anybody enjoyed it as much as Left 4 Dead or Left 4 Dead 2. Um, it, there, there are some moments where the game does perfectly recapture that that feeling of, like, intenseness that Left 4 Dead 2 could have. Like, there's a couple levels that are actually amazing. And when you actually play those levels, you're like, God, they absolutely nailed it. But then there's some other levels in the game that are like five minutes long. And it just kind of felt uneven for the most part. And, of course, then we experienced all those issues with the crashing. We crashed like ten times. We kind of figured it out. It was due to the... Xbox guide button. If you opened the Xbox guide button while you were playing after a certain amount of time, it would crash your system. 
Mm-hmm. Or it would shut the game off. So then trying to get back in with the same things you had was sometimes a little bit difficult. So, yeah. uh, it, it, I mean, I tried, it, it, I tried it myself this week as well. And I don't know. I just, I just, it didn't have the feel of Left 4 Dead for me. Like, I think one of the things for me that made Left 4 Dead so good was the source engine. Like, the, rag, the ragdolls and the physics made the game feel more dynamic. I don't, I feel like Back for Blood is missing that in some ways, but it's alright. I think, I feel like, I feel like Zombie Army 4 is better. The Zombie Army 4 has got a big zombie shark in it, you know. It's got a, shark, a zombie shark in it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it's alright, and it's on Game Pass, I guess, so something to play while we wait for Halo Infinite and Forza. Forza. Well, I got to play a little bit of Forza, sorry. Forza, what do they say? Forza. Yeah, I got, I got to play a little about that. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll talk about that in just one second. But um, Back for Blood, I don't know, like Back for Blood, it's, 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 it, I guess it's just, a, it's a solid game. It's, it's not spectacular. At least to me, I don't think it's, it's not horrible by any stretch of the imagination. Although the controls do need some tweaking, the controls on console aren't great. I had to completely turn off like auto aim to actually make it at least feel better because like the the snap on aiming is like so ridiculous in that game. Um, I, I actually ended up liking the card system, believe it or not, because I don't know, like playing it and then getting the supply points for doing each mission and then buying more of the cards and then building a deck where you could kind of have somebody kind of like build like a tank deck or like a healing deck or something was interesting. And that was how we actually had to use the, to beat the final boss. Like the first time we beat the final boss or we're facing the final boss, we got rolled because our our decks, I guess we, we didn't have our deck set up properly. So then once we all went back in and kind of set our decks up better to give us more throwables and stuff like that, like, we beat them easily. So I actually kind of like the the deck system uh, a lot more than I thought I would. Uh, I just don't really see myself going back and playing it on harder difficulty than what I did. It was like, it was an enjoyable experience. Um, it's just, I don't think it reached the highs of the Left 4 Dead series. There's a couple levels, uh, mainly the, the boat level, which was in the demo, which was fantastic as you're running away from the horde as they chase you and you're running across the bridge and I like that level. there's I the level. boat and like you you get through the boat and you get to the top and then you, you get the the explosives and you got to run back into the boat and plant them and run back out like that level's fantastic and there's another level later on where you're like in um a government uh, checkpoint where they were doing some testing or holding off and got overrun that level was really good, especially the ending. It felt like, okay, this is, I can see what they're going for, but some of the other levels were just boring. And then some of the corruption cards that are played, um, which makes the enemies harder or whatever, sometimes they play these corruption cards where it's like a mist forms, right? And so you can't see anything. It just makes the game look ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, is this, especially when it was that dark at night and you had this like really, in, like imposing fog that just turned your screen like white and you couldn't see anything. It just, it was just, we all just like commented to ourselves like, 
this can be a good-looking game. There are some levels, especially in the daytime, where you're like, man, this game actually looks decent. But when you play those levels with the with the fog on, it's just like, I understand why they do it, because they want you, you know, it's hard, right? You can't see where the zombies are coming from. They're all around you, so, like, your vision is limited. But it just made the game look ugly during those uh, sections. So, I mean, there's some enjoyable things about it. So, yeah, it's in Game Pass, like Jeff said. Um, I did I did check to, to see if anybody's really playing it, and a lot of people are, like, on the most top-played Xbox games, at least here in the U.S. I think it's, like, when I looked, it was, like, number eight, which is pretty high up. So I feel like, I feel like Back for Blood will drop off when it exits Game Pass. Like, even before then, probably. I just don't I just don't feel like it's got the, the magic of Left 4 Dead for me, but I don't know. It's, you know, it is what it is. I, it's just... I feel like I've played this game many times before. Like, it, play, it feels like Vermintide. It feels yes. like Zombie Army 4. It feels like World War Z. And I just feel like, oh, it's, it's another... It's another not Left 4 Dead, you know? So, I just sort of... I'm just kind of almost over it. Yeah, I mean, it, there are a lot of games that are that are just like it, but this one people were hoping and waiting for to be as good as Left 4 Dead because it came from you know basically the creators of the series, right? So, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, you know some people in chat are mentioning Dying Light too, you know, mm-hmm. and there there is there is a sort of there is an argument that there's like too many zombie games on the market, blah 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 blah, but Dying Light Two looks like way more interesting to me. Like, it's got co-op still, but it's, like, story-driven, RPG mechanics and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Change the world with your decisions. I'm more interested in Dying Light, for sure, but... I don't know. I am a, I am a zombie guy, a zombie fan, and I often, I often say, like, I can't get enough of zombie games, but this game made me feel like too many zombie games. I don't know if it's just because it's, like... Every zombie game seems to have a boomer, and every zombie game seems to have, like... I, I feel like the super zombies aren't imaginative either. Like, I don't, I don't know. It feels almost like that we're leaning too far into the Left 4 Dead thing. Like, we're calling it Back for Blood and, and all hmm. that stuff. If you're gonna, <clears throat> if you're gonna copy something, and I know, I know they made Left 4 Dead, so they're not copying Left 4 Dead. But, like, they're clearly trying to bank, they're truly trying to be the successor to Left 4 Dead. I feel like if you're trying to be the success to Left 4 Dead, you have to at least be as good as Left 4 Dead. And I really felt like it wasn't as good as Left 4 Dead. So it's like, it made me want to play Left 4 Dead 2. It didn't make me want to play Back 4 Blood. That's just me. I don't know. But, um, you played anything else this week? Yeah, no. I played, you um... You played Forza, right? Yeah, I played Forza Horizon 5, which I said in the last podcast was a game I was playing that I couldn't talk about. And it was Forza Horizon 5, and... I couldn't publicly even say I was playing Forza Horizon 5, which is sometimes weird. Sometimes you're allowed to say, I'm playing some, but not show footage. But that's, this was like, this one was just like, nope, can't say it. Can't even publicly say you're, you're playing it. So I got invited by Xbox to play essentially the first hour of Forza Horizon 5. And um, cool. it is incredible as you would expect it to be. So I, I know some of the questions that people have, right? But I want to get the Super Chat first from Supernova. He says, I wish Rockstar and Jez... I wish Rockstar had Jez as a playable character in Red Dead Redemption 2 with a big story. <laughs> happy birthday, Jez. Yes, happy birthday, Dead. Happy birthday, indeed. But, man, Forza Horizon 5, the first thing 
I noticed when playing was just like how incredible it looked, right? Because I played a ton of Forza Horizon 4 on the Series X after the patch, right? And that game looked really good. Uh, Gunther says he wants to know if anybody, if I know if Logitech steering wheels work with the game. I have no idea. I don't have Logitech wheel, and that wasn't like mentioned in any of the information I had about the game. So I'm not sure if the wheels work. Uh, so I, I played a bunch of Forza Horizon 4. You know, the game came out in 2018, and it was first of the Forza games to run at 60 frames, and then, you know, got updates. And it looks incredible, but, man, this one puts the visuals of Forza Horizon 4 to shame. Really? Uh, I think so. Like, it is the environment, like, so much more detailed and cleaner looking. And the 60 frames is just super solid all around. I know a lot of people out there like to talk about how the game's been downgraded, right? It's... I don't know what it is. Every time there's an exclusive that comes out for either Xbox or PlayStation or, or something, somebody always says it's downgraded. So that was like a big thing uh, on social media was that Forza has been downgraded. Um, and if it has, I don't see it. Um, you know. Uh, but the thing is, so you know, I got the footage playing of the game right now, right? Uh, I captured the first hour of the game, or the first hour of the preview, and... You know, so things could change with the full release, but I, I doubt it will. Like, and I know, you know, capturing it from Xbox's game DVR and then basically YouTube's compression and everything doesn't do the game justice. I mean, it still looks good. Like when you're, when you're, when you're watching it on, you know, playback like I am right now on OBS, it still looks good. But then when you actually see it on screen on your TV, it looks phenomenal. It's the best racing game I've ever seen. Maybe you could say it's the best looking, one of the best looking games ever, like especially if you play it in 4K quality mode, because you can play it in in quality mode or performance mode. Um, I know people will say, well, what what does this game do different um, than the other ones? And it's not so much that it's different, because, I mean, it's Forza Horizon, right? They perfected the formula for their games. They're not going to completely change it up. Um, so I, I saw a lot of people being like, well, if it's not any different than Forza Horizon 4, then I'm not going to play it, and, that, and it's bad. And I'm like, well, what do you mean it's bad? Like, people love Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon plays a, a certain way. Although I did notice that, the, at least to me, the cars control a little bit better. Like, um, they're not all as control... Similarly, like they, they, the the Bronco and the supercars control a lot different. They revamped their audio, so the engines, like when they when you when you hit the gas and you can hear it, they they, they sound powerful instead of how it sounded in Forza Horizon Four. That was one of the big criticisms they got with Four, was that it sounded weak. Um, mm. But I will say the obviously the big addition here is the new map. Uh, Forza Horizon Four was set in the UK. This one is set in Mexico, Jazz. I remember when you you teased that. Remember, remember back on uh, earlier this yeah. year. Yeah. You were like, "Well, how did you tease it?" I forget how. Was it? Uh... I tell you something like, "I want to go to Mexico," and then there's with the emojis and the car emoji. But um, yeah, I knew I knew it was Mexico like quite a while while ago. But um, it's that like other. 
Be, you, you mentioned the, the sound stuff, and people do say, like, oh, if it's just sound form, I'm not going to play it. Are there any, like, new features? Like, cause you, you, know, I'm, you know I'm not a racing guy. There's no guns in it. So yes. What, what is a game? What, how, can, how can there be a game when there's no guns and swords? I don't get it. But um, are there any new features, like, for people who might be interested? Well, I mean, it's tough to say. I only played the first hour, right? So, the campaign seems a little bit more structured than 4 was. Um, Like, uh, you first start off with the big drive down the mountain, and you get to play a bunch of different cars in the intro, which is super cool. Because it basically shows you the diversity of Mexico as you drive through. Um, That was one of the issues I had with 4, was I didn't really care for the map that much. I thought the map was boring. Um, wow, I did. Are you and it's saying you hate Britain. No, I'm not saying I hate Britain. I'm not saying I hate the UK. Because I, I think I think I had a comment on my video that was like Rand said the UK is boring. Unsubscribe. So I had somebody unsubscribe from because I said the UK was boring. I didn't say the UK was boring. I said that map was boring. This map is a lot better. Um, like you got the mountain, the the the, the mountainous areas uh, in the game. Right, you have you have the jungles which are really cool to drive through. You got like the, the, the towns, you got like the the white sand beaches. There's so many cool places to explore. And I don't know, the map just playing through it, I was like, Now this this is a million times better than what the UK was. Uh almost I would say without having played the whole game that it's it's on par with Australia, which I still think is the best map they've made for the series. Like, I love Forza Horizon 3's Australia. Um, so the new features that people might want to know about, like Expeditions, I did not have access to, okay? Uh, so I can't speak on Expeditions. Uh, the Event Lab, which they also revealed, you know, when they with the game with the giant, the giant bowling pins and all that stuff, like the crazy things, I did not have access to that either. So there was just, a lot of things I didn't have access to. Multiplayer, co-op, expeditions, the event lab. That stuff wasn't there. It was basically sort of like maybe a demo. It kind of felt like this would be in the demo. Like if Microsoft was going to release a demo on the marketplace like they've done for the previous Forza games, like this would have been it. Um, but uh, they, they structured the campaign a little differently. Like you have all these uh, accolades that you do now, and each time you complete an accolade, you get points which will level up to the next part of the story. Um, when I actually did level up and they let me go to get my first house, the game ended, right? So, but even from just the first taste of that hour of gameplay, I could tell the campaign was structured a lot differently. There's also a bigger focus on your character, and there's actually, like, cutscenes. Honest to God, cutscenes. Uh, with your character? With your character in it which normally they don't do in that game. And I was kind of just, like, you know, joking around, talking to Cole, and I was like, well, they are making Fable, and they're going to have to have cutscenes in Fable, so this is just <laughs> this is just practice for them. Practice. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, TB said he was joking about the unsubscribe comment, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. So, I, I mean, at the end of the day, Playground Games, they've perfected the formula of open-world racing. I mean, Forza Horizon is... It's crazy how Forza Horizon started out, and 
and everybody was like, okay, an arcade version of Motorsport, that's cool. But Motorsport was the big daddy. Motorsport was the big one. Even Gran Turismo. Like, Gran Turismo, you know, biggest racing franchise out there. And then how, basically, over the course of the Xbox One generation, um, Forza Horizon became bigger than Motorsport. And because it takes so long for Gran Turismo to release, and Forza Horizon is as good as it is. Like, honestly, like playground games are master craftsmen at this. This is their next masterpiece. And with the game being in Game Pass, I think Forza Horizon 4 hit, hit 24 million players at the end of last year. And that was before the Steam launch or something. So you're talking about, like, the definitive and most popular racing series. So it's kind of just, it's interesting to look to see how it started and, and how we ended up. And Forza Horizon 5 is the continuation of it. I understand, I understand people might be a little disappointed that uh, it's essentially the same game, but I don't know what people, like, I don't know what, what people want to be changed. Right? Do you want the handling to be changed? Do you want the game to be different? Do you want the games that have guns and you're just mowing down other cars like Twisted Metal? Yeah. Like, I understand, like, I understand about wanting potentially uh, motorcycles in the game, right? That would be cool. Um, or maybe cops and robbers, but, you know, it's like you perfected the formula. People love it, clearly. I'm not sure. It's. It, I, I think if you're one of those people that are like, well, I'm not playing it because it feels the same, um. Then isn't that just racing? <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I mean, racing is racing. I, I don't think they're going to change up the formula that much. But you know, like I said, I only played an hour. So what? Well, you know, I played. I played it. I played the hour twice. Right. The one of the other big things they added in, in four was the the uh, seasons, which is back for five. And when I first started up the preview, because we had access for the preview for a week, um, there was the spring season, which is the wet season. And then halfway during the week, it switched to the summer season, uh, which is the dry season, where there's more like dust cloud storms are super cool to drive through. And, uh, you know, riverbeds are dried up and stuff. Like, I, I really like, I really do like the, um, the weather system. So, uh, yeah, but, like, some of the actual newer things to do, they weren't there. And it's tough to really give an honest-to-God impressions about something after an hour. You know, Jez has been criticized for this. Like, you, you've written previews for games that were incredibly positive, and then the game comes out, and you didn't really care for it, right? But it's like... Yeah. But but that's just... Happen. Yeah, it's just how you, It's like... Or you're always truthful. It's like, I played an hour of it, I think it's going to be amazing, and you know, if the full game comes out and it's not, I mean, I'll I'll be the one to say it. But just judging on how everything's gone in the past with these, it's like, it's I can't imagine this them playground games falling flat on the flat on their face. But if you're not a fan, of, if you played Forza Horizon before, and you're not a fan of it, uh, this I don't think this one's going to change your mind. If you kind of got burnt out by the formula of Forza Horizon, which I could understand, and you didn't play 4, well, come back and play 5 because you'll probably really enjoy it. Like, I understand people being, like, burnt out in the formula, but 
every game has a formula. You know, Call of Duty's been the same for, I don't know, what, 14 years now? I mean, every game is not, there's not that many franchises that go and completely rework how a game feels and looks like and plays like. You know, they do that after they've been around for generations and generations. So, uh, at the end of the day, I think this is just going to be another incredible game. It's going to reaffirm Playground Games as one of the best developers out there. And I can't wait to see what the full game entails. I want to see what ex- expeditions are, because they kind of been hyping up pre-release and what people build with event, event labs. I know that might give people something different, like those big community activities with ridiculous stuff. Like, that could be something incredibly cool. And maybe those are implemented somewhere in the campaign, or in other races, by Playground Games themselves, but I just don't know. I was only, like, you you do the intro race, you do a showcase race where you're chasing after a plane, you're racing a plane, which I understand those are, they're they're cool spectacle races, but, like, they're they're always geared for you to win. Um, And it's like, how many times can you race after a plane? You know, you've done it in every single Forza game where you do those crazy things. I enjoy the spectacle, but I get the criticisms behind it. And then the game opens up, and uh, you can do one or two Horizon stories, but the one you pick, you can't do the other one. And then you have your, you know, your basic uh, things you can do. Circuit races, cross-country, point-to-point, the PR stunts, like, you know, smashing through uh, billboards to get the XP bonuses, or going off ramps to see how far you can go, speed traps. I mean, it's all there. And then all kind of flows into the accolade system which then increases your horizon score and uh, goes to the next story but I don't know where it goes from there but other than that it still plays the same you know you've been driving around earning skill points which you can spend on the cars and once you level up you get a you know a wheel spin and stuff like that so but Jazz did you know that there's also a little bit of controversy surrounding Forza Horizon 5 oh what do you yeah think? well some people have uh, basically implying that Xbox is lying doing false advertising because uh, there is a early access period for Forza Horizon 5 and that Microsoft's lying because they said all their first party games were day and date in Game Pass. But there's an early access period where you can pay you know, to buy the Ultimate Edition, or if you're on Game Pass, you can pay for the uh, add-on bundle and play it four days early. And they're saying Xbox is lying because of that. What do you think? It is interesting. I also saw, like, there was some controversy about um, uh, Back for Blood as well, because Back for Blood had an Ultimate Edition where you pay, like, extra money and you get, like, special skins, right? But they also put those special skins later into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So, like the people who purchased the Ultimate Edition, but also have Game Pass Ultimate, they bought the they bought the the Ultimate Edition for no reason. So I do feel like there's some sort of they need to sort of get some hard policies in place so people know what the consistency is and stuff. I feel like it's unfair to like offer Ultimate Edition content as part of Game Pass Ultimate without advertising that up front, because you trick people into buying it then. So I do I do think this this is probably part, part partially growing pains, and they need to put some policies in place for these niche scenarios, but 
I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it's weird. I think it's weird that you could have a scenario like Gears 5 where if you have Ultimate, Xbox Ultimate, you get the Ultimate Edition of the game, right? Um, which I think gave you early access. But either way, like, so it's weird that some of the – like, there needs to be a consistent standard, right? If you're subscribed to Ultimate and it gives you the Ultimate Edition of Gears 5, then it would go to reason that if you're subscribed to Ultimate, you should get the Ultimate Edition of Forza Horizon. Xbox Game Studios, after all, right? Yeah. But it almost seems like there's different things for different studios, or different studios have a different way of going about it. It's just weird, especially when you consider how important Game Pass is, where it's like the Coalition was doing one thing, and then Playground Games is doing something else. But, yeah, I don't know, it's just, to me, it just, it gives people a, um, this idea that, well, well, because Ultimate, because Gears 5's Ultimate Edition came with Ultimate, then why doesn't this one? And this, you know, the DLC was free for Highbreakers, right? Gears 5 Highbreakers, or Highbusters. Uh, then why shouldn't the DLC for Forza Horizon 5 be free, right? So. Yeah, it's the same in Minecraft Dungeons as well. You don't get the DLC for that. You have to buy them separately. So they're just. I don't know if it's because, like, Gears just did it differently than everybody else, but like, I don't know, it, it seems that there should be a more a consistent, uh, expectation. Yeah, ex- people's expectations, because I, I do hear people say that. People in the comments and people DM me, and it was just like, is the Forza Horizon add-ons, are they, are they going to be free? And I'll be like, no, those are premiums, so you gotta pay for it. But then they're like, well, why was Hybusters free then? And I'll be like, I, you got me there, man. I, I, I understand. Like, yeah, there should be a consistent, uh, way Xbox goes about this. Like, if you're, if you have an ultimate edition for your games, either you should get it for free if you have ultimate or you shouldn't get it for free. There shouldn't be like one or the other because it just creates unrealistic expectations and people don't know what to expect. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just funny that the people that were complaining about the Forza Horizon model, like, you know, they were complaining about the, 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 the early access and the, the add-ons that you got to buy. It's like, hello, <laughs> like, have, have you never played a Forza Horizon game? It's literally been like this since the second one. You know, Playground Games has the Ultimate Edition, which comes for, with four-day early access. It has the premium add-ons for two expansions. Uh, with four, it was the Lego... It was uh, Lego Island, I believe, right? Or the Speed Champions, Lego Speed Champions Island. And um, what was the other one? Uh, I think it was like a... I forget the name of the first expansion, but it was like on another island. Uh, I forget the name of it. But they're, they're it's big expansions. So there's going to be two of them for yeah. five. Uh, one of them was probably going to be something along the lines of craziness of Hot Wheels or Lego, I would imagine. And one of them would be more realistic. Um but it's like, I see people argue about that, and it's like, I just want to tweet, you know, re- quote retweet one of these things and just be like, tell me you've never played Forza Horizon without telling me you've never played Forza Horizon, right? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, like, how this is all, like, new news, but either way, um, I think Forza Horizon 5 is going to be incredible, and I can't wait to see all the new stuff that was not available to play in, in the uh, in the preview, so, yeah. Uh, you get some of these, uh, super chats. Uh, achievement. 
says, Mojang never released an Xbox One patch and still no Xbox Series X and S optimization for Minecraft. If anything, that shows Xbox really is hands-off of their devs. I want ray tracing. Hey, what's going on there, Jez? What's going on with Minecraft and no patches and stuff like that? Well, That's sort of weird, isn't it? Minecraft, Mojang is a special case within Xbox because when, when Notch made the deal to sell Mojang and Minecraft to Microsoft, part of the contract was basically you own Mojang, but you are hands-off. So what Microsoft describes, internally, Microsoft describes Mojang as a limited integration studio, which means they can basically do whatever they want. And if if Mojang doesn't want to commit resources to making an enhanced version, then they don't have to. And then, so if Microsoft wants that, Microsoft has to get the, the Redmond team who works on Minecraft to do it. But it's sort of like, it's a it's a problem because like you get like the core the core the core Minecraft team is in Sweden and then you've got like a separate Minecraft team in America and I don't know it's, I think like the team in America handles things like the monetization the marketplace that kind of thing and the team in Sweden handles like and this part this is a little bit speculation but like this is just how I imagine it's going it's um. The, the team in America handles the monetization in the marketplace, and the team in Sweden handles the, the you know the core game and the updates and stuff like that. I think really, if you want these enhancements, we're probably going to have to start making noise about it. You know, we've we, we've written a few articles about this on Windows Central. I think um, uh, Zachary Body, who writes Minecraft stuff for Windows Central, he wrote an article a few months ago that was like, um, Microsoft needs to stop running Mojang like an indie studio. Because it is, it is crazy that we Microsoft owns Minecraft, but we don't have the ray tracing patch. We don't have shaders. We don't have any of these enhancements that were actually advertised before. And it's it's just it is annoying. But like, what can you do? The only thing we can do now is like start making feedback about it. And I suppose like I could write about it next week and, and stuff like that. But. Um, they do have their work cut out. Like, I mean, just, we'll touch on this a little bit. I know a lot of people here don't care so much about Minecraft, but there, there was Minecraft Live today. They announced, um, they announced a bunch of DLCs coming to the core game. The Wild update, they call it, is the next update. They're gonna revamp forests and jungles and stuff like that. And you think, like, if, it, if they're doing a revamp that's all about the swamps and the forests and stuff, Surely ray tracing would be good to add there. So you get like the light through the trees and you get the good shader effects on the water and stuff like that. But it doesn't seem like it is coming. So I I don't know. I don't know. But we'll just have to start making noise about it, I think. Yeah. Um, kind of interesting question here from Joe Taylor that I know I've talked to you about privately, but maybe you can expand, that, expand upon it here. He says, Jez, Honest question, was it really necessary to leak that was Mexico so early, or was it a case of that Grub could possibly leak it first? And maybe that could go into your reasoning of why you uh, decided to write an article about Avowed and things you've seen, which we'll go in detail about later on. But I guess maybe you can more talk about what makes you want to do that uh, instead of well, being quiet. Because I mostly stay quiet about the things I know. Uh, I don't really tweet that much on Twitter, but, you know, you have your reputation and you have your job at Windows Central and all that stuff, so 
what 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 thought process goes into that? It's like it's it's like you said. Like if I if I hear news from certain places, then it makes me think, oh well, this is out there. And now now it's a now it's a case of competition. Like, do I let another outlet take this, or should I just take it? The way the way some of the avowed info came to me made me think it was gonna it, it was gonna be out there eventually via some means. And I just thought, well, if it's gonna get out there anyway, like I'll get ahead and you know frame it in more detail using the information I know rather than like, you know, let it leak in a way that, you know, creates anxiety and stuff, I guess. I don't know. Um, but that's ultimately where it comes from. It's like, if I feel like it's going to get out, then it's it's something that I'm more inclined to write off. But I have so much I'm holding back, though. I am holding so much information back because there's just a lot of stuff that I don't want to. I never want to spoil things for the devs. I never want to spoil things for trailers. I think games always look better when they're shown off on the big stage and you can judge them for yourselves and stuff like that. Which is why I didn't include any of the gameplay or screenshots in the article because you know I think it'll look better when it's actually fully, fully finished and stuff like that. When it came to Forza being in Mexico, I don't think I teased it on Twitter, but I didn't. I didn't fully, full blown leak it, did I? I don't think I did. Um, I don't think we actually leaked Forza being in Mexico. I think you... Did I? I don't know. I know you teased it on Twitter, and I... I, I, I don't... teased it, but I don't think I explicitly leaked it. Um, but that that was out there, man. A lot of people... A lot of people knew about that. Um, because Microsoft had been testing it with with people and stuff like that, so... That's just the way it is, man. Um, but... Yeah, it's a competition thing. Ultimately, at the end of the day, I have a job to do, and that's report the news that people will be interested in. You know, I don't work for Microsoft. I, I'm not in their marketing department. I'm a news reporter. That's my job, and that's what I do sometimes within reason, you know. That's mm. mainly the thought process behind it. Indeed, indeed. Um, Aesop Gamer says, didn't you at one point say that you had more gamer hours in Forza Horizon 4? Laugh out loud. It was in Colt. Said last podcast, I think. Lol, what's up? Uh, the well, so that's half true. I have more hours in Forza Horizon One and Forza Horizon Two than Colt, and Colt has more hours in Three and Four than me. So I don't know if Colt said that on his show because I don't think I said that on mine. Um, so yeah, we, me and Colt were talking about it. So I went and I looked up the hours. And uh, he definitely has more in four and three, but I have more in one and two. And um, you know, I, pl- I play all those games for over a hundred hours, so and I'll, I'll definitely be playing Forza Horizon Five for for uh, over that amount of time as well. Um, TB says, Rand, it struck a chord with me when he mentioned your low self-esteem. Your highly thought of in this community, and this this stuff that you have is not how everyone sees you. Happy birthday, Jess. Yeah, I've gotten a few DMs about that, but you know, everybody has their uh, demons, and, uh, you know, uh, I agree I, with him. I know, I know you, I know you do, because me and you talk about it, um, you know, it's just, I don't know, like, I'm try, I, I try to, like, uh, overcome that, it's, it's a little difficult, but, um, you know, I appreciate all the messages, and I mean, like, everybody that shows up here in the podcast makes me feel better about everything, and all the messages I get, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I try to be as real as possible, and not everything's always sunshine and rainbows. You know what I mean? So, 
I know, I know, I know Jeff likes to make it seem like it is and, you know, like, oh, Ryan did his YouTube millions and whatever, riding his Ferrari, you know, all these sponsorships and whatever, you know, like, um, but, uh, you know, I mean, everybody has problems. Uh, everybody has things that they want to improve in their life and there's this, you know, my thing is just, I guess, how I perceive myself or how I think others perceive me. I just, maybe I'm more harsher on myself than I should be, but you are. That's just, that's just, you know, uh, something I have to work on for myself and doing YouTube and doing the podcast and everything is, is, is helped with that. So I appreciate, I should, I appreciate all the support from everybody on that. Uh, George says, what do you think, <laughs> what do you think of Nick's rumor that Killer Instinct is coming back? You want to take this one, Jez? Killer Instinct. Um, you know, it's funny because Nick, Nick tweeted that and then like, I was just like, uh, I don't think so. What, hang on, how did this come about? I can't even remember. Did Nick tweet something about it or, or, no way, I tweeted something about it. And then Nick sort of teased that it could come back, I think, or something. I can't remember for the life of me. But like, there, there is a rumor out of Nick that emanated from Nick. I don't, I don't remember exactly how it was delivered, but he basically said that he's heard Killer Instinct 2 is in development. The thing is, I've heard the opposite, that it wasn't in development. Although that was quite a while ago now. Um, and I certainly haven't, I have a lot of information on what's going on with Xbox Global Publishing right now. And there's nothing to lead me to believe it's in development. However, I also could not find any information about Kojima's game with Xbox. Um, and I don't doubt Jeff Grubb for a second. So there are almost certainly, um, there are almost, there are almost certainly projects that I don't know about, obviously. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's a, there's a cynicism in me about Killer Instinct. I want to believe Nick, but I just kind of don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's kind of hard. I, yeah, I just, just based on what I've, just based on what I've like heard and stuff like that. Um, okay, Rick Payne says Nick didn't say it was coming back. Did he just tease it or something? I don't know. I can't remember. I really can't remember. Um, I, I need a bit more context. Um, oh, Nick said he had a killer room regarding Xbox, and people assumed it was killer instinct. and never said it was killer. Instinct. I think, I think, right, okay. I think you've got a rumor mill for today's episode of his show, where maybe okay, he okay, talks okay. about it coming back. I don't know. Okay, well, yeah, man, I, my brain is just all over the place right now. But I, I just, I want to believe. I, you know, I've heard rumors for ages about killer instinct, right? And I suppose if um. If you wanna, if you wanna, you know, hear more about Nick's rumors and Nick's rumor mill and stuff like that, check out Nick's rumor mill on X, is it Xbox Era podcast later after. after the yeah, game. yeah, be a couple hours after this. Um, yeah, so um, well, here's the thing. Nick, Nick will clarify. But what, what do you think? Well, I mean, you and I both know because you and I both talk to to people. Xbox wants to bring Killer Instinct back. Yes, I know that. They really, really do. It's not a dead franchise like, say, Crackdown is or Scalebound is, right? It's not a franchise that has been shuffled off to essentially, like, never... 
to the vault of Xbox IPs where they don't bring back, like maybe even ReCore has, right? It's an IP that Microsoft really wants to continue. It's just that maybe they were in a position at a certain time after Killer Instinct and Iron Galaxy kind of finished their work on it where it was like uh, Iron Galaxy maybe didn't want to work on it anymore. Uh, they were doing other things. And there's not that many fighting good fighting game developers around. You know, a lot of them are uh, doing their own projects. Um, so it, it is. It was. I think part of the reason you don't see a new Killer Instinct was well, Double Helix, who started the project in the first place, got bought by Amazon and then basically disbanded. And then they yeah. Iron Galaxy started it, but then Iron Galaxy got new management, and I think they wanted to go in a different direction. And all these other fighting game developers are out there, but, like, there wasn't one essentially free to do it, or maybe there wasn't, Microsoft hadn't really seen a pitch that they really wanted to see. But from what I can gather, like, they really want Killer Instinct to come back, unlike maybe, you know, Crackdown. Like, you've heard that Crackdown is essentially dead. Like, it's never coming back, right? Yeah, I've heard Crackdown is dead, dead, super dead. Yeah. You know, if, if I swear though, if even if like they like think okay, this this game is dead, whatever. Maybe like I can see us. I can see a scenario Rand, where say for example, contraband blows up, and then then Avalanche is like, okay, we want to pitch a Crackdown reboot, and Avalanche like Aval- Avalanche is like they're they're an expert of open world vehicular mayhem. I think if anyone could make Crackdown good, it's probably Avalanche. And Microsoft now has a working relationship with them, thanks to crack, uh, Contraband. So, I do see a scenario where Crackdown could come back, but it's unlikely. Yeah, it's very unlikely. Shout out to the one and only Dealer Gaming in the chat. Uh, he says, Rand, you're awesome. Stop it. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the super chat and the message. Um, dealer, dealer's, dealer is amazing, friend. Um, I haven't talked to him as much lately as I wanted to because I've been immersed in these books. Uh, but um, thank you, thank you for the message, dealer. I, it does mean a lot, man. Uh, Dan says, "Love you guys, uh, but you guys get carried away sometimes." Such as suggesting Sony is really get really close to putting their games on PC day one when they're years late. I don't think me or Jez were suggesting no. that they were really close to putting their games on PC day one. I never, I never, ever said they were close to doing it. Like, I just, like, people people put words in your mouth and then get mad about it. Like, you said this, and I'm mad about it. But you can say that. I said, one day, maybe, I believe they will. I didn't say they were close to doing it. But I do think in the future, Sony will, day and day, their PC games, because... They've been signaling recently that they want to grow beyond the console. Like Jim Ryan said himself, he said, um, Jim Ryan said himself something, and I'm paraphrasing, he said something along the lines of, um, we feel bad that we have these great games and they can only be played by console gamers. That's the signal that they're thinking about the fact that the console install base doesn't really grow. You know, that's what they're thinking about. That it's it's like Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo basically fighting over the same amount of people. The market is saturated. Like it doesn't seem like there there is a there's more people who want to buy a console, and they're also competing with PC and they're competing with mobile. You know, 
And to me, that signals that they're thinking about ways to grow PlayStation beyond console. And one way that you grow PlayStation beyond console is to start putting your games on PC, you know. So I do believe that there'll be day and date, but is it close? No. I never said that. Yeah. I mean, people people didn't believe us when we said that they were going to go to PC in the first place. I mean, I got ridiculed for that. Um, now people expect, you know, are more accepting of Sony's games going to PC. Uh, I definitely never said they were close. I think they will. I think by the end of this generation, so we're talking, I don't know, five years from now, maybe. Uh, I think by then, or maybe even starting around then, I think you could see that transition happen. These things don't happen overnight. They're trying to, they're trying to get their audience and everybody used to it. They're, they're doing baby steps, essentially. It's like they had no games on PC, and then it was like all of a sudden Death Stranding and, you know, Detroit Become Human, but then people were making excuses for those. It was like, well, they weren't first party and Kojima's, you know, separate and it's not, it's not their own thing. And then Horizon, right? And then people were like, oh, not Horizon. How dare you? And, you know, now, you know, it's like Uncharted's coming. Uh, you know, God of War will most likely eventually come. Days Gone is already there. Like, it's just good business to put their games on PC. And right now, yeah, sure, they want to sell the PS5. So one way to sell that is basically say, you know what, we're going, if you want to play Returnal and Ratchet and Clank, you, you have to get a PS5. Even though I think Sony could easily put those games on on PC day one, and it would not ex- it would not affect the sales of the PlayStation Five at all, because no. PC gamers I think are just going to play on the PC. They're not going to get a PS Five, you know, especially for something like Ratchet and Clank or, or Returnal. Like the people that are buying Playstations are buying Playstations. See, this is where maybe I'm a little bit different than other people. But I know the discussion online is always around exclusives. Who has the better exclusives, right? Uh, you know, Microsoft with essentially Forza and Halo and, you know, Skyrims and all this stuff and PlayStations with the God of Wars and, you know, uh, you know, whatever Naughty Dog's doing, Last of Us and all that stuff. Like, a lot of really console warriors, the fanboys will think to themselves that the only reason people buy these consoles is for the exclusives. When, while that is true, there definitely are people that do buy them for exclusives. Hell, I bought the PlayStation simply for its exclusives. That's the only reason I have a PS5 is a couple times a year, a few times a year, I'm going to turn it on and I'm going to play whatever exclusives uh, come out. But the vast majority of people buy the systems for the third-party games. How most people play Fortnite and Apex Legends and Maddens and the FIFAs. It's not about the exclusives as much as everybody would have you believe in t- on Twitter. They're important. Of course they are because they give the system, um, you know, a uh, – what's the right word I'm looking for here? Uh, uh uh, something different over something else, right? But in reality, everybody knows that the reason PlayStation sold 120 million is because PlayStation has every game. They have all the big third-party games. 
and the exclusives are just the cherry on the top. But for whatever reason, it gets twisted into the only reason people buy these consoles is because of the exclusives, and that's not true. People buy the systems for a variety of reasons. Hell, there's people who buy PlayStation who don't care about Naughty Dog or Sony Santa Monica, just like there are people who buy Xbox and don't care about Halo or any of these things, or Bethesda. They buy them because their friends, that's where their friends play these third-party games. But people seem to forget that. So it's sometimes you just got to reiterate it. Their exclusives are important, clearly. Like, look at everybody buying all these studios and acquisition season constantly happening. But that's not all 100% the reason why people buy stuff. So, I don't know. Uh, it is it is kind of what it is. Jeff says, um, thoughts on the Xbox acquiring Turtle Rock Studios? I actually got a couple DMs about this, Jez, about Xbox potentially buying Turtle Rock. What do you think? I know you wrote an article recently about what Microsoft's next acquisitions should be, so maybe you can dovetail into that. But Yeah, I I no. No. Why? <laughs> no. Why? Why? What 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 does Turtle Rock do that's unique and special? I back for blood is nothing special. I I don't think. So no. <laughs> no. If they if they want to buy like a game like that, I'd rather they bought like um, the studio behind the the, ver- the vermin type games, I think they they make much better Left 4 Dead clone than than Turtle Rock, even though like Turtle Rock made Left 4 Dead, you know. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think. That. I guess the question is, would you see it? Would you think Xbox would have any interest in them? I, I honestly don't know. I suppose like they'll look at how the game performs after it leaves Xbox Game Pass, but I think like I I really don't see it you know, carrying on that well. But I could be wrong, you know. Deep Rock Galactic has a, a dedicated player base and, you know, a lot a lot of these, like, Left 4 Dead-ish clones do have their dedicated fans and they do get their updates and stuff like that. Zombie Army 4 still, get up, still gets updates and uh, I think there was a World War Z update trailer recently and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, Jeff mentioned in chat, Fat Shark is owned, but Turtle Rock is still independent. Yeah, that's fine, but I, I don't, I don't know if, I just, I just don't know if it's, they're worth picking up. Like, what do they do? That's special. One thing I know that Microsoft is looking for is new ideas. That's one thing they're looking for when it comes to their acquisitions. They're looking for new ideas, things that can be, like, unique to, to Xbox and stuff like that. And Total Rock has not shown a capacity for making unique games, in my opinion. Like, Evolve, Evolve was awful, a terrible game, frankly, and uh, Back for Blood is nothing special in my view, so, no. <laughs> um, but, who knows, man, who knows? If, they, if they're selling cheap, maybe, I don't know. But, you did mention the article that I wrote about the, what studio I think they should buy next, Rand, mm-hmm. read it. Um, I mean, I already knew your thoughts on it, because we had talked about it previously, so... Yeah, like I, I said, I said they should buy a mobile, a mobile game dev or a mobile game publisher. And how did people react to that? Yeah, a lot of people were like, eh. Well, a lot, most people didn't read the article. Reacted to it without reading the article. Which mm-hmm. is, you know, people, people not reading articles or reacting to headlines. <laughs> Where have I heard this before? Yeah, but I, I, I was just like, I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it briefly because I don't want to talk about that too much. But 
I was just saying that if I had a mobile publisher, they could have a team that focuses on localizing games for xCloud on phones. Because, like, a lot of games just don't play well on the phone because the controls are badly designed. Like, I tried playing Wasteland 3 on the phone, right? Wasteland is a turn-based game. So you think, you think it worked well on phones, right? But the controls are so fiddly, and there's so many buttons, it's just, it's just painful trying to play that kind of game on a mobile phone with a touchscreen. But if I had a team dedicated to it, then there'd be more games that worked well on xCloud. Right now, they have like a team of a few people who do custom controls for a few games. So we've got like Hades, and we've got um, Minecraft Dungeons with custom controls. But that's basically it, you know. That was my main argument about that. But I have no idea who they're going to buy next. Um, I haven't heard anything on the acquisition front. Acquisition season didn't pan out for Xbox. <laughs> Did it right? <clears throat> so uh, I have no idea what's happening with acquisitions at the moment. But I also put up a poll where I asked people which studio they should buy out of Bandai Namco, Square Enix, Capcom, and uh, Sega. And I was surprised that the vote was pretty evenly split between Capcom, Sega, and Square Enix. So See, Square Enix slightly ahead. That is something you can't do. Hmm? I'm so, look, that is something you just can't do. You can't put up a tweet with a poll on Twitter being like, in a hypothetical situation, who would you like Xbox to buy? Because people look at you and they're like, Jez knows things. <laughs> and why is Jez putting up a poll about potential ac- – like, seriously. <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I tweeted that. It's because uh, a chap on Twitter called Brett Bingham was was DMing me, that, um, like, giving me a hypothetical, like, um, what do you think about them buying Bandai Namco? And that just made me think, like, mm, what if, you know? And I wanted to see, like, I wanted to see what the perception of Bandai Namco is in the wider consciousness, because, you know, Bandai Namco isn't, like, such a big household name, like Square Enix and stuff, but they do own a lot of really popular IP, like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know. I just I just thought of that. I don't know anything about about them acquiring a publisher on that scale or 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 an indie studio, for example. I just wanted to know what people thought of in relate in in terms of the Japanese publishers, like what what where the sentiment fell. And I, I, it was interesting to me how far behind Bandai Namco was. Like Bandai Namco is really low down, even though like they've been Bandai Namco have had a great year. Uh, Tales of Arise did really well. Uh, Scarlet Nexus did really well, and um. You know, I think I think they've been doing a good job lately, but um, I, clearly they still have a, a way to go with perception with Western gamers. But their games are very anime. So like, you know, if if like Capcom make a lot of Western style games like Resident Evil and stuff like that, but Bandai Namco is like pure anime basically. Um, although they do they do publish Cyberpunk in Europe, you know, and uh, The Witcher. Did you know that, Ryan? Uh, yes, yes, I did know that. But I'm just saying, like, when when you or Grubby Grub or Brad Sams post stuff like that, like, people think there's more to it than just simple, innocent, I want more engagement on Twitter, you know? They think there's something nefarious behind it. Like, you're sitting there, like, twirling Ah, your your beard, like, ha, 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 you know, type of things. But anyways, uh, Supernova says, on the technical side, is a vouch. 
does Avowed support ray tracing? And how much is the budget? So, like, I'm not expecting the scale of Avowed to sort of get up there with Skyrim, but I could be wrong, you know. I have no idea how many contractors that are working on it or whatever, or support studios and stuff like that. I have no idea on the scale of the game. That's why I sort of, that's why I did the comparison to the Outer Worlds, because I was like, it's going to be at least as deep and broad scoped as the Outer Worlds, you know. That was my thinking. It's going to be the Outer Worlds, but like the next, the next level above, I think. So it's, it's, I think it's going to be a more focused game than Skyrim, potentially. Um, but I have no idea on the budget. I have no idea on the size of the game. All I, all I know is I've seen screenshots and footage of the game in motion. Um, similarly to the, 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 uh, the, uh, Elden Ring leak that just happened. I think you saw this right. I did see the Elden Ring leak and it looks just like Dark Souls. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. But yeah, kill surprise. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's, I saw, I'm just really excited about it, man. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, we got a super chat here from Valeri Gaming Pillow, which I believe <laughs> uh, I woke up to yeah. and, and had a bunch of notifications about. Uh, he says, great show as always, guys. Happy belated birthday, Jess. Thanks for the retweet earlier. Your pillow is on the way. Can't wait for you to try it out. Rand, if you want one, just let us know. So, <laughs> what, what this is, Rand, right? Uh-huh. A company... This company reached out to me and they were like, we make gaming pillows. Uh-huh. And I was like, what, what's a gaming pillow? And it's basically like, it's like an ergon, it's like, um, what do you call them in America? Like those, those, those rings you wear when you swim in. Uh, you know what I mean? Like inflatable, uh, two, like, uh, what are they called? Um, I know what you're talking about though. I can, like the circular thing you put around, like what kids wear when they jump into the pool, so. Yeah, uh, I, I, I have no, I, I don't know what they're called. Like, what the hell? Like, my brain just can't remember what they're called. I think we call them a rubber ring in England, but I, I know you call them something else in America. But anyway, it's like that, but for your couch. So like, instead of, instead of putting the controller low down, it's supposedly more ergonomic if you put your hands on a pillow. So they made, they made me a gaming pillow and they were like, we can put your logo in it. I was like, hell yeah. Uh, stick a Randall tomato on it. So now I've got a, I got a Randall tomato pillow on the way from. Uh, from you, you called me on Twitter. Rand, you met Randall Thor nineteen. Now meet Randall pillow. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you get the pillow, make sure you uh, make sure you take some pictures. Then. Yeah, I definitely, definitely will. Definitely will. Um, what else we got here? We got one from Liberic Sex that says, "Great show as always, guys. The Artfulscape made me feel emotions I haven't felt in gaming in many years. Surely that dev would be worth buying." Uh, I mean, I don't know, like, Artful Escape is cool. Um, it's just, when someone, when an indie dev creates a cool game, everybody kind of jumps on. I've seen a lot of, uh, PlayStation guys being like, PlayStation should buy Ember Labs after, uh, Kenna came out or whatever. It just kind of seems now with how everybody's buying everybody that one of the dev puts out a game, it's just like, well, so and so should buy them, you know? Yeah. Uh, which is, I don't know, is that is that good or bad? I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, yeah our, our, our full scope is definitely interesting. I I'm kind of at a point where I almost feel I almost feel like they don't need to buy more studios right now. Do you think they need to buy more, like with Bethesda and stuff? 
moving ahead. I almost feel like they don't need to buy more. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Uh, yes. You can never have, can never have enough. In my opinion. Because I think, games... I, think it's like, I, w- I, I wouldn't mind if they didn't buy more. I don't know. Because games, because you know how the gaming industry is, like, games get delayed, games get repurposed or refocused, like something like Everwild, Everwild, right? So when you are planning out the future and the roadmap of, like, one, like, okay, this game's coming, this this is our potential schedule for 2023, 2024, 2025, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there's always going to become things that come in to screw things up, like, uh, you know, Everwild wasn't working out, so you have to go back to the drawing board and get a new creative director. So now that game is who knows when, you know. Uh, so you have all these different scenarios that happen that could push games, not to mention, of course, like something you can't plan for, like COVID, which really affected game development. So, like, in my opinion, like, the more studios you have, the better chance you have of, you know, having as many games come out to support your biggest venture, which is Game Pass. So, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they need, like, okay, well, you absolutely need to buy Capcom, but I do still think they need, I don't know, a few more, a, a few more developers. Like, Ion Interactive would be amazing, because Ion Interactive, that's three teams. They got three teams. You, you know, that's three different games that could be being, being made, right? Avalanche has a couple different teams. Um, who else was the other one that they're working with? Um, Crystal Dynamics, I think, has three teams. Like, because it's not just not just like one. Okay, you buy one and you only get one one game. It's like you get them and then there's multiple games. And I just want more games, period. And so to me, the more they get means the more I'll have. And the more Microsoft gets, the more I'll have. The more Accessible, they'll be in a cheap subscription gaming, uh, a cheap subscription for people to play. So, I mean, I, I just wonder if like, uh, I just wonder if they, I don't know. Uh, I already feel like next the next few years are going to be absolutely stacked. What is there a point? There's like a finite amount of time that people have, right? Sure, there is. Is there a point where games start cannibalizing each other? Like, I, I, and is there a point where third-party devs start thinking like, oh shit, we shouldn't support Xbox because we can't compete with them, their own platform, you know? I wonder if like, is the platform big enough? Like, are they gonna have, are they gonna grow their studios faster than they can grow the platform? You know, I almost feel like that is potentially a thing. I think when they, when they start moving XCloud into towards like full-blown marketing, don't forget XCloud is still in beta. I feel like when they've got a bigger bigger install base, maybe they can look at that. But I feel like it's starting to get to a point where, like, I feel like Halo Infinite is going to dent the sales of Call of Duty and Battlefield this year. And that's kind of like you're hurting your partners when you start doing stuff like that. And Microsoft have to be acutely aware of that fact. And I, I feel like, like, like Surface, for example, I feel like there were a few years where Microsoft purposefully scaled back on the surface operation because they were hurting their competitors. They were hurting their other, other Windows PC manufacturers because they made a better laptop. They actually made a better laptop, you know? So, do I do wonder about that, but 
I don't know, maybe I'm just overthinking it a bit. I mean, no, I mean, it's an interesting discussion. Like, yeah. would it... So, basically, you would say it would be better for third parties for Xbox to have remained with five studios because that means oh. they put out... Well, because that's essentially the flip of your argument. Like, Xbox would have too many studios putting out so many games in their subscription service that people wouldn't want to buy any of the third-party games because they have so many games yeah. coming from Xbox. So on the flip side, would the third parties rather have Xbox stay at five studios and not release many games and not release quality games so then people only buy the third-party titles? Well, yeah. I mean, I think I just think they need to be strategic about it and, like, like Uramala said in chat just now, not every AAA game is for everyone. Like Jez doesn't even like Forza. That's a AAA game, but it's for someone, but it's worthless for Jez. That is true, and I think that's why Microsoft is trying to be really diverse with some of its portfolio because Flight Simulator doesn't hurt any of its competitors. Like a person who's into Doom isn't necessarily into Flight Simulator. Same for Forza. There's no real, there's not a nice huge amount of competition in the racing space there. But, like, I feel like some of these third-person action games and first-person games and stuff like that, um, and I think that's why Microsoft's gone deep on RPGs, because EA and Activision and stuff like that, they're not delivering RPGs anymore. They've given up on the whole genre. So Microsoft's like, that's a niche we can fill there. So I think, like, yeah, if they acquire studios and they can fill a different niche, then fine. But I do think there is a point where, they start taking up so much of people's time that it cannibalizes other studios on their platform. And I think that maybe that is like, I do think, I think there's a diminishing returns there, potentially. And maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But I think the that's why xCloud is so important. And I've heard that xCloud is doing really well in Brazil, and it's doing really well in Eastern Europe, um, and especially other countries where the tax on consoles is so high that the internet infrastructure is good. It makes X, it makes XCloud a serious proposition in those in those regions. Brazil is a good example. So I think if XCloud if XCloud can grow the Xbox install base to the point where studios won't cannibalize third parties, then it's fine. But I do think there is a point there is a point where they could start cannibalizing and creating diminishing returns for deaths. But I'm I'm just speculating. I just sort of, I just wonder if there's a balance that could be upset if they if they bought someone like Capcom, you know, is there a point where third parties just think, oh well, you know, we can't compete with Microsoft's own studios, so do we bother supporting Xbox at all, right? I don't know. Well, could you make the same argument about like Nintendo? The third parties think that well, we can't compete with Nintendo, so. Well, how many third parties exist on Nintendo? Well, that's because I think of the hardware situation. Well, yeah, the hardware situation, yeah, but there's also like. But there's the also AAA, there's no there's not many AAA games on the Switch. Right? Yeah, tr I mean, that, once again, I think that's simply because of the hardware. But when you look at indie games, indie dads will tell you like, Switch is the best place for indies. Yeah, right? and I think that's because indie games generally work better on the Switch, like they run better and stuff well, like that. Like PC, PC is the best place for indies because that's where you know. Well, I mean, like that's where that's like you, you've seen those uh, like uh, questionnaires from GDC where 
obviously, like, the majority of those are like, I'm, I'm making a game for PC, but they always say Switch is, you know, the one you want to go to, go towards, like, to have the most success, potentially. Um, well, but, yeah. And maybe that's because the there's... Duration problem. I think that uh, obviously has a lot to do with the portability factor. Also, I guess you can make the argument maybe it's because there's not a lot of AAA games on the Switch, and Nintendo's games are more have a, a, a different demographic, and they don't release that many of them. But then again, it's COVID. They're not releasing a lot of games, period. But, I mean, you bring up an interesting interesting thing. Like, you mentioned before, 250 million, you know, gamers in this console ecosystem that PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo fight for. And, you know, if Microsoft bought more, would that curtail some of the third-party stuff. But I don't really think, I mean, I, without seeing any, obviously, information on it, because I don't know, I don't really think so, because I think there's plenty of gamers out there who don't care about the exclusives, like, as I yeah. was talking about before. Like, sure. I think there's plenty of people out there who won't care about, um, you know, Compulsion's next game. Like, it'll be something they download in Game Pass, maybe, and play it for five minutes and stop, and then they're like, whatever, I'm playing FIFA, I'm playing 2K, you know, I'm going to play Fortnite with my dudes, I'm playing Warzone, I'm playing Apex mm-hmm. Legends, right, I'm playing Rainbow, or any one of these millions of third-party games that are, have basically dominated the top of the most played and the reason why people buy the systems in the first place, you know. Um, yeah. But I also kind of think, like, since games take way longer to make now, you kind of need as many as you can get. Like, maybe it wasn't that big of a deal during the 360 era because you could turn around a game in two years. But as we've seen, games take a lot longer to, to turn around now. Right? So, the more studios you have, the more games that can be made, uh, the gaps that you can fill. And things go wrong. Right? Nobody nobody expected the pandemic. So Ninja Theory, who has been working on Hellblade 2, couldn't really do a lot of work because they couldn't do mocap, and that game is almost entirely mocap. So, you know, a game that might have been planned for earlier than what it's planned for, now you're in the situation where you can't get it out. And now Microsoft has very strict work-from-home policies. And, you know, Satya has talked about this, that, you know, working from home, and he was, he I think he I saw an interview with him who said, you know, working from home is really impacting game development, right? We've talked about it on the show. So now Microsoft has these policies that I think the studios have to adhere to because they're Microsoft employees where not everybody's working from home. And maybe things that would take a day to do in the office now take, I don't know, a week. So games will just take longer to come out. So the way you fix that is by buying more studios so you have more teams making more games. You know, I'm not saying Xbox needs 40 studios or 80 like Ubisoft has or whatever the number Ubisoft has. <laughs> but, like, no, I still think they need they need more. They need, well, you know... It's, you... it's just like people, people make the argument run. They say, like, well, why would I buy this on PlayStation for $70 when it's, when it's on Game Pass for free? But the thing is, like... That applies to Xbox as well. Why would I buy like why would I buy a six uh, sixty seventy dollar game from Activision when Halo Infinite's going to be 
free, you know, technically included in Game Pass. So, like, I feel like if you're making the argument that Xbox is providing better value because of Game Pass, that also applies to their own platform, and that applies to third-party devs, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I was just I was just thinking about it, just bring, bringing it up for the sake of conversation. Could be wrong. I don't have any data to suggest either way, but I thought it was interesting. No, it is interesting. I don't Maybe it does have effect. Maybe it doesn't. But, like, if Xbox's goal to reach 3 billion gamers, Jez, they need more. They need more. And they need more diverse diversity. They need kid-friendly games from kid-friendly You're studios. Right. They need to bring back Banjo, even though I don't care about Banjo. Other people do. Like, there's so many types of games they could make and they have to appeal to. And, you know, you've mentioned before, uh, we've mentioned before the kid-friendly stuff. And at least from what you've told me about what you know about Xbox's projects, most of the games are mature, aren't they not? Yeah, they are. And one of the things I've heard is that it's very hard for someone to suggest Game Pass to a kid. Some, a young kid, like 12 or 13. So, and I know people are like, well, well, they got Roblox, sure, but like, but I know people don't want to hear this in this podcast because we're all hardcore, right? We're all like, yeah, mature games is what we want, and yeah, that's what I want too, but when you look at the business, you know, the business is about making money, and they, like, once you reach that, um, once you read that like kind of scenario where kids are asking for Game Pass to their parents, you've hit something there. Because if kids aren't asking their parents for it, they don't. You know, it's like, is there a reason why kids would be asking for Game Pass? And I'm not talking kids like 15, 16, 17, 18. I'm talking younger kids, like Fall Guys crowds, even younger than that. Yo, you know, Roblox crowd, right? Yeah. Um, and there wouldn't be because there's really not. And because Xbox is focused on hardcore people like us, which, you know, they needed to win over, sure, right? Uh, but when you need to expand your, your diversity and your audience, you definitely have to make content for suitable for many different people. But we here don't want to hear that. So, you know, you need to either make partnerships with studios that make that content or acquire those studios that make that content. Yeah. And I think once if they can do that, if they can have that thing where you have all these mature games and then you have, you know, these uh, smaller games or kid-friendly stuff, then the kids start asking for Game Pass, and then it all just rolls into each other and Game Pass gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? More money invested back into Game Pass so we can get more more games, more third-party games day one or closer to launch. Uh, me and you have talked about how we both think that when Game Pass reaches a certain milestone, they'll remove uh, the paywall to multiplayer completely. Yeah. So it's all kind of like feeding into the same trough, essentially. Like, even though m- me, you, and many here w- wouldn't care if uh, for... You know, there there was a couple games that were shown uh, at this year's e- uh, past D3 where was like that physics-based platformer with like the like the the people dressed up in like outfits like a, a pig or you know you remember it uh what I was talking about like it was like a brawler kind of reminded me of gang beasts hey it was i forget the name of it but either way <laughs> it but do you, I know what you mean. yeah like that's not necessarily for us that's for younger kids like kids that would 
you know, like find that amusing, that sort of thing. But then it all just, it, all of the money flows back in the Xbox and Game Pass and stuff. So I don't know. It's, I'm of the opinion they need to buy more. I'm of the opinion they need, like, and I've said on the show before, like, don't expect every acquisition to, like, be as big as all these other ones were. Like, because there could come a scenario where Xbox buys somebody and you sit there and you're like, well, I don't care about them. Yeah. But it's the business at the end of the day, so. Uh, the game's called Party Animals. Party Animals, there you go. Uh, Funchito says, ran body, body pillow when? Uh, probably never. Ethel <laughs> uh, S. the Super Chat says, Microsoft should buy a support studio like Nixus. They probably should, because a lot of their support studios were bought by Tencent and other companies. <laughs> Um, Jonas says, uh, when did the British mindset change to, oh no, we've expanded enough, we should stop? Yeah, Jez. Well, well. When you guys lost everything? Well, exactly. There's diminishing, there's diminishing returns when you own everything. You know, so. I just wonder, like, if, I feel like if, if Xbox isn't growing and Game Pass isn't growing, I mean, it is, but if it wasn't, um, there would be diminishing returns. Like you spent, you're spending more money and not making that money back. So there has to, there has to be growth before they start acquiring more studios. I think. Otherwise, you do get diminishing returns. But you know, sure. It's just fun to talk about. A TV says Jez ran pillow. How about a Jez ran blow up doll? Well, wait a minute. What? <laughs> That's the next sponsorship. Like, honestly, like Xbox should bring back Banjo and Frozen Frenzy. Get a Frozen Frenzy party game. That's why I'm always. I always kind of looked at Xbox when they had 1 versus 100, a very unique game, and they just let it slip by their fingers, but, you know? Or yeah, when a game like yeah. Fall Guys really hits big, and yeah. it's not on their platform yeah. forever, and it's just like, how do you miss out on that? Like, who is working on your platform to secure titles like that? And, uh, and they are definitely too focused on the high, on the core at the moment. Which Grant, is funny because it's the thing we all complained about, but now, but now it's like, oh crap! What about the next generation of gamers? That being said, Roblox is console exclusive for Xbox, which is something a lot of pe- people don't talk about. That nobody talks about that. One of the biggest games in the world is console exclusive to Xbox. Yeah. No, none of us talk about that because none of us, none of us live in that world. None of us live in that world. Like, what, what are the kids playing? You know. And they, they, the kids are playing Roblox, but a lot of them are playing it on their PCs and their phones. But they do have a console, uh, Xbox Series S or whatever. You can play it there. But Microsoft makes no noise about the fact that Roblox is console exclusive. That is really strange to me. Why? Why not? I don't know. And in fact, PlayStation doesn't really make a big deal about the fact Genshin Impact is exclusive either. That is. Also a bit strange to me, but I don't know. Um, that that clearly a lot of the Xbox dudes that they don't live in that world. Like, what are the kids playing and stuff? But I I don't know. The kids love that Roblox stuff, man. It's like crack to them. Yeah, it's like catnip. Catnip. It's funny after they after Squid Game hit big, like Squid Game became a huge fad, a huge thing in like uh in Roblox, but. Diablo says, uh, Rand is so dumb in this argument. What do you, what do you want? 60 studios? There's a point of diminishing returns. I didn't say I wanted 60 studios. I said they should, <laughs> once again, like, um, I, I said they should buy more. I didn't say 60. Like, that would be one, utterly one, ridiculous. 
like one big game a quarter, and then lots of niches filled. I think. Like you get one big game a quarter for the for the core, and then you have your, your studio that's focused on a kids IP like Banjo or screw it, Acquire Sonic, whatever. I don't think I think it's impossible to establish a new a new IP for kids these days. I think like they should focus on like some existing IP like Gibanjo and stuff like that. And it has to it has to have a creation component. Kids want creative games these days. They want Roblox, they want Minecraft, they want games that can be modded to hell in crazy and weird ways. So maybe you make make it like a banjo game that has a campaign but also has like a sort of building crafting creation component. I don't know. Didn't that have that whole nuts and bolts thing? I don't know. Um but anyway. But yeah, uh, I don't I don't nobody said they need eighty studios or whatever, but yeah, it would be cool if they could fill fill every niche. Like get your fighting games, get your kids games. Make sure you've got the next generation on board with your platform and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, interesting thought. Seven oh six gamer says, "Can Jez answer if he is aware of any third person narrative driven games that rival Sony's that Microsoft is working on?" Well, it's subjective, isn't it? Like rivals, like rivals Sony's games. Like you know. It depends what you want at the end of the day. I, I prefer Gears of War to a lot of what Sony puts out. That's just why I'm an Xbox, you know. Um, if, you, if you're talking about, like, a game that's exactly like God of War, I'm hearing very good things about Hellblade 2 at the moment. Like, very, very good things. I've heard the game's much, much, much bigger in scope than Hellblade 1. So if I was a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was a betting man, I would say Hellblade 2 is probably going to be that game that you're asking for. Can't wait for this to be an article later today. <laughs> you know, somebody wrote an article about your third game, a third of the games are announced by Xbox. Somebody literally wrote an article about a sentence you said on this show. Yeah. So somebody's got... I can already see the article. Jez Corden on Xbox 2, on his, on Xbox 2 podcast says uh, Xbox has a game to rival God of War. <laughs> I, I can see it because that's how I would, if I was looking for clicks, you get the PlayStation guys clicking on it, you get the Xbox guys clicking on it. That's how, that's how I would uh, angle that, right? Well, you know, I think, I think out of all of them, Hellblade 2 is probably the best candidate right now. Third-person action game with the, the cutting-edge graphics and huge scope, I think, and gore, you know, I think it's going to be Hellblade. But, you know, whether or not it hits that quality bar is, um, uh, you know, subjective, ultimately. Depends on how people feel about it. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, Armello says, I think Game Pass will free up income to purchase more third-party titles. Uh, RDX NFS says Game Pass saves me money on first party games I use that save money on third party games that's also an argument I see Jez that a lot of people say because they're saving so much money not having to buy games in Game Pass now they have actually more money to spend on games that don't come to Game Pass so like yeah, somebody was I've planning on buying Back for Blood but they didn't have to spend 60 but now that they have that 60 they could essentially buy Far Cry 6 yeah I have seen that argument um 
actually in Microsoft's own stats that people who subscribe to Xbox Game Pass do spend more on third-party games. So that's exactly true, you know, it's exactly true. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Flame says, think about it, Rand. The body pillow could say Manscaped Senpai. Perfect gift for jazz. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Manscaped. Manscaped. Anyways, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Avowed. Because, uh. Avowed? Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Avowed. You wrote an article. Wrote uh, a very good article. Very descriptive, especially since you couldn't show what you saw or any visuals whatsoever. Which, by the way, I have also seen the Avowed footage. Jez was kindly enough to share that with me. So, uh, because you want, because you were worried that people wouldn't believe you, which is yes. which is weird because uh, you're Jez Corden. You're the dad of Xbox, as Mr. Yeah. Matty Plays says, right? You have <laughs> um, you have you have all the the info. So I too have seen Avowed. And uh, Jez has, has seen it, but he just has a lot more information about it. Now, Jez, I will say, there's this part in your your article where you said that you talked about this on your podcast. <laughs> but I was just like, Windows, Windows Central readers don't know who Rand is. Like, why, why, why was I supposed to put that? Oh, God. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I saw that and people, people were tweeting us because we always say like, oh, articles are written like they were about recently about Jez's whole third of the games or whatever. And, and I guaranteed, well, maybe not guaranteed, but if somebody writes an article that about Jez's whole uh, Hellblade to rival God of War bullshit, uh, I guaranteed it'll just be on Jez's podcast, Xbox 2 with who the hell knows the other guy because who cares. <laughs> Uh, oh, it, was just, it was just funny to see because I was, and I understand why it was there because you're right. Windows, when, it would be odd for you to say on our podcast because Windows Central would be like, huh? What's going on? Um, yeah. So tell the people what you know about Avowed and uh, if you can give them any new details that you maybe held back from the article or uh, just, just you know, now that, now that you've written the article, you put it up on the website. Uh, you know, uh, tell the people uh, what you, what you've been thinking about about and what you saw. Yeah, so I I over the last few months I've been getting snippets of details about Avowed, which include screenshots, include like sort of cl- like little clips, like gifts almost, and and stuff like that, and other details about plans for the game and features that might be in and stuff like that. I've held a lot back because. It does seem early in development, and it does seem like, you know, I don't want to report that a game's going to have a feature that ultimately gets cut. And obviously, I can't reach out to Microsoft to comment on this because they don't want me leaking it in the first place. But, 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 I did see Sarah Bond retweet your article. She seemed very (laughs) excited, and then five minutes later, it was deleted, though. I felt really bad for Sarah Bond retweeting that. She must have thought it was like an official preview or something, but um, Sarah Bond is awesome. But uh, yeah, I felt bad about that. But but yeah, I I see I've seen about man. I've seen about, and I went from sort of not being interested in it too much because 
I've just learned to ignore Microsoft's CGI trailers because they have these CGI trailers, they get us all hyped, and then they end up being nothing nothing at all like what they were sort of expecting and stuff like that. But, man, the about footage I saw, it was obviously early. It was obviously early. There was, like, there was shadows missing and textures missing and stuff like that. Like, it's in, it's in like, pre-alpha state right now. But, man, it it just looked so much fun. Like, the, the mechanics of, like, the bows. Like, I saw, like, a ice arrow shooting through enemies and, and shattering everywhere. There was also, like, ice spike spells, which I believe were in the Pillars of Eternity games. Like, fireballs exploding and sending fire all over the place. And all those, like, really cool hand gestures with the symbols from the CGI trailer, those are in the game. Like, I have no idea what the significance of them are. I don't know if they just, like, represent the casting time of the spell. But, like, when you ca- you equip, you equip like, a spell in one of your hands, right? And then you, like, when you're casting the spell, the character does these crazy, like, hand gestures, like, um, what's his name in Marvel? Is it Doctor Strange or something? Professor Strange? Professor <laughs> Strange? I don't know his name. What's his name? Doctor Strange, yes. Doctor Strange. Um, it does all those crazy gestures and cool spell effects, and uh, the lighting looked really good. And I was also swimming, I saw, because in the outer worlds, obviously, you couldn't swim anywhere, but this does have swimming, which suggests there'll be, like, you know, diverse locations and stuff. The the game is set in an area of Eora... I can't remember the name of the world. So it's set on the continent called the Living Lands. I don't know much about the Living Lands in the lore, but it, you can look it up somewhere on the internet. Um, that's like a separate continent to Pillars of Eternity and stuff. Um, and uh, the footage I saw was in like very bright, foresty kind of areas with like ancient temples and stuff like that. It was much brighter and much more colourful than the CGI trailer. But I think that just represents that there's going to be a diversity of locations in the game. Like, I don't know if it's fully open world. There are, like, job listings that suggest that it is going to be open world because they hired, like, a bunch of open world specialists. But I was thinking, like, I was thinking at the time maybe it'll be, like, a sort of open areas with hubs connecting them together, like the outer worlds and stuff like that. And they'd focus more on telling the narrative. But maybe it is going to be open world. I, like, I'm not sure on that. Um, but, you know, I'm just really excited for it. Um, the coolest thing was, it, everything seemed and looked tighter than the Outer Worlds. It's clearly built on the Outer Worlds engine. Because I noticed that the, the player can do that sort of dodge step. Do you remember the, in the Outer Worlds? Yes. Sort of do a dodge, a dodge to the left and the right. Player can do that as well, which made me think, ah, oh, this looks like the Outer Worlds, the way it plays. But everything felt, looked and felt more refined. Like some of the, the, the spells were pulled right out of pillars, like I saw Jolting Touch, which is like a lightning, lightning spell that comes out of your fingers. And there was also like, uh, Poison Touch, I can't remember what it's called, Fetid Touch, I think it's called in the game, where you like, you, you poke someone and they get, you know, they get poisoned and rotted and stuff like that. And, um, all those spells are there. I mean, you can you like use a sword and shield. You can use two-handed weapons. There were daggers and there was stealth, and there was just like all the stuff you'd expect from a sort of Skyrim-style game seemed to be represented. Um, and uh, also, like a lot of the Pillars of Eternity mobs I saw were there, like the little lizards, Zarrips, and stuff like that. 
and uh, I just it just looked really cool and dynamic. Like I saw um I saw one ability that was like clearly a warrior ability where he kicks the dude in the face and he like ragdolls across into the wall. Uh, that kind of re- reminded me of the Fusrodar shout in Skyrim, except he's like kicking the dude in the head. Um, it just looked really good, really dynamic, and I'm really excited for it now. But I, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. I don't know whether it's going to be full blown open world. I don't know how the story is going to be laid out. Um, I don't know like the some of the other features and stuff. There are some things that I know that they're planning on putting in that I'm holding back in case they get took out. So there's like some cool features that I think are planned, that I think a lot of people will be excited about, that are not confirmed yet, but I'm waiting to hear, find out more details before I talk more about that. But I'm excited for it, man. I'm really excited for it. So you also, your article also created a stir because people took it and twisted what you said because you said pre-production, right? And people made it sound like the game wasn't coming until 2025 and 2024. Yeah. And that Xbox, um, Xbox has nothing until all these years later. But you then clarified what you said, right? Yeah. So, like, I, I wrote that it's moving through pre-production, but um, I meant – I didn't mean it was in pre-production. I just meant, like, it was in – it moved through pre-production into a pre-alpha state. Like, I don't know – I honestly don't know how old some of this content is. I don't know if it's months old. I don't know if it's fairly recent or whatever. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of the footage I saw was months old. So maybe the game's in a more playable state and further along. I think Jeff Grubb um, wrote an article that it's um, it's going to be 2023, I think he said. Yeah. Uh, which seems to line up with the information that I had. Sorry, just drinking a cup of tea. And um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it now. Like as a fan of the Outer Worlds, it felt like the Outer Worlds, but the next level, and also fantasy action RPGs. So that's how I feel like the Avowed's going uh, to play out. I just wonder, like, is it going to be full blown open world? How big is the scope going to be? Is it going to be like more like the the outer world kind of layout, which I wouldn't mind. It'd give it differentiation against Skyrim if it was more sort of pub focused and more story focused. I felt like um, I felt the outer world had stronger characters than Skyrim as well. I just wonder if it's going to go more more in the Bioware direction than in the uh, Bethesda direction. Do you know what I mean? Where it's yeah. more like character focused and more like relationship focused a little bit more than uh, some of the obs- um, the Bethesda games. A lot of people are asking, um, is it third person? I didn't see any third person footage at all. I think it is just purely first person. I know a lot of people prefer third person, but I do think Avowed is going to be um, first person only. But I could be wrong. There could be a third person mode. I don't know, but it, all the footage I saw was first person. So, yeah. Interesting. So, would you kind of uh, say it's basically Outer World Skyrim, essentially? I mean, that that is how that is literally how Obsidian describes it. They said, if um, if the Outer Worlds is our take on a Fallout-style game, then Avowed is our take on an Elder Scrolls-style game. So, that that's how I think they're going to be going for it. I think I think it's basically going to be like the Outer Worlds was, where it's Fallout, 
but then it leaned into the Bioware sort of style where you have like compa- the companions are a bigger part of the game than they are in Fallout, for example. I think that's where they're going for it, and um, and kind of, it's it's that sort of Bioware DNA because like Obsidian and Bioware share like a common ancestry if you go back further enough into the nineties, you know, to the Baldur's Gate era and stuff like that. So um, I think that's how it's going to go. Um, and people are asking what's going to come out first, Avowed or Outer Woods 2. I think Avowed is going to come out first. Um, I will say that I have also seen the Outer Worlds 2. You have also seen the Outer Worlds 2, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've also seen the other game uh, by, uh, Obsidian's working on. Obsidian have three projects right now. Uh, one's uh, Avowed, one's Outer Worlds 2, and the other one um, I'm not going to leak because I don't think that's going to leak anytime soon, but that's uh, Josh Sawyer's game, I believe, which is going to be a smaller game. Like, I think there's, the the third game Obsidian's working on is sim. It's got a similar sized team to um, Grounded, so it's sort of like a couple of dozen people or something. But it's going to be like a very sort of artist-led game and stuff like that. I have no idea what kind of game it's going to be actually at the moment, but I just know that it's it's uh, it's um, I know that it's in development and it's sort of like a smaller kind of game. But, uh, and also, yeah, there's four games in development because we've got Grounded as well. And uh, Grounded should hit version 1.0 next year, I think they said, or is it the year after? I think, no, I think, I think next year. Is, yeah, 2022 for Grounded version 1. Um, and uh, they've got a lot of stuff planned for that as well. Um, obviously, we got the, we're getting the big update this month, which is in the beta for Grounded. Obsidian are, are machines, man. They are machines. Oh, and also Obsidian wants to release a game every year for the next seven years, they said, as well. <laughs> that seems to be very uh, optimistic and very, oof, a, a game every year for the next seven years? And I'm sure some of them will be smaller in scope, but that I think that is Obsidian's plan, is they've got plans for a game every year for the next seven years. Okay, so if you if you would say next year would be grounded, which I mm-hmm. you know okay I get that, and 2023 is avowed. Um, yeah. 2024, if you had a bet, would it be Josh Sawyer's game? And then yeah, Outer Worlds. 2024 is Outer Worlds. So you think Outer Worlds two is coming out uh, in 2024? And I, but I think like Josh Sawyer's game could probably come out before then as well. So there might even be a year where they have two games. Interesting. But, then, um, I don't know. They've they, got more fans. They're building more games. The Obsidian are crazy. They're a machine, man. I think Obsidian is probably Microsoft's like top studio for like what for their output at the moment. Um, for me anyway. I, Obsidian are incredible. So I'm pretty excited about what they're working on. And um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk more about Air Worlds Two at the minute because that was that was much earlier, but. I will say it looked a lot tighter than Outworld One. Um, the gunplay looked better, and some of the some of the scenery that I saw was absolutely incredible. There's a lot of imagination going into the Outworld too. It just feels like they're stepping up to another level, Obsidian. They're they're jumping up to the next level with everything they're doing, and it's really exciting to see. Amazing. Yeah, well, guess what? I can't also wait for this to be an article as well. So get at least two articles out of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, you know it's yeah, gonna happen. With, uh, 
Yeah, uh, so have you seen any other games from Xbox Game Studios that are that you haven't talked about? Like, you don't have to mention. No, I'm not, I'm not. I have I have seen other games, um, but I'm not going to talk about them. Ooh. I'm not going to talk about them. I'm not. You're not, not. going to keep it a secret, huh? Oh, God, it's so hard. It's so hard because I'm so, I'm so excited, man. I'm, like, so hyped. And there are things I want to talk about, but I just... I don't want to spoil it, man. I don't want to spoil it. But I also don't want to get scooped, you know. Because it is my job to report the news. Okay, it's like a balancing act. I ask this question, and you can give a yes or no, okay? Okay. Do you know what Compulsion's next game is? Yes. Okay. I do. And I'm excited for that, too, now. Damn. Um... I was like, I, at one point I heard a rumor that Compulsion's next game was a puzzle game, but it's, I don't think it's a puzzle game. I don't, it might have puzzles in it, but I don't think it is. Thank God it's not a puzzle game. But Obsidian's game looks very interesting indeed. Very Obsidian's or Compulsion's? Compulsion's game. Compulsion's game looks very interesting. But I'm not going to mention any more about that. I'm not. Okay. I'm really not, because I really don't think anyone else has got that information from me. Interesting. But I don't know... But but this is this is the, this is the interesting thing, right? I only know things about Xbox Game Studios. I only know stuff about I know I know a bunch of new code names, by the way, um, from Xbox Game Studios. Uh, there's Project Shaolin, Project Belfry. There's Project I, man, I can't even remember. There was like loads of code names for upcoming games that Xbox Game Studios publishing is working on. Um, uh, there's also uh, I'm not going to leak that. But, and this is the thing, man. I don't even know anything that Bethesda's working on. Because they're like, they're like in a separate silo. And I guess they have like a separate system entirely for like, and stuff like that. Um, so I don't know anything that Bethesda's working on. But just Xbox Game Studios alone has me hyped as hell. And then like you factor in everything that, um, a Clover already said what Compulsion's game is. Okay, Clover, Clover said it's Dark Fantasy third person. It is Dark Fantasy third person, you know. Um, just to back up what Clover said. Um, but I'm not going to say anything more than that. But it's, uh, oh man, it just looks cool. It just like like the concept and stuff. I'm just excited, man. I'm, I, it's hard to contain myself, Rand. And I don't even know what Bethesda's working on. What the hell is Bethesda working on? Why can't you get Beyond. the Why can't you get the Bethesda info, bro? I don't know. I think mean, maybe the systems are like leaking from Microsoft. I don't know. Yeah, we need to know where that Wolfenstein 3 is. Yeah. We need to know what Indiana Jones is up to. You need, you need to to do your magic and, and try to get yeah. try to get that. But uh, uh, I also I, know I know for fact now I've, that Project Dragon is going ahead. By the way, I leaked Project Dragon back in April, I think, and I wasn't sure if it was like you know definitely definitely going ahead, but it is definitely going ahead. It's, it's listed, it's in development. Project Dragon is definitely going ahead. And I think the IO Interactive even, they sort of mentioned it in their investor call that they're working on another game, um, a big game with a third party, whatever. That's Project Dragon, obviously. Um, so there's that to look forward to as well. And I also know there's another smaller indie studio that makes some quite popular games Microsoft's working with. Not gonna, not gonna ruin that at the moment. Because I think that could be announced pretty soon. Ah oh, man, there's just so much. There's just so much to look forward to. 
Yeah, indeed. And I can't wait to see how many articles come out of this. It's always interesting when, Jez, you talk about the article. Hey, man, I hate, I can't contain myself. It's really hard. I, I genuinely don't want to ruin, I genuinely don't want to ruin, like, surprises, and I don't want people, I don't want to ruin trailers and stuff like that. I don't want to do it, but I've also, you know, got to compete with people and got to report the news, my job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and also IO Interactive literally leaked their own game. They leaked, IO Interactive leaked Project Dragon because they they had job listings for Team Dragon, you know. And I was like, okay, well, if you're going to leak it, then I'm going to leak it. <laughs> uh, um, we got TB becoming the newest member. Uh, Drunken Chewy says, "Is there going to be a Mexican Mexican music station on Forza?" Uh, not that I recall. Uh, most of the stations were the same, so like Horizon Pulse and uh, stuff like that. I didn't notice a Mexican. Uh, hold on, one sec. Just one sec. Can you take over? Oh, what? What? Why? Oh, great. Rand, Rand dog as no. I Rand forgot to mute. <laughs> oh my god, professional. Rand, mute your mic. <laughs> oh my god. My mic is muted. No, it wasn't. Well, it was, it was, it was muted to them, it wasn't muted to you. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so, Rand, are you still muted? No, go ahead, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were just yelling at everyone on the street. No, one of my, one of my sisters oh. was asking me a question about the place where I got my COVID testing, and they were screaming at me, so I had to had to answer them. Like, no, no respect for doing a live show. You know what I mean? No respect, man. You you need to get one of them um, uh, recording lights and stick it up outside your room, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Chat says just bought Demon Slayer specifically because I have so much other stuff on Game Pass. See, there you go, Jazz. You know. Another one, uh, another one saying yeah. that they have extra money because of Game Pass. Supernova okay. says about all day. Lydia says, Jez, did your source know about your like for P O F E? But I'm assuming he means just Pillars of Eternity. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, my sourcing on this isn't from Microsoft, so I don't think they really know much about stuff I'm into. But. Hold on one second, Jez. Oh, Rand's, Rand's leaving me hot and dry right now. Okay, so Rand is definitely muted now. But the thing is, he's not muted for me. He's not muted for me, so all I can hear is yelling in my ear right now. But Rand should mute for me as well. Rand? <laughs> Rand, Rand, like... Yes, yes. I'm back, I'm sorry. <laughs> been, they're asking me all these questions about the place I went to to get my test, like, what's the name of it? I don't know the name of it, it was months ago. Send your butler. Yeah, I don't have a butler, Jez. With the YouTube millions, man. Have they no respect? No, they have none. They they have none. Just like how these articles that are written have no respect for me either. Ah. Damn. Poor Rand. I know. That's the problem when we're doing live podcasting, right? Essentially. Is that anybody can just interrupt you. And and they're like, and and they're just like, whatever, you better answer me. And it's like, uh, shut up. Uh, Flame says, Jez, I'm at work. Stop. I can't write right now. Um, 
and I think uh, I think that's that. Oh, we're caught up. Oh, Adam says catching you live finally. Love from Hungary. Well, thank you very much. All the way from Hungary, we really appreciate you. Hi from Chicago, Illinois, in the United States, and Jez from where are you at right now in the UK? Uh, I'm in the West Midlands. The West Midlands. There you go. The West Midlands. Born and bred. Um, so, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, Xbox's success in Japan, Jez, because I know Windows Central wrote an article. What do you think about the? Um, what do you think about them hitting 100k in less than a year when it took the Xbox One 50 months to do it? Does that speak to how? I guess the question is, can we see this continuing for the foreseeable future? Is it actually going to get better? Um, will we see an increase? Like, is because. I thought, like, the way to win Japan, outside of getting the Japanese games that they like on the system, like Yakuza and all that stuff, was they're a mobile country. You hit them with Game Pass. You use Project X Cloud. Uh, and you do it that way. But it definitely seems like they're really interested in, in the new consoles. And, like, it, the turnaround in Japan is impressive, even though it may not be as impressive as PlayStation or Switch, but... To go from a system that nobody wanted with Xbox One, clearly, to basically going to outsell it in a year. Like, what do you think about the re- renewed resurgence, and I use resurgence in quotes, uh, in um, in Japan? I mean, it's it's definitely, like, it's positive, right? I mean, to put it into perspective, um, so... Basically, what this story is, for those who don't know, is Xbox, Xbox Series X and S consoles together have hit 100,000 units sold in 11 months. And that took the Xbox One 50 months to hit 100,000 units. So, the, the, dif- the difference in sell-through is phenomenal. But, I think PlayStation 5 is already at 2 million in Japan, I think. Is, or, am I, or am I wrong about that? Is that globally? Um, I don't know. Sure. <clears throat> I think. Well, like I say, I don't know the exact figure for PlayStation, but it's out, PlayStation Five is obviously outsold the Xbox Series consoles by a huge, considerable amount. But um, but regardless, like that is a huge victory for Xbox, who was like basically dead. They were basically dead last gen, and they they've sort of they've sort of fought their way back and gotten a decent foothold in the region, which is good. Because it means we should theoretically get more Japanese games coming over. If there's like a potential, the potential customers of, um, okay, so PlayStation 5 has hit a million. 1.1 million people in chat saying, okay, so we got 1.1 million for PlayStation 5 and uh, 100,000 for Xbox Series X, which, you know, is a pretty good turnaround, I think, compared to the last gen, which was like tens of thousands of units, which is pathetic. Um, although, I do believe the Xbox 360 still on track to outsell still outselling the Xbox Series consoles which just goes to show how much damage how much damage the Xbox One did right um, but it's a good foothold like you can't deny that and also xCloud just launched in Japan as well so that should also increase Xbox's footprint in the country and give us more games um, 
you have to wonder though how much of this how much of this is bottlenecked by supply how much is it how much of it is allocation like would PlayStation be selling even more if they'd allocated more units to Japan you know because we do have this massive clip shortage the chip shortage and there is this sort of this mentality that the supplies aren't meeting demand. So it doesn't give us a 100% accurate picture, probably. I think, like, um, PlayStation 5 and Xbox would probably be selling better if it wasn't for the chip shortage. Either way, um, I think it's a really good, really good news for Microsoft, and ultimately it's going to be good news for Xbox gamers because it means we should get more Japanese games, maybe. But I think Microsoft needs to expand its operations in Japan to achieve that. They need to do more outreach to Japanese devs, have more sales supply chain in Japan, and more representation in, like, sales channels and stuff like that. I do think Microsoft needs to invest. And I did write an article a few weeks ago that if there was ever a chance for Xbox to regain lost ground in Japan, it's right now with xCloud, with the Xbox Series S, which is selling really well. Um, the Xbox Series S was the bulk of the sales this month, too. Like, the Xbox Series X is still is still sold more overall, but this month, like, the Series S absolutely dominated. Like, it seems the Series S is doing really, really well um, for Japan, um, especially as kids have gone back to school and uh, people have gone to college and maybe they don't want to take a massive PlayStation 5 to college. Maybe they just want to take a small Xbox Series S in their bag or whatever. Because it is, it is a damn small console, um, which is, like, ideal for dorm rooms and stuff like that. So there is that aspect to consider as well. We just had back to school and whatever. So um, I do think Xbox needs to invest more if they really want to achieve success in Japan. But it's good, man. I think it's good. It's good. I know you don't really care much about Japanese games, right, Ryan? I mean, not that I don't care. I mean, uh, I do care because there are some Japanese games I do enjoy. And, like, I don't know. I mean, I enjoy most of Capcom's output. Japanese publisher, Japanese developers, right? Um, I enjoy a lot of what Square Enix puts out. Uh, even on the Japanese side. Obviously, like, I'm not the biggest fan of, of, you know, anime games or, you know, RPGs, but, um, Xbox does need Japanese support. I mean, it's, they, they lack it, and it's, it's a lot better than it has been in the past. Um, so to see them kind of come back, like, the Xbox One was just horrible for them. Uh, it, it, it is, it is interesting because I think they can do they can do a lot better in there. But like they, it's like we've talked about before: localization matters, getting the right games on the platform matter. Because you're not going to sell in Japan if you don't have the games that that country wants. So you need to go out and court developers. I think having Tango uh, owning Bethesda and having Tango GameWorks and uh, you know having working with Shinji Mikami, I think that will help because. He can go talk to other Japanese developers. Uh, I still think they need to buy another st- studio in Japan. Uh, you know, working with uh, Kojima would help a lot. 
Um, so I, I, I do think, I do think it's, it's a work in progress. It's that there's definitely seems that some opinion over Xbox has definitely changed over there. They're seeing more success, well, obviously compared to last generation, but they need to keep it up. Um, I know I've been listening to like, you know, Defining Duke and Mr. Maddie plays. He has a different opinion. He says that like basically he doesn't think they're doing enough, at least yet. That, you know, he know like, you know, everybody at Xbox says, oh, we know you want Japanese stuff, but then you go to TGS and TGS isn't great and you're not going to win any over with two-year-old ports of games and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I do think, like, That's Xbox fair. probably they, they needs... Need to do more. Yeah, I mean, I do think Xbox needs to partner on newer games with Japanese creators um, to make them exclusive to their platform to get people to want to game there. So it's 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 good like kind of baby steps right now in that region, uh, but there's a lot more they can do, and I think I think they're you know uh, I think I, I think they're gonna really put a, a really good effort into it. Uh, it's just like everything, I think it takes time because I think the perception around Xbox in Japan has never really been good, and it takes a lot to really change developers, publishers' opinions about them over there. So, yeah. you know, Phil has his work cut out for him. I know every time he goes over there, he talks about how he meets with people and stuff like that. So, um, clearly someone that's paid off. You know, if they can finally somehow be able to convince Sega and Atlas to port the Persona games to Xbox and maybe have Persona 6 launch on Xbox Day 1, that would be big. That would be huge. That would be a big first step. Although something tells me that we will get Persona, Something tells me Persona would still be exclusive in Japan to PlayStation. Like, Persona 6 might come out day one on Xbox in Western countries, but something just tells me Persona 6 would be exclusive to PlayStation on the PS5 or whatever. It's just like a kind of a thought I have, because it wouldn't be the first time they've done that, where the Western like the Western countries get it uh, together, right? But then, like, the PlayStation gets it exclusive in Japan. So, you know, they're doing a good job. They need to do more. They need to, I think, partner up with more Japanese creators. Uh, XCOM needs to get more penetration, so they need to put, like, more Japanese games into the service to make, the, make you know, the, those uh, everybody there want to subscribe and play. So, you know, it's all just, they're just good things. I mean, Xbox is doing, I think Xbox is going to do a lot better this gen overall, period. Um so they're they're all good. So I think I there was, um, there was another snippet of news coming out of Japan this week that um, during the Final Fantasy XIV presentation, Square Enix said that discussions for Final Fantasy XIV on Xbox are ongoing and they're positive. So I think that's like that basically says, yeah, Final Fantasy XIV will eventually come to Xbox. I think they wouldn't have. I think they would have said nothing at all if if like there, there was like. If it was going badly, do you probably? Sorry, go on. Well, I was gonna say the question I have with Final Fantasy, with Final Fourteen, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy Fourteen <laughs> on Xbox. I was confused there for a minute. Is I remember Phil saying that it was coming, and then they were saying there was problems with why it couldn't come to the system in the first place, and nobody would really talk about what the problems were. Maybe it was Microsoft's restrictions on crossplay at the time, or whatever. Then they came out and said that they don't have enough people or or manpower to actually make an Xbox port, uh, which was recently, I think earlier in the year, remember? Yeah. Um, and now they're saying again that 
it looks good that it will come. Do, I, do you think this is all just yeah. negotiations? No. I actually do believe that it is an issue of manpower. There's, there's, a, there's a layer of complexity with Final Fantasy XIV because it has this, the updates are handled by a launcher and um, they, all the versions of the game have to be updated simultaneously. And the way that Xbox is designed meant that it, they couldn't update it like in the same way until recently when Xbox lifted the restriction on games being able to deliver their own updates. Before, if you wanted to update a game, you had to run it through Microsoft security systems first and get it certified. And then Microsoft does like these spot checks where they check that you're not uploading a virus to Xbox Live or whatever. But I think they're going to lift that, that restriction for certain developers and obviously Final Fantasy XIV be, be among those where they can use their own content delivery system and bypass Xbox Live completely. So they'll be able to like update their game straight from Square Enix's servers and not have to, not have to use Xbox Live for anything. So I think like that, there was an, inf- there was an infrastructural issue preventing it before. Which is which got fixed in the summer, so I'm guessing that now that that restriction is lifted, that means Final Fantasy XIV work can resume and become like invested in. And they probably wanted Microsoft to invest some it's some in the work that's going to be done because it's not a trivial amount of work. They're, if they're if they're updating the game directly and it's not made for Xbox outright, then there's not there's a non-trivial amount of work that needs to be gone in to do that. So. I think um, they're probably trying to get some investment from Microsoft as well to make that happen. And uh, they're probably just negotiating on what that kind of investment looks like. But I do think Final Fantasy XIV will come to Xbox. It just makes sense. You know, if you're an MMO, you, if you're an MMO, your business model is subscribers. Right now, Final Fantasy XIV is the biggest subscription-based MMO in the world to overtake on World of Warcraft. And um, so to get Final Fantasy XIV on Xbox, we're just opening up to a whole new market and just further solidify its place as, you know, the new king of MMO subscriptions. You know, obviously they're free to play MMOs that are bigger, but they're free to play and pay to win, so who cares about that? Um, but yeah, I do think Final Fantasy XIV will come to Xbox. It's just a question of how and when. Probably in the next couple of years, I would say. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to take a minute and just say uh, we have over a thousand people watching again, which I really appreciate. And thank you, everyone, being here from all across the world. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure you hit that like button. There's only like 400 likes. We should have a lot more considering how many people are watching this. So, uh, hey, and don't forget, hit that like this button. This podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. <clears throat> Unbelievable. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. Um, so uh, the mini fridge is coming, Jess. Mini fridge. Uh, Aaron Greenberg, I think, finally let it uh, let it be known on Instagram when he showed off some of what it looks like that pre-orders will be here on Tuesday. So if you guys didn't know, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, Xbox is putting out a mini fridge, which was kind of started as a meme, and then it became a reality. Uh, it's coming out in December, but pre-orders pre-orders start on Tuesday, and it will be available for a hundred bucks. Uh, you can also charge yeah. your Xbox controllers. I guess there's a USB charging port on it as well. Uh, B16 says, Jez, what you said about Obsidian is already on Twitter. <laughs> of course it is. Of I course just, it is. I, I just love them. I just love Obsidian so much. They do so much cool stuff. I uh, 
hope they have a trailer soon so it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, so mini first jazz. Uh, mini fridge. Everybody in you chat, let us know if you're going to get the mini fridge. Are you going to spend $100? Do you need a mini fridge? Jess, do you need a mini fridge? Because you were supposed to get that, uh, the rock, because you're, you're a big influencer. You were supposed to get that rock Zoa, um, mini fridge. Oh, yeah. But you couldn't because of Europe's or UK's custom laws or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, oh yeah, the 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 energy drinks are banned because they contain poison. Yes. So, um, but Amer- Americans don't care about that. Mad Dampier was the, was the one to get that. So now we have the mini fridge coming. Are you going to get it, Jez? Ninety quid. I'm probably not going to get one, but um, I. But the only reason I'm not getting one is because I literally have no room for it. If I had my own place, I would definitely get one. But I have nowhere to put it. I have literally nowhere to put it. I could, like, get rid of my vinyl record player or something and fit it in. But now, I've just, I've just got nowhere to put it. I can't justify it, man. I just can't justify it. But uh, I, it, it is awesome, and it is hilarious. I, I kind of want them to do a full range of kitchen stuff now. There, there should be an Xbox toaster with RGBs. They should do an Xbox kettle. What do you call kettles in America? You call it something else, don't you? Kettles? Do you? What do you mean? Kettle. What's a kettle? What's a kettle? Like, are you talking about... What's a kettle? Are you talking about, like... Like, like what are you talking about? What's a kettle? Water, you boil water in it. Yeah, okay. A, yeah, okay. I guess you could call it a kettle, sure. Yeah. What, do you, what do you call it? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't make tea, so I don't use kettles. You don't have a kettle? No, I, I have one. I don't use it. What do you call it if not a kettle? I mean, yeah, kettle sounds right, yeah. I don't know. Do you not drink tea? No, I don't I don't drink tea. I only drink Propel. Right now I'm drinking Propel-flavored uh, strawberry lemonade, which is actually amazing. And I got some Propel-mandarin uh, orange. Yeah, flavored uh, flavored, um, flavored water, essentially. Energy drink or whatever the hell. It's like a, yeah, it's from, it's really good. Like, I, I, I used to drink a lot of pop a lot of diet soda although way too much and you know i, I want to send you some um i need to send you some tea bags man i don't like tea bro i've had tea before i don't know no, like no, 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 no. you have to so everyone who everyone who says they don't like tea i just straight up don't believe them or they've just not had good tea i mean it might be that so, maybe i've never had uh good tea i'm gonna send you some tea bags man and a and a, and a tutorial on how to make a good Good tea, good cup of tea, and then then you'll like it. I think I send you tea bags for Christmas. We'll get we'll make Rand culture, guys. Let's make Rand culture, Randall culture. We drink tea mm-hmm. on this podcast, man. Maybe we can get a tea sponsor. That would be so cool. You know, I tried I tried to get Hellman's to sponsor the podcast, Rand. And what did they say? They they just straight didn't reply. Of course, they're very rude. Very rude. Do you like mayonnaise anymore? Like me. We, Mayonnaise is so calorific. It's like 150 calories for like a tablespoon of, of mayonnaise. So I haven't been eating it because it's so calorific. I had a little bit with some rice the other day, but oh man! But that's why this podcast is sponsored by Manscaped. Hey, they only they only pay for that one minute. You shouldn't keep on doing that, Jazz. <laughs> oh, true, 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 true. That. But um, but anyways, uh, what we're we talking about? Tea. Uh, we were talking about mini fridge, and if you were going to get mini one or fridge. not. 
You're gonna get one. You're gonna get one. For I mean, for your pot. The thing is, is like I don't really need. I don't. It wouldn't really serve a purpose. I guess. Like people ask me if. Well, people ask me like, "Oh, you gonna get the new Halo console?" But it's like I have a console. I don't really need a second Series X right now. (laughs) So why would I spend five hundred fifty dollars on it when I already have a perfectly functional one? So like. Would it be cool to have a Series X mini fridge? Yeah, but like, do I need one where I'm at right now? No. Um, I'm sure the pre-orders will sell out. Um, so I probably won't get one. I know there are people in the chat who definitely are. So, um, yeah. Sean LaBrie says he's getting one for sure. Yeah. Uh, RDX says he's not happy. I can't order the fridge in Canada. Are they not in Canada? Are they not in Canada? Oh, that's what he says. Uh, fridge isn't coming to Australia until 2022, apparently. So I guess mm. maybe in only certain places it's going to be available this holiday. Yeah, it's 90 quid in Britain. Um, so I, I don't know. I just don't have anywhere to put it. Man, I suppose I could, like, I could put it next to my cupboard, maybe. But it's like, if, if I'm like looking for an excuse to buy it, I probably don't need it. I don't really drink, I don't really drink cold drinks. I drink tea, like a proper British. Yeah. Let's see, we got the, George says, Jez, what is Project Shaolin? And is Microsoft working with Studio MDHR? Uh, I don't know if they're working with Studio MDHR, and I, I think I know what Shaolin is. I think, you probably sh- you probably shouldn't say what it is though. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't. But um, I think it's a smaller game. I think it's like an indie game. But I think it'd be a cool game either way. But I I don't know exactly what it is. I'm not 100 percent sure at least. Hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of code names swimming around like Project Indus, Project. What else? So it's just loads, loads of code names. Yeah. Uh, Supernova says, Jez, we want some of your speech in the U.S. elections in 2024. Jez for president. Dean Brown says, I hear loads of Americans don't own kettles and just boil water on the hob or microwave. Sacrilegious non-tea drinkers, Yorkshire tea forever. Yorkshire tea is the bomb. You put you put a kettle on the oven? How does that work? Yeah, yeah I guess. I don't know. I don't use it. Man, see, this is this is what's wrong with America, really. You don't drink tea. I bet if Americans drank tea, that'd solve a lot of the issues. Maybe, maybe it would. <laughs> uh, Jonas says new Twitter post. Jez Tebex ran for Christmas. <laughs> it's funny. I got a couple DMs about that. Like, oh, Jez wants to teabag you uh, for Christmas or whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured that was coming as well. Um, wow. yeah, yeah, I don't know. Let's have to wait and see. Like. Will I be awake when the pre-orders happen? Probably. Will I? Hundred dollars isn't you know that that bad, but it's just like I just don't know where I would put it or I don't know. I'm not. I kind of want one, but I kind of don't. Maybe if I, I, yeah, it's I don't know. I'll probably just let somebody else get it and not bother. But um, Jez, there was also more details about Dragon Age Four. Saying that it's next gen only. Oh, Joe says it's called the teapot, freaking teapot. Well, yeah, it's called the teapot, but I understand what a kettle is. I just, uh, I don't really use them, so 
I don't really care, personally. Uh, teapot. There you go. So it's a teapot, Jazz. Yes. Which makes the most sense because you boil tea in it. But I understand what a kettle is. So Dragon Age 4, next-gen only, does that surprise you? Um, yeah, a little bit, actually. But is that game still, like, years away, though? Yeah, maybe maybe it shouldn't surprise me. I just, man, honestly, I just want to put Dragon Age 4 out of my mind, Rand. Because I have literally no faith that Dragon Age 4 is going to be any good. I got no faith in that game, man. All the staff that made Dragon Age great are no longer there. So, or at least a lot of them. And EA being what EA is, I just have to, like, have really low expectations for Dragon Age. But Jedi Fallen Order was pretty good, so maybe EA is turning over a new leaf. I don't know. But I don't know. I just, I'm too close to that game. Like I've said before on this podcast, Dragon Age Origins is the game I've completed more than any other game. I absolutely love Dragon Age Origins. I've completed it in more ways. Like, every time I play it, I find something new, it feels like. I just love that game. And I, I quite enjoy Dragon Age 2, and I quite enjoy Dragon Age Inquisition, but... And then EA just went completely off the rails with Mass Effect Andromeda, so... And then Anthem. We all know what happened to that, so I just don't have any faith in Dragon Age, but... You know, I'm a cynic, man. I hope that no, proved me wrong. You are a cynic, but I think the bigger thing is here is the publishers and studios moving away from cross-gen. I know Xbox, a lot of games for Xbox next year are going to be next-gen only. Um, Starfield and Redfall. Uh, I would presume also Forza Motorsport, even though they are testing it on Xbox One. But I don't think that version is going to release, at least... Yeah, I mean, do you think the Xbox One version of Forza Motorsport is actually going to release, or are they just testing, like, other things on it? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, is it... I have no idea, man. It's It could be just, like, like you say, testing it and stuff. I think we are going to we are gonna end up in a situation where the games only hit Xbox One if they're cloud-based, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, you already kind of are doing it with Redfall and... Starfield, yeah. so it's like, why not have Forza Motorsport also just be next-gen only, right? Um, I think Suicide Squad, which you saw the trailer for earlier today, I'm excited for it, even though I kind of want to see what it plays like, because it's, it's obviously not going to play like Batman, Batman. But I, I love Rocksteady. I love the world they built. It looks it looks really good. Granted, it was just, like, cutscenes and stuff, but I love the story and the world that they've, you know, built over these past couple generations. So I want to play that. I'm also a huge DC fan. But I also want to know, like, okay, am I (laughs) – is it Sunset Overdrive? Like, are we bouncing around in a colorful world with guns, just aiming – killing enemies? Because, you know, in that original reveal trailer, they all had guns of some kind and were, like, uh, bouncing around real fast. So – I'm kind of interested in seeing what the gameplay is going to be like. We, I think we know there's four-player co-op um, as well. So, um, But I think that game is next-gen only. So next year we should start seeing at least some games come out that are next-gen only. Um, is the new Saints Row next-gen only, Jez? I don't, I don't recall. Or Tiny Tina's Borderlands? Uh, that bo- uh, 
the Borderlands game that comes out early next year, are those games next-gen only? I have no idea. Off my head. Yeah, I don't know off the top of my head either. But at least next year, we start seeing some games break from the cross-gen format. Although I wonder how much of this um, uh, chip shortage and people not being able to buy, uh, you know, the systems is also going to have to deal with some of that stuff. Uh, Dean Brown wants to know a Suicide Squad set in the Arkham Universe. Yes, it's by Rocksteady, so it's set in the Arkham Universe after Arkham Knight. Same characters, same world, essentially. Uh, Gotham Gotham Knight is not. Gotham Knight is separate, which Jez doesn't like, but I think is perfectly fine, because I I love to see the the Court of Owls storyline in a Batman game. Uh, Why why don't they just make it in the Arkham Universe? Andy says both are cross-gen. Okay, so Saints Row and that Tiny Tina's game are both cross-gen. Okay. Makes sense early next year. But maybe I think by the end of next year, more games will be next-gen only, which is what a lot of us want, right? So, ah, cross-gen, got to love it. Remember when when PlayStation fans thought that their games were next-gen only and then basically all of them were cross-gen? Remember when Jim Ryan said they believe in generations and everybody thought that meant yeah. God of War and Horizon were PS5 only. And, and then, then people, people, were, people were all like talking about, made a, created a narrative about how Crossgen yeah. was terrible. Remember because and Xbox then, came out first and told them what they were doing, like, hey, we don't, we don't, you know, if you can't buy a console right away, that's fine. We're still going to put our games on Xbox One for a bit. And then the media just created this narrative that Xbox was sucking the fun out of Next Generation and all this stuff. And PlayStation knew yeah. what they were doing. And then. Lo and behold, PlayStation pulls the blindfolds off of everybody, and they're doing the exact same thing. But suddenly, it's okay. I, I you know, hey, it's there was an article, an article with, with a headline: um, "They're depriving gamers of the next gen thrill." Yeah, no, that right? mean? What's uh, that mean? Just funny. Next gen thrill. I don't know. It's just funny. It's just some things I remember. I just remember that being such a big talking point from the media and people on Twitter. And here we are, and Xbox is going to have uh, next-gen-only games next year when God of War and all these other ones are cross-gen. I don't really care. I'm still playing those games day one anyways. It's just it's just funny how things play out. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? Um, I think that's it. So let's take some questions, shall we? So uh, if you guys have any questions, put them in chat. We will answer them to the best of our ability. Thank you guys for being here on Saturday. Uh, we'll be back next Friday, hopefully, with more things to talk about. Maybe Jez will have a new mini fridge, or maybe Jez will have more details about more Xbox games, because he literally knows everything. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, on your way out, if you guys uh, would uh, do us a favor, hit the like button and subscribe button. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And this will be up soon enough on iTunes and Google Play or Spotify, wherever you want to listen to it outside of YouTube. Uh, we just want you to enjoy the show. So, uh, Fox Life says, Kojima Project question mark. Do you think they're doing, uh, you think that Kojima game is real, Jez? Uh, I, I have no idea. Like I say, I haven't seen any evidence that it exists, but it could be like such a high level thing. And like, I don't. I actually don't have any sources at Microsoft. Like, no, nobody from Microsoft has ever leaked me anything. 
And uh, if anyone from Microsoft's listening to this, uh, just slide into my DMs if you feel like leaking. That'd be great. But I do, I do think Jeff and some of the people have sources at Microsoft, um, which is how they get their information. That's not how I get my information. Um, but I haven't seen a shred of info about this Kojima deal. And maybe it's just high level. Maybe it's just, like, above what I can see. Um, so, like, I don't doubt Jeff Grubb for a second. And I don't doubt that it's that it's not a real thing. I just haven't seen a shred of it. And Kojima's hinted hinted that he wants to make a game that is cloud native. And I do know that Microsoft's working with a studio in Finland, or at least I've heard they're working with a studio in Finland called Mainframe on making a cloud native game. I have no details about that. It could be tied up to one of the code names that I do know about that I don't know the project info for. Um, but that is what I've heard, that they are looking to make these sort of cloud-native games. What cloud-native means, I have no idea. I suppose, like, you could you could say Flight Simulator is cloud-native in a way because it brings weather details live from the cloud or whatever, but it's a game that, like, runs in the cloud and, like, can do things that you couldn't do otherwise, like, um, like for example... A game developer could just drop drop mobs into the game and screw people or whatever, you know. Kind of, kind of, I suppose World of Warcraft's cloud native game in a way, um, but um, but I have no idea. I haven't seen any evidence. But Kojima has said he wants to make a cloud native game, whatever that means. And if you want to make a cloud game, Microsoft is probably the pe- person to partner with, right? Or the company, rather. Yeah. Uh, we also had a similar question about Kojima from Georgie. He says, how much do you think the Kojima project will help? Does Jez know of any exclusive Japanese games by Global Publishing, like with Xbox and Miss Walker back in 2007? Hmm. I have no idea. What do you think? If if Kojima will help? Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll hurt. Um, I, I, think, it, I think it only can help. But, I mean... I don't know. I don't know uh, if any Japanese games by Xbox Global Publishing. That's all you. I don't know if you want to reveal that, uh, if there is or there isn't, and we can talk about it at a different time. I don't know. I don't know about Japanese studios. I know about a couple of American studios. Well, are they American? I know a couple of Western studios. I don't know if they're actually American, come to think of it. They might be Canadian or something, but... I do know of a couple of games that are coming that are from Western, Western independent studios, but I haven't heard anything about Japanese studios, but um, you just have to wait and see. All right, uh, let's see. we got the newest member of the channel, Adam F. Thank you for the support. Uh, enjoy the emotes. Thank you very much. Um, Whittier says, Rand, why isn't your number plate Rand L4? Um, I just like Rand on the, num- on, on the number, uh, on the plate. I don't know. If anything, I would have Rand 19 on there, but I just like Rand. Uh, Dean Brown says, uh, heading towards your end, what's your personal game of the year? Jez, what's your personal game of the year, brother, so far, right Ooh, now? That is a tough one. I'd have to think about that, but probably the game I enjoyed most this year. Well, do you have one off the top of your head? I need to think about it for a minute. I mean, I have... Hitman 3, It Takes Two. Yeah, Hitman 3 was in January. Hitman 3, It Takes Two. Um, 
Returnal, uh, Resident Evil 8, or Resident Evil Village, uh, Psychonauts 2, I really liked. It's tough. Yeah, I think Resident Evil Village is probably mine. Clear, clear front runner. I gotta wait and play all the rest of the games, but, um, this year there wasn't really, like, a definitive, definitive, like, game of the year for me so far. It's like, I had as much fun playing it takes two as I did Hitman, as I did Psychonauts, you know what I mean, as I did Returnal. So it's a tough one. I have to wait and see and play more of the games. But Resident uh, Evil Village is definitely mine, I think. Like Village stands out. Re- Resident Evil Village and Death Door, I really mm, love. Death as Door well. is really good. Yeah, Death Door was a great game. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil Village and Death Door between them for me, but probably probably Resident Evil Village just because I love Resident Evil. I'm a stuck. Yeah, you know, do I know something about me, Ran? Hmm. I think about a good fifty percent or more of my dreams are Resident Evil themed. Seriously. Hmm. I I'm I am absolutely serious. Like they they have the Resident Evil zombies in them. They have sometimes Nemesis is in them. I I don't, I think because when I was a little kid, I got like I was I was so hyped for Resident Evil Two. And Resident Evil 2 was, like, the game that... Probably the first game that I was affected by the marketing cycle for. I was, like, I bought every single magazine I could find that had information about Resident Evil 2. I was, like, I was sick with hype for that game. I was obsessed with it. And then it came out, and it just blew my mind. I was, like, oh, my God, it's on two discs. So much content, you know. And I played it, like, a million times through. But I think, Rand, it's imprinted on my brain, because now... I'm like, it's all, half my dreams are Resident Evil. <laughs> well, they have a Resident Evil aspect. In I knew I when I mentioned Resident Evil, Evil, you would say Resident Evil was your <clears throat> best game of the year. Um, Krumus has any codename action like Spider-Man or Prototype? I have no idea. Well, this is the thing about codenames. Is like, codename codenames are kind of like they're designed to not tell you what the project is. It's like on a need-to-know basis, right? So often it's really hard to tell what a game is from its codename. However, interestingly, um, the NVIDIA GeForce leak, which had a bunch of Xbox codenames in it, one of them was Project Oxide, which I know is a game from Oxide Studio. No, it was just just Oxide. They they actually didn't have a project name. It was just Oxide making it. Yeah. Well, it was just, well, it was a code name. Like, it was alongside other code names. So, like, that basically, you know, was the game that Oxide's working on, Oxide Interactive is working on for Xbox or whatever. So, um, yeah, and also Papa Hefei says, just so on Twitter, Project Dragon is, is legit greenlit. Um, I, I think Project Dragon was greenlit months ago. I just sort of got, like, hard confirmation that it's definitely going ahead recently. Like, I know it's definitely in development now. So it was greenlit months ago. Project Dragon was greenlit months ago. But, like, it seems like it's definitely heading through pre-production now. And it should be, like, released in a few years. Maybe three or four years, I don't know. Right. Um, let's see. We got the Super Chat from Devin. He says, Randon Jez, what's your thoughts on Nintendo Switch online expansion pass price? Uh, yeah, so what's up with that? I don't really pay much attention to what Nintendo's doing, but... Uh, Oh. Okay, so Nintendo Nintendo Online gives you access to Super Nintendo games and uh, NES games, 
Nintendo Entertainment System game. Um, and uh, it also gives you onlo- access to online multiplayer. It costs $20 a year, which I think is a fair price because it's trash. You don't get me- you don't get messages. You don't get party chat. All you get is multiplayer and a bunch of really old pixel games, um, which are really, really easy to pirate if you are so inclined. Um, I don't really think there's an ethical issue necessarily with pirating a game that's 40 years old. But, you know, whatever. It's, it's illegal, you know, in most countries. It's illegal in the UK at least. Like you can't even, you can't even emulate games you own in the UK. Technically version shifting is illegal in the UK. But I don't think version shifting is illegal in America. So as long as you own the game, you can pirate, um, you can play a ROM or whatever or something. And I think that's a fair price. I think $20 a year, $20 a year is a fair price for Nintendo Online because it's trash. Like the servers are trash. Uh, the messages, there's no messaging and there's no party chat. If you ever tried to play Super Smash Brothers online on Nintendo Switch, it's laggy as hell and it's horrible. Um, at least it is in England. Um, so I think that's a fair price. But Nintendo have now released this expansion pass system where it's like you get N64 games and online and also, they're going to start putting DLC in there. So, Animal Crossing's DLC is going to be in this expansion pass service, which is kind of like Game Pass, but just for expansions. But that costs $50 a year. And a lot of people were thinking, that's too expensive. Um, I personally think, I agree. I think it's too expensive for what it is. And I think Nintendo knows that people will pay for it because of nostalgia, and nostalgia is 99% of Nintendo's value, frankly. Um, and I think they know people will pay for it. But I think, like, if Nintendo wants people to pay those kinds of prices for its services, they need to improve their services. They need to have better servers. They need to have, like, you know, faster servers. They need to have more data centers. And they need to have more features. Like, it's it's ridiculous that they have no messaging fit system. Something so utterly basic, and they don't have it. So if you want to party chat, you have to use an app on your phone. Like, what the hell is that in 2021? But, you know, it's, uh, people will pay for it. They will literally pay for it. And, um, and like, uh, BFG in chat says, like, where does this end? When they add GameCube and Wii backwards compatibility games, well, will it move up to $100 a year? You know, that's, that's the thing. People pay, but we live in an, we live in an age where people our age around, well, my age, like, maybe not so much your age. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really. Because I'm a bit old. People, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The people our age around, our, our generation, there's two, there's two facts about our generation. A, we're very nostalgic. We love our 90s, or in your case, the 60s, and, and we love we love our nostalgia, and we've also got loads of disposable income. And there's nothing nicer than coming home after a hard day slaving away in this capitalistic dystopia that we live in called society, and then sitting down at your your like your Nintendo and firing up some classic games to remember the good old days, you know. And people with disposable income will pay for that hit of dopamine, um, remembering the the bathed in the glow of a of the radiation of the CRT cathode ray tube television set playing Super Metroid in all of its 16-bit glory. 
Um, people will pay a premium for that, and Nintendo knows they will. But it just kind of sucks when you look at what um, Game Pass is doing, you know. Like, Game Pass Ultimate offers so, so much more. You get Xbox 360 games, you get current-gen games, you get third-party games, you get EA games, you get cloud games, you get all Xbox Live features, multiplayer, party chat, messaging, cloud saves, you get all that. And, you know, it's just so much better value. But the thing you don't get around is nostalgia. Mm-hmm. You, know, you don't get the nostalgia. You don't get that dopamine, man. It's like a drug. And Nintendo knows it's like a drug. And that's what, that's what they're doing. They're selling drugs. That's how, they're a drug dealer. <laughs> I love how you say they're a drug dealer like that. Um, we had a couple questions about the Undead Labs. Uh, and Syrup says, do you guys know if Xbox acquisitions have clauses for executives to stay at the company for X number of years since... Jeff Strain was able to leave just three years in. Not that that's a bad thing. And other people are asking, like, what do you think of Undead Labs as a studio? Um, I'll turn this to you, Jez, because you 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 knew some of the stuff about Jeff Strain leaving Undead Labs, right? Yeah, like, I mean, it was sort of it was sort of known a few months ago that Jeff Strain had left Microsoft, and Undead Labs is now being run by um, someone who was already running the studio effectively, anyway. Because Jeff Strain was um, working on this other project, I think, that was sort of like a, an academy or something. I think Jeff Strain kind of like, I think Jeff Strain's plan was to sell Undead Labs and then do something new. I think that was always his plan. And also there's like, you know, the issue of uh, remote work and being able to spend time with your family and stuff like that. And Undead Labs was always sort of a studio that was set up to be office-based. But his new studio possibility space, if I remember 